He's going to what them in the mouth? He's going to grape them. He's going to grape them. Yeah, in the mouth. Right. Sure. There's more. No, I. I'm sorry. Uh. All right. Well, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with the catchphrase "I'm going to grape you in the mouth" for our new mascot. Yeah, I mean, we're just not sure about that one. <laughs> yeah, we might want to workshop at a touch. Really? Why? That, that's his thing. He grapes people. He grapes people in the mouth. We're just not exactly sure that that. He is... sneaks into little kids' rooms in the middle of the night and he grapes them in the mouth. Okay. See, because I think that the reason that I'm a little hesitant is because to me. It sounds like he's saying, to me, it sounds like he's saying he's going to rape them. What? Oh. Oh. No. No, 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 no. What? Oh. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I, it's, Sir, get your mind out of the gutter. He's a grape. How is a grape going to rape a kid? What are you talking about? But it sounds like it's a grape commercial, sir. I love it. He, like, grapes the kids. Okay. I mean, if I'm in the minority here, we can keep going. Come here, kids! I'm gonna die in the radiator and grape you! Okay. What? Why'd you stop it? I'm gonna tie you to the radiator and grape you? What? I'm going to rape you! Hmm? No, that's what it sounds like he's saying. I love it. Are you back on this rape thing again? Why was he going to tie them to a radiator? That's how he grapes people. That's what he does. No. He's the grapist. The grapist? That's his name? The grapist. Classic. This is obviously a rape scenario. What? Why are you trying to twist a children's soda commercial into your weird, sick, sort of twisted, pervy... Why were they running? Why was that child screaming, Mom? Well, that kid is a horrible actor, and the next time we shoot the commercial, we're going to use somebody else, because the thing is... These kids were obviously horrified. Not that girl. Look, she's totally asking for it. What? Look at her. She's begging to get graped. Will you listen to yourself? Look what she's wearing. Look what she's wearing? It's purple. Oh. Okay. No, no, no! Rape those kids! I love it! Look, do you guys want the commercial or not? Yes, we want the commercial. Of course we want the commercial. We it's want just... it. Here's the paperwork. I just have some serious reservations about this whole thing. Do you mind? No, not at all. Buy some today and get a free grape whistle. A grape whistle? Really? Okay, when I finish graping you, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to grape your mother and your father, and then I'm going to take your whole family down to the basement and grape you all for decades and decades See, I think this is too much. I think it's too much. Shh. Episode 111. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at 
toss eternity. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Hi, this is Mike Zapsik from AMC's Comic Book Man, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. And we're the Leftovers. Stop! Hammer time. That was fucking weak. <laughs> I didn't feel it at all, really. <laughs> stop Sorry. what? Stop yeah. what? <laughs> no! I'm when not going to stop. Yeah. When you say stop hammer time, I want it to feel like you're invading their dick hole. Right. With it. Very evasive. Very invasive. <laughs> I- I'll try to channel that next time. <laughs> right. Work on that. By Work yourself. on it. Sure. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, another week. Uh, big week this week. We got a lot of good pop, bad pop to talk about this week. Um... First off, we're going to have a Crimson Peak movie review. Mm. Uh, then we'll be talking about uh, season six premiere of The Walking Dead. And then we've got a shit ton of other things that we're going to be talking about other movies. Uh, 99 Homes, Sicario, oh, fuck, Everest. Everest, yeah. Uh, Mississippi Grind. Woo! I'll also be talking about uh, season two, episode one of Rebels, yeah. Star Wars Rebels. Cool. Did nice. you see it? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Very cool. So, yeah. It might sound like a little not so energetic this week, and it's because uh, I am 37 years old, and last night I stayed out until almost two in the fucking morning. <laughs> so it's that, gotta hurt. You don't really. Shit. I don't. Yeah, started the night drinking at around six o'clock, and uh, by the end of the night, you know, fucking drunk playing darts and shit. <laughs> so. It's just, it was a good, it was a great night. It was a good night though. Yeah. You know, and I, okay, I have a thing like, like when I, Frank, you're not the only one that breaks shit when you get drunk. <laughs> I do it all the time. And last night, okay, so I'm, I'm on a date and shit. It, this is not a Brian's dating disasters. And I know this is going to piss off like Vincent Jankowski and Luther Shaver. They love the fucking dating disasters, but. I'm sorry, guys. These dates, this date's been going actually really well. So, yeah. Sorry to break it to you. Yeah, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's been going very well, but I there's I do get drunk and sometimes I accidentally like will get a little out of hand. You know, mm-hmm. just having like not looking what I'm doing and shit, and like I'll knock a drink down and right. like you break the glass and like everybody fucking like looks at you yeah. right let me guys guys i've been doing this for years i'm a fucking pro at this you can turn that into like you know it's an embarrassing moment and shit you're drunk and then right. like it's an embarrassing moment you're supposed to be like oh shamed oh look at me i'm the asshole that broke the fuck no you can turn this around you can flip it the fuck around and make friends because tell me how let me show you let me tell you how this is what i do every time i've done it and i've done it quite a few times i was yeah now that i have your attention my name's brian and i start shaking their hands that's a good one i said I I did this on purpose just to get your attention. I wanted to meet you. And I start shaking hands and shit. Next thing you know, dude, me and this other fucking guy, I have never met him in my entire life. I said, I just made a little game for us. Let's put it back together. And we're trying, it's like a Jenga. It's like, like like a little fucking, like, you know, like a glass puzzle and shit. We're trying to put it together and stuff. I'm cutting the fuck out of my hands. It it doesn't fucking matter. We're having a good time, you know? So. Right. Nice. I don't know. That's That's a good way to do it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking own it, you know? Sure. I usually get pissed at the people. Oh, yeah, good one. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) 
fuck you. You know, yeah. that's my immediate reaction. No, you got to beat them. You got to beat them before they say, before they say anything. Right. You're just like, hey, yeah, I did that on purpose. I just wanted to meet everybody, get everybody's attention, and meet you. That's so, that's probably it the works more, out well. Yeah, that's probably the better way to do things. Very gentlemanlike. Yeah. So, Frank, how you been, man? Not too bad. Uh, busy week. That's enough. Week. I'm I'm done. <laughs> no, fuck it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How you been? Uh, not too bad. Just busy week, but uh, good week. Good week. Yeah. yeah. You. Other than the date? <sighs> um, I'm all right. I'm a little hungover today, but I'm back at it drinking again because that's the only way that's going to heal this fucking... Uh... Hair of the dog. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. But yeah, uh, no Jake this week. Yeah, no Jakers. So let's make sure that we get in all the fucking, you know, Funko hate. Right. Except Jar Jar sucks. Yeah, Jar Jar sucks. <laughs> the prequels blow. They do blow. Man, Man of Steel, Steel fucking is awesome. Yeah. I love Zack Snyder. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, very good. Got to get all that in. What else is fucking Jake all about? Fucking hate Lego movie. Oh, by the way, fuck BB-8. BB-8. Yeah. Fuck, oh, that, fuck that little thing. Childish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That stands for Baby Bob by yeah. 8. Thank God yeah. it's thanks God it's going to be fun still. Star Wars yeah. going to be funny and cutesy yeah. with the BB-8. Mm, little BB-8. No. I fucking hate Kylo Ren. I like BB-8. <laughs> BB-8 so badass. Yeah. yeah. Um... You know what? I guess I will. I got, I got, before we jump into everything. Oh, I want, I also got it. Like, Dan West, he's been doing those, uh, he had been doing those Hunger Games trading oh, yeah. cards. Yeah. He wants everybody in the, in the army to know, um, that his Photoshop program is broken, so he won't be able to do any more cards for a while. He checked the last time, it was like $600 for a new copy, and, you know. Six hundred dollars doesn't grow on trees. So, uh, if everybody could be very patient with him, he'd appreciate it. Uh, and so, sorry about the no new cards. So, just wanted to throw that out there for everybody. Yeah, that's all right. You know, not your fault. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, this week, uh, I, I guess I'm gonna. I got a couple of these comic. Blo- I got a comic block, and I I canceled my nerd block subscription. But I guess they thought they'd charge me one more month and send me another one of these fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> So this is the part of the show. I'm not gonna. Jake's not here, so we're not gonna periscope it. So I'll like. I guess I'll take pictures of all the shit that they give me. Yeah, we this that. is that part of the show where I just like comic block and nerd block rip me off, and they send me trinket bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm getting so fucking sick of people opening these boxes and these fucking videos and acting like they're fucking excited about them. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's a fucking. It's most of it's fucking garbage. Yeah, it seems like it stuff you get in a Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a carnival or something. Oh, you get a T-shirt and a little. Here, here we go. I'm gonna open this. Fucking Fucking piece of shit. How many, uh, you know, I'm surprised. Like, okay, yeah, it's uh, coasters and uh, uh, wristbands. It's like Johnny Carson. You're doing the whole, you're going to guess what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to, yeah, right now. Hold on. Uh, garbage. Right? There we go. All right, I'm going to put this uh, fucking shirt off to the side. All right, let's open this up. This is my comic block, and I got a uh, light-up green lantern ring. Oh, yeah, you'll be wearing that. I am fucking five. Yep. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Don't swallow it. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Here, baby. Give me a big, fat BJ while I <laughs> light up my Green Lantern ring. That's, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. High quality plastic. Yeah, yeah. She loves having her lips wrapped around the old cock while I'm wearing that. Ooh. I'm a real man, baby. Well, so for when you put your hand on the back of her head, you can uh, look at it. Okay, Frank. <laughs> I got uh what, what is this? Mirror's Edge Exordium. Nice. Comic. 
I have no idea what it is. No, cover looks cool, though. Mirror's Edge is a video game. Is it? Yeah. Some girl going, <laughs> Issue one of six from Dark Horse Comics. I don't know. It, they give you the issue once. If you like it, then you get sucked into buying the rest of them. Danger Girl comic book. Yeah. So I never really got into Danger Girl. Yeah, not a, nope. And Mad Max Fury Road. Right. Number one from Vertigo. And... Mm. Uh, oh, Okay. A comic book that I already have. It's already on my pull list. Um, this is actually kind of cool, but I've already got one. So, Jay, <laughs> Jay if you want this copy, yeah, be you awesome. can have it. It's uh, Deadpool versus Thanos. So, there you go. Looks cool. That is your copy. Deadpool versus Thanos. I also got a T-shirt. <laughs> What's in this? What's this T-shirt all about? <gasps> oh, Tupperware. What's that? Prince Robot the Fourth from Saga. Oh, cool! Very cool. Okay, Tupperware this. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh wow! Okay, it's a Saga T-shirt. You can actually wear that. And yeah. feel awesome. Yeah, this is. Fun. <laughs> so, well, that's worth it, I guess. That was worth it because I'm a huge Saga fan. Yeah. So I'm not even, actually I'm not even going to wear that. I'm just going to throw that up in my room. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's great. Nice surprise. Uh, not my bedroom, but like my, I got a comic reading room and a gaming room yeah. and shit. I don't keep fucking, it separate. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no Batman in the bedroom. Hey, baby. Yeah. You wanna <laughs> check out my fucking Funko Pops and. Yeah. Have you heard of Saga? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> check out this t shirt. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, here we go. Let's see what we got in the old nerd block this month. Oh, what I is got that? a. Exclusive twin pack, Titan Vinyls. <sighs> little baby toy alien bullshit. Yeah, it would be cool <laughs> if it wasn't baby toy. Yeah, it's fucking aliens with oversized heads. <laughs> mm. They like, look like little Duplo figures. Yeah. <laughs> look, what's, look, like seriously, is this like double fisting action Ripley? Look, look, <laughs> look at the way her hands are shaped yeah. right there. It looks she like she's ready to grab onto two cocks. <laughs> Just go to town. Here's your empowered female and alien. Oh, God. Double fisting. <laughs> All the crew yeah, members. As big as your body. I know it's ridiculous. This is fucking stupid. Oh man, garbage. <laughs> there that goes. Oh god. Oh, I can shit. already see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little Gizmo T-shirt. Uh, that's kind of. I don't know. <laughs> if I was six. Yeah. Uh, what is this? Zombie Hunter. Dog tags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I am not even... You know, I don't even... Honestly, I don't even want to open this up. I don't even want to, like, do it service by opening it up because it's so fucking stupid. It's like dollar store edition. <laughs> it's... it. Yeah. You know, they got oh, the, my ooh, God. They, it does look like that. <laughs> and di little, little dog tag says that I'm a zombie hunter. Does it at least have those. your name on it or anything? No. It's just totally generic. It it's says uh, adult collectible right on the box. What? Mm. Yep. Ages wow. zero to two. <laughs> crap. Yeah, babe, I'm a zombie hunter. <sighs> <laughs> oh, you man. know, between that and your Green Lantern ring, you'd be unstoppable in a bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a uh, Moe's Tavern uh, oh, man. coaster. Yeah, Jake I, would love that. I need, yeah. I need more coasters, don't I, guys? Oh, man. It's <laughs> ironic because it's Moe's Tavern, too. I got a Bob's Burgers Mad Libs. That might be fun. Yeah. Frank can put a bunch of dick and cock jokes yeah. in here. I don't need to. They probably would have already. 
And what is this? What's the final fucking thing? Oh, a gem. Oh, the, oh my the God. gem in the holograms annual from IDW. Uh, Apparently, I'm a prepubescent female. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a fucking 11 year old girl now, apparently. <laughs> Fuck you, nerd block. They, they're just trying to say you're totally outrageous. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that Fuck was... you, Nerd Block. <laughs> fuck you. Comic Block, thank you for the Saga t-shirt, but fuck these stupid fucking bullshit boxes. They're all garbage. I'm done like with the, them. That was like the worst one ever, I'm too. I'm fucking... Yeah. Man. Yeah. Fuck. Fucking Jack and Action Ripley <laughs> and... Jack and Action Ripley. Cock Jack and Get away Ripley. from here, you bitch! Mmm. <laughs> 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 I opened one of those. Uh, I did the arcade block. I bought three yeah. of them. I didn't even open the other two. I just gave them to Jake. Oh, nice. <laughs> the first one sucked. Yeah. It's garbage. I, it's, I, these videos, people like open it up and they're yeah. like, half the time they're like, oh, uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, if anybody knows. <laughs> it's kind of cool, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Glad it was be, in the box. It'd be yeah. cool if like they actually gave you like one good thing each month, like something that you'd actually want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm going to the store and I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Here's my here's my grocery list. Oh, uh, and some of the things that I need around the house. A Moe's Tavern coaster. Yeah, that's on the list this week. Uh, I need definitely need that. Yeah. Um, Green Lantern ring, so I never get laid again. <laughs> need that. Well, you could like make your own green hand to jack you off afterward, though. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. just you know what seriously. Like strange. I'll just not have your hand. I'll have Kermit just. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, hey Frank, do you have a bucket of green paint? And what are you doing after the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> occupied. <laughs> All right, guys. You know what? Uh, before we, uh, we're going to start off discussing Crimson Peak. It just came out in theaters, um, and then after that, we're going to be reviewing The Walking Dead season six. But. Um, yeah, first we're going to be talking about Crimson Peak. Frankie did not get to see Crimson Peak. No, so I was going to try. Are you okay with listening yeah, in yeah. on the no, conversation? Go ahead. go ahead. Okay, there could be spoilers within this discussion of Crimson, uh, Crimson Peak. So if you haven't seen Crimson Peak, just fast forward until we're not talking about Crimson Peak right. anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you when because I have no idea. Yeah. And I don't give time stamps because Uh-oh. I really don't give a shit. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm lazy. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I do. I, you know what? We record for five, four or five hours anyway. Yeah, figure it out. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm not fucking around with that shit. I don't edit anything. If you go too far, rewind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do we have right. to tell you yeah. how to do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crimson Peak synopsis in the aftermath of a family tragedy and aspiring author is torn between love for her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider trying to escape the ghosts of her past. She is swept away to a house that breathes, bleeds, and remembers. Um, so, yeah, apparently this house has its own menstrual cycle. <laughs> yeah, that sounded kind of gross. Right? <laughs> 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 that really didn't sound good at all. Oh man, that 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 scene where like, like the inserted the the house tampon was just like oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's a heavy flow. That's my Tom yeah. Hiddleston. Yeah. It's a heavy flow, <laughs> right? Is that pretty right on? No, it's more right. <laughs> I was just impressed you pronounced his name correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Claude Miller from Nerd Porn <laughs> texted me out of nowhere the other day, and he's like, "Jay just called Voldemort Vol- Voldemort." <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. You're like Voldemort. Yeah, you guys know. And no one corrected me. They're just like, God damn it. Honestly, like, 
it sounds like it would be more difficult to mispronounce Rorschach when you say it. It sounds like it hurts when you say it. It's hard, Because you go, you go, Rosarich. Yeah, that's the hardest one for me. Oh, my gosh. Because that's how I read it before I heard what it was actually pronounced. Like, I knew about the test, but no one was ever talking to me about it or whatever. And then I saw the movies, like, oh, fuck, that's how it's pronounced. But I'd always read it like that, so now I can't stop, right? (laughs) That's, okay, now I understand. I'm not totally retarded. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, Ooh, it's a hard one, yeah. Crimson Peak is directed by the great Guillermo del Toro, whose past films uh, include Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim, and then the Hellboy series. Uh, those are all favorites on this podcast. Yes. Uh, it's written by del Toro and Matthew Robbins, who also wrote Mimic. Uh, with uh, Mimic had Josh Brolin and Myra Sorvino. Mm-hmm. Um, del Toro describes this movie as a ghost story and gothic romance. Uh, it stars Mi- uh, Mia Wazakowska as Edith. Emma Stone was originally cast in this role, I found out. Yes. And then she dropped out. Uh, Jessica Chastain, she stars as Lucille Sharp. Tom Hiddleston as Thomas Sharp. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was originally cast as the male lead, but he left the project due to un- undisclosed reasons. Hmm. He was replaced by Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston asked for Benedict Cumberbatch's blessing before accepting the role as they are good friends in real life. Cumberbatch told him that it was amazing to have been replaced by Hiddleston. Right. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, who was also uh, in Pacific Rim, directed by Guillermo del Toro, stars as Dr. Alan McMichael. Uh, Jim Beaver. Yeah. Hey, come on, Frank. Beaver. Come on, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're slow this week, yeah. man. Come on. Right. I say Jim Beaver. That's like your fucking cue. I got something to say here. I got nothing to swore. We need to phase him. Yeah. We need a few more beers to get that dirty. All right. Uh, yeah, Jim Beaver is Carter Cushing. Carter Cushing. Come on, got man. Got nothing? Come on. I don't know. Beaver Cushing? I, nothing? No. Get All right. Burn Gorman as... This is a weird name for a character. This is IMDb. I didn't remember his. I remember him in the movie. Yeah, his name's Holly. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. I don't remember them even saying. His Burn, name. Yeah, and he was also in Pacific Rim. Yeah, that's true. That's played true. one of the scientists. Yeah. The, yep. Yeah. He always has kind of a side part in movies. It mm-hmm. seems like. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Burn Gorman is uh, Holly. Good old Holly. Good old Holly. <laughs> All right. Crimson Peak had a runtime of 119 minutes and an estimated budget of 55 million. Uh, this is the second time that Tom Hiddleston and Mia Wazakowska have worked together. The first being another movie I reviewed on the show, Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm. And I think she played a vampire. Tom Hiddleston played a vampire. I'm pretty sure she played a vampire in that one. What'd you give that one? I think I gave it like a taste it or a high okay. taste it. Yeah, it wasn't a Tupperware. It was good. It was good. Check it out. Uh, first thing we're going to do before we give you a review of Crimson Peak is we are going to rate it here on Pop Culture Leftovers. We do have a unique rating system, and we want you to be familiar with it if it is the first time for you listening to our show. So Pop Culture Leftovers rating system. Why is it not on here? <laughs> Happens quite a bit. Uh, yeah, but I like I put all of them on here today, <laughs> and it's the only fucking one. Every fucking week, rating system. Here we go. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If mm. they do like something, they suggest you taste it. The and if it's brilliant, it gets over again. Hold on. Rating. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success—a Tupperware party. I think it was a Facebook notification. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, I, I closed it. Thought we were haunted for a second. Yeah, yeah we're at Crimson Peak. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> the piano. <laughs> if it's a mystery, I'm guessing the Beaver did it. The Beave. Okay. All right. That's, there you go. That's Frank. all right. Kind of getting there. Yep. Crim- get Crimson Peak. Period. Um, Beaver. Okay. <laughs> it was nasty. If you have to explain yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's, it's usually an indication that it bombed. Frank, I'm like, I'm waiting for him to be like, I wonder if the porno version is called Crimson Peaked. Ah. Yeah. That would have been good. Uh, Maybe. No. <laughs> Don't fuck yourself. It worked for me. It's better than anything that you fucking said this entire episode. It just got started. Uh, you can crimson go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. So we are going to rate this one before we kind of like break down the movie. Um, so toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Jason, uh, what is your rating for Guillermo de Toro's Crimson Peak? Uh, I, I would say overall, this is a low tasted for me. Um, it would, it would have been higher had the ending really nailed it. And the ending did not nail it. Um, what, you know, what I really enjoyed about it though, and what gives it a, you know, at least go watch it or rent it when it comes out is visually, I fucking loved it. Uh, Del Toro, I love his style of uh, the set pieces, the, the Allerdale Hall, even even the uh, the the house before where it's the the Mia and her father and they're kind of having balls and dances and stuff and you know kind of doing they're kind of showing the American dream not when, not when, balls when, as it's balls yeah, right. <laughs> no one's balls were seen in this I don't think yeah it was that, that classic father and daughter <laughs> ball sharing <laughs> moment <laughs> you know Frank but, <laughs> <God>. but <laughs> visually I was drawn to it uh, to visually it was it was awesome Frank's it, like a little wind up toy kind of just winding him up and yeah. getting, him, getting him there it's like the monkey who's clapping balls <laughs> 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 balls you say pop goes the weasel there's Frank <laughs> uh, but yeah, back, back, back to back the, to ball talk. Right, back to the peak. Uh, the, yes, the visually, I was totally glued to it. I love his style, just like Pan's Labyrinth. Um, uh, the you know the ghost aspect of it, I think, could have been better. Uh, I I kind of like the scenes where it was more kind of in the background, the shadowy stuff, the stuff. He's real good at creepy, but I don't like the in your face kind of shock you out of your seat stuff. That's in this movie. I didn't enjoy it that much, but the acting too. The acting was phenomenal. I I thought for the most part, like Jessica Chastain alone for me is enough to go see this movie because mm-hmm. she. I think she was phenomenal in this. She was the scariest part about it for me. So low taste it just because the ending to me fell really really flat. I know he had a lot of rewrites on this, and mm-hmm. that might be part of it. He kept second guessing the ending maybe, but it felt like not right to me. It didn't sit right. 
Okay. Uh, before I rate it, I'm going to also talk about uh, you know Crimson Peak a little bit, and then we'll break it down a little bit more. But Crimson Peak, it, it, you're right; it's a gorgeous film. Yeah. Uh, it it looks it has that Del Toro look and feel to it. Uh, the set pieces, the cinematography, they're all great. Um, Allerdale Hall, the family mansion for Thomas and Lucille, it really does come alive. Yeah. Uh, the clay, it almost reminded me of like blood pumping life into the house. Mm-hmm. It, there's like this red, deep red clay that's constantly dripping and yeah. all over the place in this house and it's just it's very it's it's really cool um the open hole in the roof i thought that was very cool it yeah. kind of like let you know what time of year it was and i thought that was a cool addition like seeing the leaves fall in the home you mm-hmm. knew kind of knew it was fall and then when you saw it like they didn't even show the outside yet and you saw the snow coming down right. in the house and you kind of you knew that there was going to be snow on the ground outside yeah you just knew it was winter winter had come um <sighs> I thought, I thought that was cool. Um, it, it also shows like the house has its own type of like personality and, uh, it pays homage to like movies like the shining. Yes. Because it, in the shining, it's like the, the hotel is alive and, mm-hmm. and, and this is alive. Even the, even the house sinking. Yeah. Is a nod to, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's, um, the house of usher story oh, okay. where the house was sinking. And right. I thought that that was, he, Paying homage to a lot of horror genres, classic, and even you know things like in the eighties. So, right, um, I, it was very cool. Uh, I did like the limited use of like the the colors in the third act. I thought that was visually awesome yeah. and very Del Toro monochrome. You got white, red, and black, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know maybe a little blue and yellow here and there. But I mean, basically white, red, and black. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, in Pacific Rim, like. We got characters that kind of took a backseat to the Jaegers, right. and having characters that you know weren't fleshed out enough uh, was fine in that because you had giant battles between kaiju and monsters. But in Crimson Peak, the characters aren't engaging either, except for Jessica Chastain. Yeah, she she uh, fucking saved it. Um, <laughs> she saved that part. Yeah. She was really good. I yeah. agree. Um, but I don't know. Ryan from Star Joe's, he posted on our page that this movie was marketed all wrong. It was marketed as a horror film, and I agree with Ryan 100%. This is not a fucking horror movie, like a modern-day horror movie set in Victorian era. This is a classic, like, ghost story. Yeah. And it's not what they marketed it. And I think that works to... My rating, you know, it were I had to work that into my rating because like sure. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So, Ryan Drost, I w- I wonder if uh, any like, you know, I, if, with Ryan, if anybody's ever said, uh, Ryan, I, I ain't afraid of no Drost. <laughs> I'm sure somebody. <laughs> you think has. somebody has? In if his you lifetime? have thought, I'm sure somebody has. I bet I gotta ask him yeah. if somebody's ever said that Find to out. him. <laughs> Message him. I ain't afraid of no Drost. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. The marketing yeah. felt like an Italian horror film. Like you thought this was going to be like his ode to like foreign horror films, which are mm-hmm. generally really you know gory and scary and yeah. whatnot. But. The studio had to have been putting out the. I think the studio was worried about the movie, and yeah. so the studio put the studio probably made those trailers. Yeah, and they wanted to market it a certain way because of that they thought that that's what people wanted to see to get people's butts and seats, yeah. especially getting close to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, at least this wasn't last year's Poltergeist. This is way better than, True. than that. Yeah. But um, I loved the first act of the film and really liked where the story was going in that first act. You know, we once we finally got to the mansion, we were only left with like the three characters to work with. I felt like this wasn't the suspenseful horror film I was expecting, but it felt more like watching like someone play like a video game or I was on a ride at Universal Studios. Right. It didn't really. I, I just felt like I was just sitting there and watching and waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And, uh, I, like I said, Jessica Chastain though is really fucking good. Um, yeah. overall this movie wasn't satisfying for me as a viewer at all. It felt like the visual spectacle once again took center stage, but without big robots and monsters fighting in this one, I was left with a house that didn't scare me with characters I didn't care about at all. I am low tasting Crimson Peak as well. And, uh, I'll get into more, uh, reasons as to why. As we discuss the film in further detail, um, so now that we've given our rating, both oh, ooh, hi, <laughs> hi, I'm a Mike. Yeah. Jesus, fuck. See, I'm still fucking hungover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and now that we've given our ratings of uh, Crimson Peak, and I spelled ratings wrong when I wrote this down. Ratings. Uh, ratins. <laughs> now that we've given our ratins, now that we've given ourselves our ratins of Crimson Peak, what we're gonna we're gonna unpack this motherfucker. <laughs> And we're going to talk all about it. The ratins. Get your ratins. What the fuck? Wake the fuck up. I'm up. Yeah. You're getting ready to tell you. You're like mm. fucking beating the shit out of your microphone. Well, I'm pretending. God damn, Mike. I'm pretending it's you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, guys, again, there's going to be spoilers. Um, you know, but uh, it's now time for a Pop Culture Leftovers movie review. 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 Yeah. All right, Jay. I'll be honest with you, man. It felt like in the in the first act, like the whole movie was mapped out for you. Yeah, you knew what was going to happen pretty pretty early on in this one, so no surprises. Like if you're paying any attention at all, Mm -hmm. which you kind of I don't know, you kind of want with with a thriller kind of horror film. Yeah, you know, it's it's not necessarily that, but. Yeah, you, it, it kind of gives itself away within the first half of the movie, so mm-hmm. you know where it's heading after that, and then it, the rest of it is what happens. It's, you know, uh, you know like, it's it, it sets up really early. It gives away everything. Um, it sets up that, of course, Charlie Hunnam's character, Dr. Alan McMichael, yeah. he's going to be the guy that comes in to rescue her later in the film. Yeah. Like, that's set up really early. Uh, you can see that coming a mile away. We even get a talk between the two women characters of Edith and Lucille, mm-hmm. who is Thomas's sister, where they're looking at the yellow butterflies outside. Right. And Lucille says that they die when it's cold, and that even in their family home, the black moths kill the butterflies. Yes. Well, now we're taken to the family home at Allerdale <laughs> Hall, yeah. where Edith is wearing a yellow dress, mm-hmm. and Thomas is dressed all in black. So Edith is representing the butterfly, and Thomas is representing the killer moth. And even when you get into Edith's room, you see the glass jar of the butterfly pinned down, yeah. encased in that glass, mm-hmm. which represents her being trapped in the house. Right. And uh, she also, she said she wanted to be a horror author. Like mm-hmm. Mary Shelley, yeah, and even become a widow, and that happens in this yeah. film. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all laid out for you yeah, right so. there in the first act. Yeah. Everything. Um, I don't know that it's kind of neat though. It's very meta in the fact that she wants to write a story with ghosts in it, and all these people are telling her that she should put it, make it a romance story. Yeah, and the movie is actually a romance story that 
is a ghost story. Yeah. So the the ghosts are just symbolistic of the past, right. letting yeah. go of the past. Yeah. Which is exactly what she said in that line. What did you? Okay. There's <laughs> there's a lot of ghosts and monsters in this fucking thing. What did you think about like the ghost designs themselves? I I thought they were cool when they were all in shadow. You know, when you first when you see uh, Edith Edith's mom for the first time, the ghost of her. That's kind of creepy. I like how they set that up. I, I, I prefer like the long hallway shots where you just see them in shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, the sounds that they use for the for their their ghost creatures and whatnot were pretty. I liked that. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of different. How did you see this? Do you see it in just regular? Yeah, just regular. I saw it in IMAX. Yeah. IMAX do anything for it? It's not. It wasn't 3D. It was IMAX. I think it got the. The I think it got the ratio of the film right because like it was not filmed like n- normal. Right. It looked like it was like a like the old four by three format. Oh wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It, he, he tried to make it like a like a classic horror film. Right. And yeah, even with like they did like the iris wipes with the yeah kind of the the yeah. round yeah I don't know how they do that exactly but it's like a, kind of like fading out yeah. with that iris wipe and <clears throat> like those old movies do yeah so. for sure yeah I mean I I thought but when you saw them like in full color or whatnot like I didn't really care for the designs it reminded me of, like the frighteners I didn't like the 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 red wispy shit that was mm. like coming off of them it looked too CG yeah and, like that shit never I like practical like like if they would just like looked like real practical people that were dead right like with their you know like their muscle tissue exposed and all that shit the way they looked that's cool but like that red wispy shit like even the hallway scenes like not the shadow scenes but like when they're walking down the hallway and shit it looked like a video game yeah. scene i mean it looked like a fucking like i'm watching like a resident evil game or like one of these fucking scary video games yeah it just wasn't Set against such a great set, like the whole time. Yeah, that really takes away from from the set pieces too, which are brilliantly designed. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I wish he would have done practical effects and just kind of had him creeping around the shadows because I thought that was cool. I liked that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, I'm gonna stare at this mirror and then boom, or I'm gonna open this door and then boom, you know, that kind of shit <laughs> happened way too much in this. And it, you thought there was a lot of jump scares? Yeah, there was. There was like four of them that I can remember. Oh know, man, which I thought was too many. See, I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to the jump scares then because yeah. like I didn't the whole time I was just like I kept thinking to myself oh wow I, I just appreciate the fact that he's not going for cheap jump scares yeah. like, <laughs> I guess I just you know what I mean I there, guess I there just were definitely some standout yeah. ones that I thought overpowered the stuff he was doing which was yeah. more in the background and yeah yeah, I mean the the whole like the, the, the body rising from the clay pit looked stupid to me you know, the, the, that was a scene they could have left out. Yeah, that was that didn't yeah. it didn't really add to anything. We had already seen the, the I think the bathtub scene at that point, or maybe right. that was later. But that was more effective than having it rise at, and like you just see bones and stuff coming out of this red clay right. pit. I don't know. What was the most brutal scene in this? Because was it? And I, I want to know your opinion because there were I think three brutal scenes in this movie that yeah. were just brutal. Yeah, and it didn't involve any of the ghosts and shit. I, the first one was the bathroom scene with the father. Yeah. The, which they kept focusing on that fucking uh, blade. Yeah, and I was just like, oh shit, that blade's gonna and it never came into play. No, I thought he cut his and, throat. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought too. And they kept focusing on that blade, and it was just total misdirection. And I, I thought that was good. That was a good scene. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> it was a fucking crazy scene. It was brutal. Yeah, fucking but... brutal. Okay, with that, the shovel to the head at the end. Yeah, 
or was it what was the most brutal to you or the stabbing in the face stabbing in the face that was the most brutal one yeah yeah everyone in the crowd was like oh fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't you don't expect it. oh god that one was like totally unexpected yeah you wow. knew, you knew the dad was gonna die in that scene and then yeah. you knew you knew somebody was getting a shovel to the face but that scene in particular came out of nowhere, and everyone was like, oh, shit, that sucks. Yeah. I, the guy behind me was like, that sucks. Well, I knew the dad was going to get it, but I didn't know he was going to get it. Though, Like, she fucking, like... He filmed that really well because it was hard to watch that scene. That was basically a curb stomp on a yeah. fucking porcelain uh, faucet, uh, yeah. a, a sink. And the, and the way they set it up, too, mm-hmm. was really cool with the gloves yeah. and stuff. And you're just like, oh, no. Yeah. And then just... Boom! Yeah. Right in the fucking sink. That and stabbing to the face, though, was holy shit. Yeah, yeah. But even the, the dad... And then he fucking pulls it out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was tough, oh, too. God. Real slow. And then you see the blood forming in his eye, and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good scene, man. Oh, my God. It was a good God. scene, too, yeah. but... I, I don't know. It, it was... Yeah, it was definitely a weird balance of did stuff. This, did this kind of teeter on, on uh, Tim Burton? Uh, at times. Just visually. Did yeah. it teeter? Yeah, definitely a, a lot of like the spiky looking hallways. Like you would never really see that. It was, you know, but I think Del Toro's always been like that for me. I think they both kind of had similar attitudes about mm-hmm. art. So I love the first act of this movie. I, I did felt too. Like you really got to know the characters and shit. And I, I, as silly as it seems, I love the dance scene with the candle. Oh, I did too. I thought, I thought that was great. I love the, the period of it. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that they did a 19th century. Yeah. Of, I did enjoy that too. I'm glad he took it to that because I've they, always pictured him doing yeah. that well they you know? marketed this wrong though they, they marketed yeah. it as, as, as a modern horror being set in victorian era and, yeah. and it was not that it was a classic ghost story like if that's the way they would have marketed this i might have tasted this movie instead yeah. of low tasted it right because i still can't see myself like tupper wearing this yeah I you, mean, you don't need ghost in this at all uh yeah yeah i mean you really yeah. don't it i mean like yeah there's a little bit at the beginning that connects to the rest of the story but it's not really that important mm-hmm. and it would have been cooler just to leave him out i think and just but but then again they had that fucking ending which i think the whole movie was geared towards just that stupid fucking ending mm-hmm. i hate that ending yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but like like and just the dialogue i i said it twice or whatever the fuck I already said it once or some shit. Mm-hmm. She repeats a line twice and then we have the ending of our movie and it's just like, oh, what the fuck is that from? That doesn't even make sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, not, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie and I think Charlie Hunnam played just a... You just, don't care. Just the white knight guy at the end of the movie who's yeah. there to, I don't know. I, yeah. I, yeah, even, you know, he gets stabbed and stuff. Oh, tell me where. And you're like, oh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam's going to live. <laughs> right. I don't care. And it doesn't doesn't really matter. Like, they go up, they, you know, he gets really injured on borderline dying, and they go through the rest of this last part, and he doesn't do shit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything. He's just, like, laying on the ground. <laughs> they keep showing him. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, but I mean, this this movie's doing well though, as far as like the Metacritic score from Rotten Tomatoes. It's at a currently I saw last time I saw it was at a sixty eight percent. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. It's just it's a little bit different than uh, than what's been out for a while. It's definitely nothing new. I mean, you know, there's been other movies that that are very similar to this, but mm-hmm. I think it's just people and people are definitely uh, liking the visuals. I think and. Visually, yeah. it is fucking amazing, and Jessica Chastain, like I said, like I'm just in awe of her after seeing this. I wasn't a huge, huge fan of her, but of mm-hmm. course, 
after seeing Martian and this, like, mm-hmm. I'm totally blown away by her lately. So that alone is enough to go see it. Hiddleston, he's he's okay. Everybody yeah. else is okay. Yeah. But she's really the scary, like, you know, the thing to be worried about in this film. I think you got great actors in there. I just don't think the script and – I don't think the script and – Yeah, the, the writing. Yeah. That's all it was. The dialogue was fine, but the the way the story, like – you know, like you said, the first half I think was brilliantly written, but then you are you you absolutely know what's going to happen once they get to that house. What's weird is like the, she falls in love with the mysterious stranger Thomas, and yeah. like she has better chemistry with Charlie Hunnam in, right. their, in their one scene together. Like hmm. not one scene, but like the scene early on when yeah. you know he's this optometrist who's like a slash detective and real smart guy. But like the chemistry between them two is like great. Yeah, I was just like, what? It reminded me of like I thought the chemistry between. Kristen, not Kristen Stewart, Kirsten Dunst and James Franco was better in Spider-Man right, yeah. than Tobey Maguire and Dunst. Yeah. I never thought they had good chemistry ever on right. the screen. And like that one scene where like they're cooking and shit in Spider-Man, like there's great chemistry between those two characters. Right. And I felt like in this, it was like the same thing, like that, that fucking like, um, what's her face? Edith mm-hmm. and Charlie Hunnam's character had great chemistry in that scene. And like every scene that she's in with Tom Hiddleston, it's just like, oh, you know, she's just looking at him with yeah. like, you're so mysterious. <laughs> I love you all yeah. of a sudden because right. you want to read my book. And it makes no sense. It's yeah. The way they set up her character is like a, you know, a, a like a liter, literary, you know, a writer, somebody who wants to be kind of independent of her family, who's kind of controlling and, and rich and rich yeah. and want to kind of tell her who to be with and whatnot. It just, yeah, it just seemed like her and Charlie Hunnam would have made that life work out. Whereas she meets this, he's a baronet, right? Tom yeah. Middleson. Yep. He's, his character's, you know, supposed to be wealthy. He's not. Yeah. I mean, basically they're penniless. Um, and, she just falls for him over nothing. You know, yeah. the dance sequence. Yeah, they try. I think they tried to do that rather than trying to tell the tale of how they actually mm-hmm. <laughs> fell in love. Right. And then they get married right after this dance thing. They oh, have a dance yeah, off. They exactly. get married, and and then you're just like, oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. You mm-hmm. know. But it's just yeah, and and the whole the you know. I, Brother sister shit. Why did we have to do that? Did we have to do that? It's yeah, Game of Thrones. Oh they are yeah. the ones who started it. Yeah, there's some serious, uh, you know, Lannister shit going on. In the- <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if that's that was necessary. I mean, and again, you see that coming super early on too. Oh, not necessarily. I thought that that she might have not been his sister and just oh, been okay. pretending. That, I didn't that know that sense. she actually was fucking blood related. Right, right. I thought we could have been looking at like a like a Tommy boy situation here. Yeah. And you, you could have had uh, I mean, you could have had like their love or whatever without yeah. showing them actually doing stuff would have been <laughs> fine. You know, oh, no, we, in case you didn't know, yeah, hand job, you know, or whatever the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it looked like the cover of one of those smutty romance novels yeah. when she, as soon as she walked in. True. True. It did. Yeah. So you get to see her boobies a little bit too, which, you know, good feature. You get to see Tom Hiddleston's ass in yeah. case you're wanting to see yeah, that. Yeah. I got to see that in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for some people, that's a selling point. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that whole love story, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not something that's shocking anymore. Frank's looking for IMAX time. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Man ass, I gotta see that. They, they keep putting that in movies, is that supposed to be shocking? It's just stupid. I don't, it's I there. don't, I don't ever, you know, it's like, that's not shocking. That's just fucking dumb. Porno version of, of Loki, is it, is he called Pokey? 
A little pokey pokey. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta put on my horny helmet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thor is called Thorny. 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 <laughs> you want me to put the Thorny down? and Pokey. Asgard. Yeah. <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> oh, Dan. <laughs> oh, my God. There's an explanation why he only has one eye. <laughs> oh, frick. Lady Fist. Yeah. <laughs> Always gotta have a good fist joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I, I was going to say beta gay bill. Yeah. But <laughs> that's not offensive. No, that's not offensive. Jesus. He might be gay. We don't even know. We don't know. Never been revealed. Yeah. So what if he is, Frank? Mm. <laughs> yeah, Frank. What do you got a problem with beta gay bill? What's wrong with you? It's fucking 2015. Uh, Shit. Words. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know what we're going to do after I've offended everybody? Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. No, <laughs> my um, feelings. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, this hangover will wear off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, we'll be, take a nap. We'll be right back uh, with uh, more Good Pop, Bad Pop. Oh, that was a movie review. We'll be back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yes. And so off this week. It's all right. I don't give a fuck. It <laughs> yeah, Frank, tell me, what were your thoughts on our review of Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't get to say shit that whole time. No, pretty much. Frank was just like, oh, are they talking about perverted shit now? Can I, can I, can I join in? Sexuality, you oh, say. Tom, Tom Hiddleston's ass? What did, what did you say? Well, I was kind of trying to think of, like where to go, and then what, it just kind of blew me out of the water with the incest shit. So I'm yeah. like, okay, well, yeah. yeah. They beat me to it. Not cool, guys. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> And the horses have reached the starting gate for the race of the season. It's the podcast derby. And the first to enter, Lord of the Hooves. And strutting into his post is Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse. Followed by Dharma's Initiative. And may the horse be with you. Just waiting on uh, Hogwarts Express right now. She's slipping in nicely. And last to come in, Pop Culture Leftovers, who seems a bit restless. Uh, settling down now. And in he goes. And they're all ready. And they're off and running. Hogwarts Express leads them out as pace setter. Lord of the Hooves sits in behind and may the horse be with you. One out, one back in third. Beetle horse, beetle horse, beetle horse. Back on the rail in fourth with pop culture leftovers sitting comfortably just in front of Dharma's Initiative who's right at the back of the field. As they head around the first turn, it's Lord of the Hooves now taking the lead from Hogwarts Express. Beetle horse, beetle horse, beetle horse now moving up into third with may the horse be with you. Starting to look for a gap but to no avail just yet. Pop culture leftovers still happy to sit back off the pace and Dharma's initiative just doesn't look like he's up to it continues to bring up the rear Hay's starting to pick up now as they round the final turn. Lord of the Hooves still leads from Hogwarts Express. May the horse be with you now, making a move around the outside, moving at a third in front of Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse. Pop Culture Leftovers and Dharma's Initiative now eight links from the lead. They're 400 out now as they come down the straight. On, here comes Pop Culture Leftovers. Five wider moving up quick. Lord of the Hooves still has a nose in front of Hogwarts Express with May the Horse Be With You also finding something now. Pop Culture Leftovers still coming and joins the leaders. You can forget about the rest. They are right across the track. Going to come down to a bob of the head. Lord of the Hooves, Hogwarts Express. May the horse be with you and pop culture leftovers. Lord of the Hooves, Hogwarts Express. May the horse be with you and pop culture leftovers as they hit the line. It's pop culture leftovers. Pop culture leftovers. Time the run perfectly. He's won it. 
Third of a second and third, but looks to be Lord of the Hoos by a short half head for second. Just in front of May the Horse be with you. Hogwarts Express is fourth, then two links back to Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse. And it's Dharma's initiative. Drop back to the tail of the field. Stone Motherless last this afternoon in the podcast derby. All right. Hey, we're back. Hey. I'm still hungover. I'm still hungover. It didn't go away. Yeah, so we're looking at this fucking <laughs> Green Lantern ring that I got in that fucking nerd block. Yeah. And it's got fucking Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Green Lantern on the front. Yeah, clearly okay. Ryan Reynolds. That is fucking Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> They can't, they have, like, I guarantee, like, after that movie fucking bombed, yeah. they had about, like, they had probably a whole warehouse full of those fucking things <laughs> that people right. weren't buying, so they were like, shit, dude, they had some guy, like, you know, selling them at, like, cost, yeah. <laughs> giving them the ner- under cost yeah. to nerd block so they could throw it in there. And Pennies they, on the dollar. God damn, what a piece of garbage. <laughs> What a fucking piece of garbage. Kids were like, fuck this. <laughs> I, I, I need to watch some of these nerd block videos. Of pe- I want to see people's reaction when they open this thing up yeah. and they see this. I want to see people get all excited about this piece of shit. <laughs> like fake enthusiasm. Oh, wow. And then, oh, I loved that Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Underrated. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, now we're going to move on to good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read, uh, that we liked or disliked. Um, we will incorporate our rating system, toss it, taste it, Tupperware, and some of these things. Did we all get a chance to see um, the uh, season six premiere episode of The Walking Dead. Yep. Yes. It was an hour and a half, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. long one. They gave us an hour and a half. Um, first, we're going to talk about that, but I do have a, I have a Walking Dead email that I'm going to get out of the way here. It's from Michael J. Borelli. When Michael J. Borelli's not inundating my fucking email uh, with uh, fucking Age of Ultron praise <laughs> and me ignoring that email, he sends us an email about The Walking Dead. He says, hey, guys, I am a huge Walking Dead fan, comics and TV. I no longer buy single issues, but I double dip and buy the trade paperbacks as they come out and also the slipcase omnibus collections. I also buy all the busts and quarter-scale statues. Uh, he sent some pictures of his collection. I'll post them on our page later. So I am all in, but I am having a problem with getting excited for Fear of the Walking Dead. I have every, every episode sitting on my DVR waiting for me to watch them, and I just can't do it. I think they made a mistake waiting so long to get it out. I think they made a mistake making it to begin with, Yeah, Michael. Um, it should have started right up after Season 5 of The Walking Dead ended to fill that zombie need. At this point, I know that all I really want is for Season 6 to start, and I will not give this series a proper chance. Have you guys given up on Fear the Walking Dead yet? I I, I have. I watched the whole season, and I, I'm going to probably watch all of next season, too, because it's I'm an idiot, and I'm yeah. a glutton for punishment <laughs> and bad television. Yeah. So. But, yeah, what, are you guys going to finish Fear the Walking Dead? I'll finish it, but, uh, yeah, and I'll continue to watch, you know, the new season. But, yeah, it was awful. I mean, I, I'm next to last episode, so I've seen most of it, and it's a joke. I cut my cable after the second episode because mm-hmm. it was so bad. No, no, uh, but uh cut cable after the second episode, so I'm going to get caught up on it. Um, not sure if I'll continue watching it in the future. It just depends on, you know, how it leaves an impression on me. Yeah. 
It's hard to watch. <laughs> First episode was really bad. Whole thing is. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Mike, for the email. Uh, he said, yeah, Mike, he's, as a side note, he's been watching Bates Motel. He says it starts off kind of crappy, but it gets full-blown crazy after a few episodes, and it's been pretty great. Hmm. He says, love the show, Mike. Self-appointed gamma-irradiated leftover army physicist. He says, fucking spell check, change it to physician last email. Oh. So. All right. All right. <laughs> the Hulk needs him. Gamma radiation physician. There's a green handed jack off. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rip it right off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Yeah, The Walking Dead season six premiere. It brought in over 19.5 million viewers, and it's still the number one show on TV. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Expected. Yeah. What did you guys think about uh, the – I want you to rate it, man. Uh, fucking series, season six, uh, episode one. Uh, I'll jump in. Um, normally with these type of shows, I expect like the first episode to be kind of a slow one. Uh, historically, we've had quite a few of those where they go over some things or do, do a little bit of character development and kind of just whet your appetite for some stuff. This, for the most part, from right from the word jump, was like balls to the wall all the way. Um, I, I give it a Tupperware for what it did. I, I didn't watch it on cable, so I didn't get subjected to all the commercials. But I, I downloaded the episode the next day off of Apple TV. So mm-hmm. I don't know how bad the commercials really were in that. It was 104 minutes in the version that I watched. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, absolute Tupperware. There was still character development sprinkled in, and I really liked how – they dealt with what was going on now in color and then what happened in the recent past being in black and white. They didn't mm-hmm. have to hold your hand and explain that or do some cheesy, well, this is what, how we got here. I thought it was a really awesome way to present it and uh, show valid points of, like, this is what you need to know right before it happens. I thought it was really awesome. It makes sense. I mean, with uh, I liked it in the black and white anyway because the comic book's all in black and white too. So, But I know they didn't do that here. They did it to show, like, a flashback scene mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, to kind of fill in the gaps. Um, Jay, what did you think about? And I, I would agree with you uh, about how some of the season's openers were slow with character development, mm-hmm. but not under Greg Nicotero and Scott Gimple. I'd say the last this last season and this season, the openers have just been like balls to the wall. Oh, when right. It's, when it's Greg Nicotero and fucking Scott Gimple doing it, yeah. It, these season openers are action-packed, in my opinion. Because the last one was where um, Carol came and saved him out of Terminus, right? Yeah. That was a lot of explosions and zombie goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was uh, – we got to see uh, the penguin get his head, head cut yep, off yep. at Terminus. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think under I, – I like – Honestly, I think I think this is Greg Nicotero. I I, I don't I, I think Scott Gimple's involved and he is the showrunner, but I think like Greg Nicotero, he directed this episode, and so I think like Greg Nicotero, I think he has just done so well with it. He's been there since day one, mm-hmm. you know. So I think he's just he's killing it. So Jay, uh, this yeah, I, this this is a total Tupperware. Um, definitely like the broadest in scope episode I've ever seen. Now, granted, I'm not as caught up as you guys. I just really wanted to fucking watch this, so um, I'm not totally caught up. But I had to watch this episode, and I loved it visually. It was fucking awesome, just epic, 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 and the character development too. On top of having thousands of zombies. They definitely took the time to de- develop the relationships, show you where people were at in this opening, you know, episode, show where everybody was at, you know, their kind of their viewpoint on things. And, 
um, the contrast between all the characters. So it was a badass fucking episode. I don't even remember the commercials. The commercials would play, and I was just like, couldn't wait because I'd be thinking about the last thing that I saw. So I couldn't wait for the next part to play. And nice. It was it was really good. A fucking and yeah, you know, the black and white flashback scenes I thought were awesome. I mean, just really comic booky too. I love the way everybody looked and how like Rick was all you know beat up and shit. Had all those fucking bandages on and yeah, I just I loved it. It was great. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna Tupperware it too, man. This was fucking the. I mean, it's hard to say. It's like I I hate to say like after every episode. I don't know if it's just like the new. I don't know like the that that new toy, but like I want to say like oh this is my favorite episode of the entire series, right? You know, but. In a way, like, kind of gave you, like, everything that you kind of wanted in all in one episode. I could have used a little bit more Carl. I could have used a little bit more Michonne. There was um, no Carl. Very yes, there was. Carl. They what? showed, yes, the girl uh, putting her hand on top of Carl's. Oh, wow. I and totally Ron was missed that. Watching, right? Wasn't that wow. a scene in yeah. this episode? Yeah, he they didn't were... have any dialogue, though, did he? No. Okay. No, but yeah, they were sitting, and then he, like, sits down next to her, and she that wasn't it, That wasn't post credit stuff no. where they were showing, like, teasers for next week. That was within this episode. Yeah, it was, like, right. towards the middle. Yeah, remember the little girl that he's kind of, like, formed a friendship with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they sit down together, and she puts his hand, sure, her hand on top of Carl's. Yeah. Gotcha. And okay. that's. Gotcha! <laughs> <laughs> and like Ron is hiding in the bushes, like watching them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little creepy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Tupperware man. I mean, it gave us fucking that scene where fucking Daryl is like riding the chopper yeah. over the hill with like all the zombies. Like he's like the fucking zombie shepherd and right. shit. I was <laughs> the just like, Pied zombie piper. <laughs> that's fucking dope as fuck. I thought that was so fucking cool. Nerves yeah. will fucking steal. <laughs> yeah. And oh then the, you know, then the, the predicament with Glenn and, you know, his team and, you know, they uh, all, they the, all had the to guy of, that tried to murder Glenn yeah, yeah. the year before. And uh-huh. God damn, it just shows you how, what a great, I like started like getting emotional and shit when, you know, when Maggie was talking about what a great guy Glenn was. Right. Yeah. Seriously. I, God damn it. Like if Glenn, if she didn't get wet after she said that <laughs> and if she was not, I'm serious, dude, if she was, I got wet. if she was not riding Glenn that night, yeah. I'm telling you, he's going to get some he's later. Getting some wow. ass. <laughs> He is getting some ass. Yeah. yeah. I like the um, Morgan interaction. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it was. You know what? You know what? I bet like uh, when when Maggie and uh, Glenn, I bet if they, if they do like any like uh, role play in the bedroom, like he can actually play the part of a pizza delivery boy really well. Right. Because <laughs> he was one. Right. So. Pizza's here. Pizza's here. In a zombie apocalypse. Right. <laughs> Suck on my uh, pocket nips, uh, and then it's like <laughs> Jesus. Porno music starts playing. <laughs> that that brings up actually a good point, though. What you're talking about? Yeah, you, yeah. About the pizza I'm talking delivery. about yeah, yeah. It they were a all great making, point. like all talking the, about Glenn getting all the, his rocks off. <laughs> all the people from Alexandria were begging for a dry run. And Glenn explains. This sounds so dirty. <laughs> sounds so dirty. Maggie can help you with that. Let's talk to her. They were uh, begging for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody begs for it dry. Enough. Carter really wanted that dry run. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> he said it was gonna be a dry run. 
<laughs> Rick's like, come on now. <laughs> but but Glenn, who there I was supposed to, to go to the Tasha station yeah. for power oh, converters. That's exactly what it felt like. Put your fucking wine and yeah. you're worse than Carl. Oh, <laughs> Stay in the house, Carl. <laughs> All right, so but, Frank, yeah. But Dry Glenn, run. Glenn, who they're looking to is like a mentor, somebody who's a professional, I guess, yeah. who does this all the time. He's yeah. like, I'm just supposed to be delivering pizzas. Yeah. There, there, there was no practice for them. They yeah. just lived it. Right. So, like, these guys are looking like, well, we're not ready yet. We really need to, you know, work on this some more. You don't have time to work on it. It's here. It's now. This is what you got to do. Did you guys like how they uh, kind of explained how Alexandria was – how it wasn't really invaded by zombies yet? How they've right. all been stuck in that – what was that? Kind of like a, a quarry. rock quarry? Yeah. Like a rock quarry? Yeah. And uh, they were they were blocked in by the semi-trucks. Mm-hmm. Like a few got out. Like a few could get out every once in a while. And I thought it was that one zombie, that, that first one that got out with the skin ripped off yes. the side of its cool face. Cool looking. I didn't watch The Talking Dead, but I did hear that what they did, it's prosthetic, and they took like – the, like wire, like uh, oh, okay. like invisible wire or something like that, and uh, when it pulled, they had it attached to the semi. Yeah. So when, that when the zombie like walked through, it actually ripped the prosthetic off oh. the face of the zombie. Visually very cool. Fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the coolest zombie scenes I've seen in the show. And then you had the um, interaction with Morgan, and mm. that was cool too because um, you know Rick. He was the first one that he really saw yeah. when he woke up from being in a coma. Mm-hmm. And if he had had the same perspective that Rick does now, Rick wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly still going over and reevaluating how much of a killer do you need to be to still be here. And then who can you trust because of it? Because everybody's a killer at this point if they're still alive. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, if you haven't been in that position, then you're probably somebody who's going to get everybody killed. Right? Yeah. You're one of these, you know, people from Alexandria that, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, and uh, the, like they set it up, uh, with the trailer. So it looked like there's conflict between Morgan and Rick this season. And yeah. I, I'm not seeing that. No. Uh, uh-uh. Of course, they don't see eye to eye on everything. Right. But on the flip side, I think they're kind of like they're, we don't get a lot of interactions between Rick and Daryl. It seems like those two aren't as tight as they were. I agree. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I see more of like a friction between those two than I see between you know Rick and fucking Morgan. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, Daryl seems to want to go get more people. I think he feels yeah. like the more people, the better. Well, he was the one that was going out there and looking for more people all right, the time. Right. Not only when they're looking for more people is it good, but they can also see who else is out there, who else might want to hurt them, too. Yeah. So. Whereas Rick is just like, no, you know, he doesn't want to get involved with anybody else because they could be right. a part of the problem in yeah. the end. So. And I think, I think the group is scared of getting close to people and then just watching them die, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, we just recently, like, lost Noah last season, and that fucking sucked. And, you know, because I, I love that character. Mm-hmm. I really like Noah, so. Damn it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I Tupperware this fucking first episode. Um, anything else that you guys wanted to talk about with Walking Dead that you liked? I, I liked the uh, I liked the the Morgan and Carol interaction. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Where he's just like, uh, 
I could tell that you're, you know, you're just always ready in case shit goes down, you know. And she's like, she doesn't know. Like no. Morgan does not know her, right? And she's playing her cards close to her chest, and she's not letting him know. She just acts like she's little Miss Susie Bakes, and housemaid, housemaid, yeah. yeah, housekeeper, and because like that's still the face that she's putting on for the people in Alexandria, yeah, to but, try to blend into one of them, right. Right. I thought that was great. Like, and it, you know, it just, yeah, because Carol's fucking awesome. So I did like oh, that yeah. Morgan could kind of see through it. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I'm keeping my eye on you because I know when shit goes down, you're going to uh, be ready for it, you know? I loved it when fucking Rick shot down Father Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. Father Gabriel's like, he's like, who wants to help on this like dry run or whatever the fuck? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Father Gabriel's like, like uh, I'll, I can help, and he's like, "No, right?" He's yeah. like, "You just shut the fuck <laughs> up, because <laughs> he's gonna get fucking people killed and no shit. shit." Yeah. Right. All right, guys. The big question at the end of the episode. So they're doing a great job of hurting them, and and uh, you know, um, getting these zombies like where they want them to go. Eventually, lead them to where were they trying to lead them to? Like what? twenty miles Almost out. Away. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Away from their can or their yeah, like Alexandria. Right. I think it would have been great if they would have just he would let them like over a, like a canyon. They just yeah, no fell, shit. like lemmings or some shit. You <laughs> yeah. know? But um, who hit the horn? <sighs> so somebody hit the horn, and now they're headed for Alexandria. So the horn is who hit the horn? Guesses. I think it's Ron. To be quite honest with you, I feel like they kind of set him up as like doing something nefarious in the. You know. I think they. That, I think that's too on the nose, man. Mm. I think that's. That, that, I think it's going to be misdirection. Like that's, that's the way The Walking Dead is for me. It's like you. Yeah. It's never who you think it is. They did a lot of like thinking, like making you think it's Ron. Yeah, I think everybody thinks it's Ron. Like he's the outsider, and he has a vendetta. Mm-hmm. So. I think it is well, – well, Frank, who do you think it is? Um, I honestly think it's going to be that group of people that – The wolves? Yeah, uh, because if I had to take a guess about how the next episode is going to go, we'll probably see everything happen from the Alexandria point of view where all this – everybody else is out and about trying That's to do the That's what the previews hurt. alluded to. That yeah. It doesn't even look like – we'll probably get like Rick's group maybe in the last five minutes showing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think we're going to see like – they're going to take advantage of the fact that, you know, everybody that's capable is gone and then somebody's going to show up and then shit's going to go down and then that that's who's blowing the horn is them to try to lead them back to camp to wipe them out. I'm thinking it's Gabriel. I'm thinking it's Father Gabriel. I think it's some spiritual weird let's oh, the, the the let's hear the 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 trumpet let the trumpet sound and like ah, it's some point. kind of yeah, oh, some kind oh. of weird, you know, biblical, shit. biblical thing that he's doing. You know what I mean? Ugh. And the trumpet sounded blah 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 and right. you know like everyone repents and all this weird fucking Dead'll walk yeah, the earth. yeah yeah so that could very well be yeah he's fucked up or it could just be somebody from the town war like hey we're getting fucked up here like you said that's possible yeah like yeah. hey you need to come back yeah or maybe. they don't know any better but, no but way. they're gonna they're gonna so, compromise everybody then yeah no way yeah. no way it's true well i mean they they these people don't. We're really getting understand. fucked up, so let's get fucked up even more by drawing every zombie. But when they get scared, they don't know what to do. Like just like dude who had his face bitten off. The, the horn wouldn't go on quiet. that long. Carol's there. Somebody's gonna cut that yeah, thing off. You got a good point there That's with true. Carol. Yeah, you got a good point there with Carol. That's true. They did purposely. Like I don't. I'm not buying behind. that. I'm yeah. not buying that. I think I, I. I don't. I think some. <laughs> I think somebody. Somebody's doing it to hurt the group. Mm-hmm. Someone is doing it to hurt the group. Yeah, that that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But in a biblical sense, what you know, he's right on the money as far as what Book of Revelations was saying. Mm-hmm. So he would definitely do some shit like that. 
But I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, Who took the goddamn peanut butter crunchy? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Michonne was eating chips, so it wasn't her. What now? What are you talking the about? The protein bars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, said, he said he knew There's he always one, one last protein she, bar. She so. snagged a bag of chips. Yeah. So wasn't her. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on to more good pop, bad pop. Um, I Shit. Am I going to jump into one of my movies? I could watch too many goddamn movies. <laughs> I don't even know what to do you with You know that. what? I, yeah, I'm going to talk about. First, I'm gonna, real quick, I'm going to talk about uh, Sicario. Cool. Sicario, it's uh, directed by uh, Denny Villeneuve. It's not Dennis. I've heard people call him. <laughs> it's Denny. It's Denny Villeneuve, uh, who's best known for directing uh, Prisoners mm. with Jake Gyllenhaal and Enemy. Um, he also It stars Emily Blunt, Delicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin, and... Walking Dead alumni and our future Punisher, John Bernthal. Hmm. Uh, synopsis. When drug violence worsens on the USA-Mexican border, the FBI sends an idealistic agent, Kate Mercer, played by Emily Blunt, on a mission to eradicate a drug cartel responsible for a bomb that killed members of her team. I am going to start off by rating this Sicario. It is a Tupperware. It is so fucking amazing. Nice. It's such a damn good movie. Um the performance by Benicio del Toro is amazing. Um, fucking Josh Brolin plays like a. a real, he's like, I don't want to give away too much on this one because, okay. like, if I start describing characters, I'm gonna describe their who they are, their function in the movie, and it's gonna fucking spoil it because I think people need to watch this. Okay. It's, it's really fucking good. Um, the cinematography is amazing in this. Uh, Roger Deakins is the cinematographer in this, and like there are just scenes where he's just giving you aerial over the overhead views, and these they're driving on their way to some kind of uh, a situation where you 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 are basically uh, um, Emily Blunt's character, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going on. Okay, you have no idea what's going on, and she's working with Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin and their group trying to like cut the head off of this fucking drug cartel in Mexico. Right. And they're going directly after the people that that killed. Okay, she she was an FBI agent and there was this house that they went to and they're supposed to rescue these people that are being held hostage in this house. And uh, these people work for the drug cartel. Well, they get into the house. There's this huge shoot 'em up bullshit and um, she ends up getting she get she ends up uh, killing this guy and then somebody shoots uh, the wall behind her. They notice that the hostages have been buried within the walls of this building. Oh wow! And the whole house stinks. Oh, they all damn. leave the house like puking and so. It, but you know now she wants to to they get her to go after the heads of these of this drug cartel to you know to bring to justice the people that were responsible for like killing some of her team right the more she finds out about the people that she's working with the less she likes what she's gotten herself into they take the law above their you know they they go above the law and they do some things that she doesn't agree with Mm -hmm. she thinks that they're gonna be actually like um handling uh this in el paso texas no they're they're actually they're going into mexico oh wow and so it's um the cinematography is amazing. There's a scene at the end where you get to see a whole action gun fight in in night vision and also in thermal. Wow. Damn. <laughs> and it is awesome. It is fucking amazing. Um, 
John Bernthal is is in this, and he's really good in this. Um, Jessica Chains, Chastain's character, she's represented in this. She's they they kind of represent her as helpless in certain situations in this movie, and it's not because she's a woman. And right. I think a lot of people are getting they're getting hung up on that. Like she's helpless because in this movie they're portraying her as a helpless woman that she needs you know these characters to rescue her and shit i honestly think that she is representative of us watching the movie and we are helpless in this movie okay and i think that they could have had a man in that fucking role and it would have been the same outcome except for the scene where john bernthal tries to fuck her oh i don't see that maybe happening right. so much if it was a dude but who knows who am i to judge yeah could have happened so but you know what like I think uh, there is – I don't think that they wanted to make her helpless. It was just, I think, like just like uh, Ethan Hawke in Training Day. I think she was kind of like, like the same kind of character. Mm-hmm. Like he was just in over his head. Right. He didn't know what was going on the whole movie. So I think like, – uh, I'm getting sick of this movie saying like just because – this happens, yeah. or a woman is like uh, overpowered in this situation by a man. That 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 it's just like no. This was I thought it made sense in this story. Yeah, I mean there's, I don't know. There's not enough helpless men in movies, which is not true. That's true. Yeah, exactly. It's there's not true tons of helpless yeah. men. In it happens movies. all the time. You know, they mm-hmm. just behave differently. So what? Right. <laughs> there's a ton of like white knuckle moments in this fucking movie. Where like like I told you, the cinematography is like you're just watching like overhead views, and you're just like waiting for something to happen. You don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and you're just like you're just like holy shit, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It's violent as fuck. Yeah, very violent. It's there. Oh my god, it makes. Oh my god, it's like you're thinking. Oh yeah, fucking John Bernthal is the fucking Punisher. Fuck. Uh, Benicio del Toro would have been a badass Punisher <laughs> after watching this movie. I was totally shocked by him in this man. Yeah. Sicario is a fucking Tupperware. How does this compare to like Heat and stuff like you know movies like that where it's just you know? I liked it more than Heat. Really? Mm-hmm. Heat's one of my favorite like mm-hmm. crime dramas. So yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, that was pretty violent too. Uh, I am excited. Uh, I liked uh, the combination of uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Villeneuve and then uh, Roger Deakins, the cinematographer. They are also going to be teaming up in Blade Runner 2. Awesome. Damn. Shit. So I was not excited for Blade Runner 2. Yeah. Until I found out that news. Cool. Yeah, I have to check that out. So it's all just in the city, just urban kind of warfare, basically gang war. It's, it goes from, it goes from like the U.S. to like, you know, they're, they're near the border too. And then it, then it goes into Mexico. Cool. And they're bouncing in and out of Mexico. It's, it's fucking amazing. Awesome. All right, let's move on, Jay. Let's talk about 99 Homes. 99 Homes. It stars Michael Shannon, Andrew Garfield, and Laura Dern. It's about a father struggles to get back the home that his family was evicted from by working for the greedy real estate broker who's the source of his frustration. Mm. What did you think? What do you think about 99 Homes? Uh, I was totally blown away by this movie. It's it's definitely one of my favorite movies of this year. And it's, it's odd because, you know... From from knowing the subject matter of the movie and seeing the trailers, I was like, I don't really want to see a movie about the housing collapse, you know, or reality, which is basically what it's about. It's about kind of the housing collapse and what happens to people, you know, in that certain scenario when you're being evicted from your home or if you're the evictor um, and kind of how that all came to be and why people are acting in that kind of shady, 
you know, shitty way as a human being towards another human being, you know. And, uh, I, you know, again, like, that's not my subject matter. I don't care. I don't want to watch a movie on that. Uh, so going into it, I was just like, all right, this might be good. I hope the performances are good. And the performances were phenomenal. Uh, Michael Shannon, to me, this was like a, a Denzel Washington training day moment, like brought up training day earlier. For me, this is another one of those moments where it's just like, he plays such a good bad guy. I just have such like respect for his acting at this point because of how well he played the character. The character is a shithead, and it, he's it's almost to the point where you feel empathy for the guy that he is so selfish and uncaring. You kind of hear a backstory about how he got there. You know, he used to sell homes, and now he takes homes away from people. So you have him in the movie who's performance is outstanding and then you have andrew garfield um who i didn't put much stock into as as an actor but i think he was fucking awesome in this as well not as good as michael shannon i think michael shannon stole the show in this film but um to see andrew garfield as a homeowner going through losing his house he's got a kid and just you know kind of the the embarrassment and the humiliation of that happening to you and then what the fuck do i do where do i take my family you know what what am i going to do and what you do do to you know get your family you know to protect your family to house your family and take care of them that's what this also shows it's a really fucking twisted viewpoint on what the american dream is and it's kind of the sickening links that you would go to to obtain what the American dream is called in this movie. So, um, pretty, pretty damn interesting to see Andrew Garfield's character go through that. And then Michael Shannon being this, uh, man, he's, he's, he's a bad dude in it, but he's so uncaring. Like I said, that it's almost like, man, I feel bad for this guy. How did this happen to you? You hmm. know, cause I was buying it the whole time. I wasn't watching his movie. I was like, man, this, this looks like, you know, I've seen this on my own street. People getting all their shit thrown out on the lawn and cops coming and tell them they got to go. I've seen it. So this this movie was – it's hard to watch at times just to see this guy get humiliated and then, you know, kind of take this turn where it's like if you can't beat him, join him, you know. So, yeah, total Tupperware for me. Okay. I, I love this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know what to expect going into this movie. And, uh, I yeah, like you said, Michael Shannon fucking killed it in this yeah. role. He was so damn good. You want to have empathy for him, I guess, at one point, and then you find out he has like a mistress and all this other shit. And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, this yeah. guy's scum. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. And I stopped caring at that point, mm-hmm. but I still love the performance. Yeah. Just, uh, God, I can appreciate a fucking good scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, he was fucking great. Andrew Garfield was good. Mm. He was good. Um, I, 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 I I don't know. I'm trying to think if like I like the scenes of him separately without Shannon because honestly it's like I feel like Shannon stole the show in every scene. Like when when they were together, I didn't think like they I don't think like wow, wow, holy shit, Garfield bouncing off of Shannon. No, it's like Shannon stole the scenes. Yeah. I thought like you had to get Andrew Garfield away from Shannon to appreciate his performance in this movie. I agree. Yeah. And I think like it, it, I don't know. He, he, he did a, he did a really, uh, good, he did a really good job in this film. Um, I, I did not see it going the way it was going to go. I thought he was going to become unhinged and like go after this guy for like revenge and like yeah. try to shoot him. People are going to die. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of like, you know, goes crazy moment, but that, that never happened and, and a lot of scheming and yeah. fucking lying. It's, it's and, one of those movies where I walked out like 
you get so engrossed in, in Michael Shannon's character, even though he's a shithead. Mm-hmm. But you walk out of the theater like feeling like him, and mm-hmm. you know it's just one of the, where you're so into that character that when you move, leave the theater, you're still kind of in his shoes, and so you're walking around, you know, and he's he's puffing on that e cig and shit. Yeah. He's just such a smooth talker and just so like totally, you know, he's very truthful about who he is and what he does. He doesn't see it as a bad thing, right? And he's just real upfront about it, and you know, just like this is what you got to do to survive. And the things he says to him, just real blunt. And you walk out of the theater kind of like, yeah, I kind of feel like that guy. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. But it, he, you really don't leave it thinking too much about Andrew Garfield. It is more about even the ending. It's more about what happens to Michael Shannon than anybody in the film. So totally blown away by his performance, though. Just like Training Day, I think I'm going to watch this over and over again. Just because I enjoyed his performance so much, I would watch it again. I, 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 I'm also going to give it a Tupperware because it's, it's different than any other movie that's out there. I yeah. mean, you don't see this kind of movie being made, and mm-hmm. so I, I appreciate that. You know, uh, the story was uh, it was engaging, and I watched it and I liked it. Laura Dern was good. Yeah, I mean, she was. She was good in this movie good too. As the mom. Yeah, yeah. She had like that moment at the end there, which yeah. was really good. So, um, the weird seeing her in like a mother. Like an yeah. older, like, grandmother role. Yeah. Yeah. Hot grandma. Really, <laughs> really weird. But I also like the, uh, I like the way it was filmed, how it was like, it was real sunny and suburban, mm-hmm. you know? And all this, like, horrible dark shit's happening in this neighborhood. And well, their character at the end of the movie and points that out. The sun's shining. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, very symbolistic of yeah. the whole film. Right. I know the sun is shining, and it's like, I, you can't yeah. tell me it's not shining. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Hey, Frank, let's talk about Mississippi Grind. Yeah. All right, Mississippi Grind. It stars the great Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds, Sienna Miller, and uh, is that Octavia? Who's the other? Viola Davis? Uh, I don't see that in here. I thought she was in there for a second. Mm-mm. Got Yvonne Landry. Let me see that. Get it in here. <laughs> Fucking IMDb. All right, here we go. Oh, no. What's her... Her name's Alfre Woodard? Hmm. I don't know who that is. Huh. She looks She looks a lot like the the actress who is going to be um, uh, Waller in... I'm yeah. Waller. Yeah, she looks like a lot her. like her, doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah. does. In yeah. uh, Suicide Squad. But I was, I was wrong. I thought it was her... Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's see here. So Mississippi Grind, it's about uh, down on his luck and facing financial hardship. Jerry, who played by Ben Mendelsohn, teams up with younger charismatic poker player Curtis, played by Ryan Reynolds, in an attempt to change his luck. The two set off on a road trip through the South with visions of winning back what he's what's been lost. So, uh, Frank, you saw it. I saw it. What did you – what are you going to rate? What did you think about Mississippi Grind? Um First off, the rating. Uh, I, I thought it was a Tupperware, and mostly that's because of how invested I became in the characters. Uh, it really kind of shows more or less. I mean, for me, the story was all about the addiction of gambling and winning and getting one over on somebody, and that becomes their lives. And um, just every time you think that something good's going to happen, it just reality sets in. It goes the other way, and you realize sometimes people don't ever change their stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's uh, at points you think it gets uh, two sides of the same coin, and then uh, are we doing any kind of spoilers with it? No, not uh, really. Okay. I, I mean, what kind of like? Are you? 
towards the end, uh, you get the idea of the guy. No, no, no okay. spoilers on right. this one. Yeah, no, no, gotcha. no, no, no. Because no. you spoil the end of this movie. There's, right. There's, I mean. I get you. There's only two ways this movie can go, and I, I want people to watch it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But like, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but many, and, and several times at every turn, like you think that you know maybe it's going to go somebody's way this yeah. time, and then not, and maybe somebody's going to realize maybe I should stop doing this, and then they don't, or they do. Uh, it, it, there was a lot of back and forth, and really, I felt the emotional struggle mm-hmm. from both characters. Um, dealing with interpersonal relationships and bridges they've burned in the past, uh, you, you really feel sorry for Ben Mendelsohn's character at a lot of turns. Mm-hmm. So uh, just Tupperware, it's not your typical movie like what, what I would watch. There's not like a bunch of explosions or anything. Nobody's trying to kill anyone else. And at first I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know if maybe – that he was somebody who was a hustler who burned somebody who was going to get hustled, but it never became anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just all character-driven all the way. And, I mean, I could even feel some of the stress from these guys, like, trying to dodge the people that they owe the money to. So uh, a, a Tupperware, Tupperware, great writing. Uh, the music was good. The music mm-hmm. was great because uh, they were down Mississippi heading towards New Orleans and just all oh, the fucking blues. It was great. This movie nails – the for every act of the movie it nails the tone of each act i mean that the i don't i, I can't go into the to, like the tones <laughs> of this movie cuz then i spoil it again yeah but i mean when when characters are are up on their luck you are happy for them and then when they're down on their luck and things are going bad you feel bad for them mm-hmm. it's that's what the kind of movie this is i was just going to give this movie a taste it but I'm going to give it a high taste it, hmm. a very high taste it, because of it nails the tone so fucking well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it uh, Ben Mendelsohn's great. Ryan Reynolds is really, really good in this. Really? Yeah. I couldn't believe how good he was in this. He he made me want to be his friend in right. that first act. That mm-hmm. first act, I was just like, holy shit, I need a friend like that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this guy's fucking awesome. And you really the friendship between the two when they when they first meet, man, it's like uh, it's 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 amazing. Like you you believe like these guys are just like they just click. Yeah, they're real tight. They just click yep. from the get go. And you know, like uh, later on in the movie when they see each other uh, later when he comes back into town and he gets him a Woodford. Yep. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like oh man, yeah, yeah, that Woodford moment. Is, <laughs> But like even then, I, well, man, goddammit, I can't say I know, much without spoiling I know, it. I know. it you need to watch this movie. Yeah, there is one thing that I can say that isn't spoilerish, and then there's a one point in the time where they've got a great big bet going on, and yeah. you, you can see the internal struggle of each guy yeah. facing the same thing, and like the the pure addiction to the reality of the situation. But they were okay. I love. It's, oh! it's the same words. You got yeah, one guy yeah, going, yeah. "We can't lose," and yeah. the other guy going, "We can't." Lose. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah. can feel that struggle. But I like I like the, the, the there's the one like when they were talking earlier in the movie and he, uh, you know Ben Mendelsohn they're playing poker Ben mm-hmm. Ben and Ryan are playing poker against yep. each other and mm-hmm. and Ben's like man you're a really hard guy to read and he's like you want to know why I'm hard to read he's like because I don't care if I win or lose right <laughs> nice and 
that, that that's what like I love that about Ryan and the addiction with Ben Mendelsohn's character is so fucking deep. Like they're at right. like the racetrack and they ended up, you know, they end up losing at at the racetrack this one time and he's like, Ben's like wanting to like you know bet again, bet mm-hmm. again, yep. and Ryan's like, no, we're done. We're done. Right. And uh, he's like, uh, okay, okay, um, I bet you that the next guy that walks out of the bathroom, if he's wearing glasses, we, we, we bet again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how fucked up it gets. Right. Like, he's betting that the next guy comes out. So, yeah, if you want to find out if the next guy that comes out of that bathroom is wearing glasses or not, you need to watch Mississippi. <laughs> right. That's going to be that's gonna be grinding right. at people. They're going to be like, what is going on? There was one thing that I thought was fascinating, uh-huh. and, like, from con men, you know, they, they tell bullshit stories – not even yeah. that aren't even true. Just to read the reactions of the people that they're telling it to. Mm-hmm. That's how they can put one over on. They use their own emotions against them. So there's a part where um, Ryan Reynolds uh, finds out that the other guy grabbed his wallet just like the first one did. Didn't steal any money, but just kind of looks him up, to see who he is. Right. So then they have a little bit of a back and forth in the car. Yeah. And everything each guy's saying, it's like watching a verbal chess match because they're trying to watch what they say and not say too much. But what are you trying to say? It's just they go back and forth for a minute. It's just fascinating. Yeah. Because everything is like, okay, so do you, you don't know if this person is really who they are or are they running a game? Are they playing you? Right? And I like how they work. Like he's – like Ben Mendelsohn's character in the car always listens to like these uh, – you know, signs that you can tell, like, if people are bluffing and shit. It's like, a, it's like, like, it's like almost like, like a self-help book or something, uh-huh, yeah. like an audio book, but it's like, it's like, t- uh, t- uh, tells mm-hmm. of people when they're, when they're bluffing yeah. or whatever. It's like a audio CD. Right. Like, Playing with the nose does this, that, and Yes, thing. exactly. Some shoulders indicates this. Yeah, I love how they tied that in, though, from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. It was yeah, kind was of, great. kind of a bookend, mm-hmm. and it really, the, the, the way it bookends, like the last thing that the guy says in the fucking the CD, it relates to that story, mm-hmm. and it was just like, man, this movie it's it is really good, man. I I don't know why I'm not Tupperwareing this film. I, I think I because I think in the second act it kind of dragged a little bit, mm-hmm. and that but but I understand why it did that, and I think they did a really great job with that. But I didn't really appreciate it until later on. Yeah, because not now once. Now I understand that this movie deals with like the, the the emotions of the characters. That's how you are feeling too, right? Like when they're like when they're going through a rough spell, you're like, oh man, this is rough. This is hard to watch. But when they're like elated and happy, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that that's the addiction. It's the high. It's not oh I need yeah, to make so much yeah. money to be able to pay off this debt. Yeah. It's not like one of those straight point A to point B stories. Right. It's the fact that even when you do. You got to get that high again. You yeah. got to get that feeling of getting either getting one over on somebody uh-huh. or winning. You have to right. win. You never know, like if somebody's going to open up a wallet and money's going to be missing, or open a safe and if money's going to be there or not right. going to be there. It's yeah. just one of those movies where you just don't know. It, it's cool. such a good movie. I, I yeah. highly recommend Mississippi Grind. It's even then, good. even the ending felt kind of a little bit like, uh, w- without giving anything away, a little bit like uh, Inception, where it's like it could go one way, it could go the other. Yeah. The story may not be over. It may not be over. So. But yeah, Ben Mendelsohn was great, but I was really surprised by like, I think Ryan Reynolds was kind of a standout performer in this hmm. movie. I thought he was really good in this. Yeah, he he played a very deep character mm-hmm. in by using you know lies and being superficial and just joking and yeah. stuff. Like you said, you wanted to be his friend. I just That's expect Ben. I ex- yeah, you want to be his friend. Yeah, yeah. I just expect Ben Mendelsohn at this point to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I'm a little bit more impressed by Ryan Reynolds in this because I haven't seen him this good in something in a long time. It's been right, right. since fucking I think Adventureland mm-hmm. that I saw him do anything that I really thought he did a great job in. Mm-hmm. I liked him in Adventureland. Yeah. It was a smaller role, but man, I'd love for him to do more movies like this. I Absolutely, mean, as much as I want to see him in Deadpool and, and not stuff that, like that, not that fucking art movie with uh, Helen Mirren. <laughs> that movie, I heard it was shit. I don't know oh, what God. that is. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but yeah, the star opposite Ben Mendelsohn and for you to stay, it's a standout performance. Fucking, I just expect Ben to be great, yeah. and he yeah, was. Ben is great. I just expect him to be great at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason that Ryan Reynolds was a standout performance in this because. He held his own with Ben. Yeah. And the friendship, like, they must have had great chemistry on the fucking set. Mm-hmm. I, I think I Ryan Reynolds is probably, I think, I bet, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is, a, is an easy guy to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he'd be an easy guy to work with in Hollywood. I don't think he's one of these guys that's kind of like an asshole to work with in Hollywood. Yeah. Doesn't seem pompous or anything like that. Just he for- can act pompous in movies and shit, but yeah. I think, like, on the set, I bet everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Seems like it. So. It's unfortunate that Green Lantern just fucking... Yeah. That was a mistake. That was an unfortunate yeah, but at least mistake. I got that wonderful ring. <laughs> to remember it by. To remember it yeah. by. In case you forgot. Yeah, fucking bullshit trinket shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's see here. Uh, moving on. Frank, did you have any good pop, bad pop? Yeah, I uh, got a video game review. It's of uh, Transformers Devastation. Uh, is that that's out? That yeah. is out? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It, it came out at the beginning of the month on October 6th. Shit, man. Okay. Yeah. If, if you Tupperware this fucking thing, it, it means like I got to get it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Okay. But some of the thing is is that sometimes you want a game to be real deep and have all sorts of different options and, like, experience points and weapons and this and that. And other times you just want a game that's fun. Yeah. Um. This game is incredibly fun to play. Uh, it's based off of the first-gen designs. So Optimus looks like Optimus. Megatron looks like Megatron. They're all voiced by the original voice actors from the first-gen cartoon. Frank, Frank Welker. Welker yep. and then Peter Cullen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't remember his name, but Bumblebee's the same guy. Yeah. It's not some fucking radio trying to talk for him and shit. Mm-hmm. And Bumblebee Ugh. even isn't even a Camaro. And it, I hope that don't break your heart. <laughs> no, I drive one. I right. just I don't. I like my my original yeah. Beetle Bug. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not really like a beetle, but he's close in okay. design enough to where it doesn't matter. And the thing is, is that okay? So the gameplay is fun. Playing as them is, is really fun. Like one mm-hmm. of the first bat. Like, can you transform at yes. this? Click of a button. Hold, hold the R1 button and you can transform from robot to car and vice versa. And you can even incorporate that into like different attacks and shit. Like when, when you're driving as your car and you reach top speed, you can press like the melee button and then you'll transform real quick and then punch somebody. Like, ah, I was just going to ask you if you could do that. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Seriously. And then uh, also like when you're doing combos and shit, all of a sudden the little icon will pop up, say press R1 for vehicle attack. Mm-hmm. And then like Bumblebee transforms into his car form and then, like, ram somebody. What playable characters can you choose from? Uh, you got Optimus, Bumblebee, fuck. I know you could play as Grimlock. I didn't get that far in it. Oh, wow. And then, shit, the Lamborghini. God damn it, I can't Sunstreak? remember his name. I don't think that's it. It's a red one. There was a couple. Oh, yeah, there's two of them. There yeah. was Sunstreak and... Fuck. I can't remember. Not Sideswipe. He was one of the Stunticons, right. I but, think. But anyway, I mean, the the character designs are all good. Uh, Soundwave sounds like Soundwave. Uh, the storyline's supposed to be from, like, the Generations 
uh, cartoon, hmm. but I never got into that. And to be honest, I really wasn't paying that much attention to the story. I was just enjoying listening to the characters, you know, speak like they were. Right. Starscream to mouth off to Megatron, Megatron smacking back down. The voice actor for Starscream has passed away. So right. how did they? Did it he was, sound like Starscream? It was close. It was real close. I could tell it wasn't the original guy. Yeah. But it, it was close. Yeah. So, but. Um, like where I felt like the, the game felt a little sh- fell a little short was like the levels. You're playing in a like leveled city, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of you drive through a lot of streets, and then all of a sudden you end up in this great big area that's boxed in by buildings, like you're in a park. Mm-hmm. But I don't know it, it, that just felt a little forced. Like the level design left some stuff to be. It's wanting. not like an open world. You're just kind of like. It, is that what you mean? Or? Well, no, you can ex- access most of it, but I mean, you got a little mini map and it's got a little flashing light about where you're supposed to go and stuff. Right. But like, other boss levels? Yes. Like, you fight the Devastator? Yes. Devastator's yeah. the first fight that you have. Uh, and he's fucking massive. You fight him as Optimus and you get a good sense of the scale. And he because, doesn't look like that piece of shit Devastator no. that we got in <laughs> no. the it, second it Transformers looks movie. Like Devastator. Yeah. You got a lot of piece of shit little, uh, like minion bots that aren't named and stuff that you go through and destroy fodder mm-hmm. and that but um you know whenever you fight somebody big i mean it, it's they, they have a little back and forth conversation before the fight and but whenever you have those fights like i said it's like you enter this great big arena type thing right it, it just it felt a little odd like mm-hmm. it didn't feel very fluid and the story didn't do much but i mean it, it was quite a bit of fun to play as i mean i was spending a bunch of time just Running around as a robot, transforming and then transforming back. I mean that that part alone is just fun. You got special vehicle attacks and shit. There's one super move that you do as Optimus, where his trailer comes out, attaches real quick, and then you whip. Yeah, I wish with it. I wish you could play for, with uh, with more characters though. Yeah, yeah. There's only five. Like you know, like five. let's get Cliff Jumper in there, Wheeljack, Mirage, and. Uh, Ironhide. And I really wish you could do like you could play as the Decepticons too. That'd yeah, be that'd be cool. But yeah. I wonder if Jetfire's in it. Like he's evil at first, and then he joins up with that'd you. That'd be and badass. Shit. That'd be awesome. I haven't got that far, so I mean, I, I put a couple hours into it. It's fun. I mean, I'd say it's definitely at least worth a rental. It's not a full price game. It's like ten bucks off. Mm. Full price is forty nine ninety five. I rented it to play it. Yeah, and it's definitely worth that because it's fun to just drive around, and see these you know designs that we like. Yeah. And they transform in a in like a normal way. They don't. Are make there it people too on the street? No, but there are cars. <laughs> That you could pick up and throw. Okay. But I, I didn't see any humans. Oh, it'd be great ever. if you could just step on people. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Optimus. Just like, like, look like you know, just look like robots fighting with busted ketchup packets all around. <laughs> right. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> be awesome. They got guns, but that's not the primary. You yeah. know, fighting mode. It's a secondary yeah. kind of thing. It, it's good. So it's not, not the great. perfect Transformers game. Still haven't made it yet. No, but it's better than anything else I've seen. It's good. way it's a way better experience than any of the fucking movies. I'll tell yeah. You that. Well, yeah. But might be worth a rental. Yeah. Yeah. The, the character designs are great. I mean, yeah, I've seen the, I've seen like the videos and shit on YouTube of yeah. you know the game, and it looks fucking amazing to me. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a lot of sub menu shit where like you can use healing items, which felt a little too RPG ish mm. to me. I mean, I would have rather this thing just been like a, a straight up just action game instead of trying too hard to be other things too. Right. So, but I mean, the bits that are fun are fun. I just don't know that I drop fifty bucks into it. Yeah. So, yeah taste it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here, Jay. Do you have anything? Uh, I just wanted to bring up real quick. I won't go too far into this, but I, I did watch another movie this this week, um, and it was 
something that came out in 2011 called This Must Be the Place. Um, this was with Sean Penn as the uh, you know the primary actor. Also, uh, Frances McDormand. You've seen her in Fargo, mm-hmm. main, not not the TV show, but the but the uh, movie. Right. She plays his wife. And, you know, it's not really important who the characters are, but the, the movie itself is about mainly about Sean Penn's character. He plays kind of a washed-up 80s new wave rock star, so he looks like Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> so, you know, immediately I was into it because I fucking love The Cure. So I was like, okay, what the, what's, what's he doing with this character? Um, and it's a very intriguing movie. It's, it's not at all what I expected it to be. I thought it would be a little more silly and a little more quirky, but it's actually kind of a sad morose film about depression about uh holding on to your past um you know he's kind of a washed up rock star so he's just like living in a city uh with his wife i I believe they're i believe they're in dublin to start out with and he really doesn't have much going on besides just being like a domesticated person after being this huge rock star domesticated dave domesticated dave (laughs) He's, he, he doesn't know how to handle himself now that he's domesticated. Um, and it just kind of, it, it's kind of, uh, there were, like, he wrote such morose songs that it brings up the fact that two people killed themselves while listening to his music. So it's one of the reasons he retired was because people actually got so sad listening cool. to his music that they killed himself. Um, and he just, yeah, his character itself, he's quirky, he's funny, but he's super duper depressed. And I it, think five people are going to kill themselves after this. Episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he leaves his home, you know, and, and the beginning's mostly about him and his wife, Francis, Francis McDermott, who's awesome in this. She's great. She's great as the wife. You know, oh, you're silly, whatnot. You, you silly 80s pop star, but I love you, you know. And just kind of like what it would be like to live with Robert Smith of The Cure. So that's kind of like the first part of the movie. And then the second part, he, he kind of, it gets really way more serious. He finds out his father is dying. Um, his father was in a concentration camp in World War II. So it gets super serious because then once he finds that out and kind of figures that out about his father, because they didn't really have a close relationship. His father thinks he's weird, you know, and, and they kind of broke apart during this whole rock star thing. So he wants to go reconcile with his father over the past, but his father dies before he even gets there. He finds out he was part of a concentration camp, and then the rest of the movie is about him trying to track down his dad's captor, one of the Nazis that was in the concentration camp. So he's going to different cities, meeting different people, and, you know, in the end, he eventually, you know, runs back into his dad's captor. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, I'm not spoil. I'm not. I'm not spoiling it totally. But he does eventually meet up with his captor, and it's about how he handles that situation as well. But the story itself is it's it's kind of out there. It's kind of weird. It takes all these twists and turns. You know, totally did not expect him to start hunting a Nazi in the middle of this movie. Humping a Nazi? No, hunting. <laughs> oh, hunting. hunting. Yeah. You know, his, it, they, I wouldn't have called the whole humping scene either. <laughs> his home's his home life's very. You know, like the beginning. Like I said, he's like trying to set up this girl with a guy. It's really funny. It's 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 kind of cute in a way, but. As you get through this film and you go through this, the more serious aspects of this guy trying to find himself, like who he is now, and then also letting go of the past at the same time, and how he ultimately lets go of the past at the end. I mean, there's people in his life that think that who he is, like his character, is dead. They see him in real life, and they don't know that that is the same person they knew oh, wow. in the past because he's changed so much. 
And so th- it's kind of a it's a story about how he deals with that and kind of metamorphosizes at the end of this character. It's it's just one of those movies though. In the end, like for me, I I totally loved it because Sean Penn just fucking kills it in this. Every time I think you know oh you know I don't. Sean Penn, like, every time I see one of his movies, I'm like, fucking brilliant. And then I forget about him. You know, he kind of goes out of the limelight. Mm -hmm. And then he does these small films that are just kind of weird, like this one. And it just solidifies, like, man, that guy is a fucking hell of an actor. To play this goth guy wearing fucking lipstick, he teases his hair up, you know, he's wearing earrings. And it it just really, like, he... uh, he has all these little character quirks that he does. He's such a good fucking method actor. So, yeah, totally love this movie. Um, <clears throat> didn't know what to think. My girlfriend was just like, hey, let's just watch this. I was like, fine, whatever, you know. I like Sean Penn. And I absolutely loved it. So total Tupperware on this film. Um, David Burns in it from The Talking Heads. He has a lot of good parts. So if you're kind of, you know... Whether or not you like 80s new wave music or not, you're, you're probably going to like this anyway, but it's just a nice little thing that they put in there. So, um, yeah, Sean Penn's performance got just solidified again how much I fucking love that guy. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last Sean Penn movie that I watched. It's been a while. I didn't watch Milk. I didn't watch the action movie that he came out with just a few years ago. Yeah. Milk was another one that I liked. That I haven't was kinda, seen it. Kind of out there, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he just he blows me away every time he does something. He totally gets into this character, and it's totally the opposite of who he is in real life. And he pulls it off just brilliantly. You'll you'll fall. He's like an Edward Scissorhands. It's it's kind of a more serious, less fantasy take on an Edward Scissorhand type character. Hmm. So yeah, check it check it out. Um, it's on Netflix right now. Okay, uh, I watched uh, last movie and then I am done. I <laughs> too many fucking movies. So many <laughs> movies. But I watched Everest. Oh okay. Um, it stars Jason Clark, Josh Brolin, Jake Gyllenhaal, and John Hawks. Uh, basically about uh, on the morning of uh, May tenth, nineteen ninety six, climbers Jason Clark, Josh Brolin from two expeditions start. Their final ascent toward the summit of Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, uh, with little warning a violent storm strikes the mountain, engulfing the adventurers in one of the fiercest blizzards ever encountered by man. Challenged by the harshest conditions imaginable, the teams must endure blistering winds and freezing temperatures in an epic battle to survive against nearly impossible odds. It's based on a true story. I am going to taste this movie. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an... I don't know. It's... Since it's based on a true story, I don't know. It's it's a good it's a good film, yeah. but I mean, I don't know. There's some parts where it just kind of drags, uh-huh. and um, it's not really an uplifting kind of film. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 a sad story, man. It's like one of those. It's like the like that movie, The Perfect Storm. Right. It's kind of like that, you know. Um, but uh, and I don't know. It was good though. Um, some decent performances in there. I, I don't think every. I think they focused a little too much. I, I think Jason Clark. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I think he was. I think they could have done some better casting there. Josh Brolin has limited role in this. Jake Gyllenhaal very limited role. Yeah. Um, John Hawks is really good in it. I don't know. I, it's there. I didn't watch this in IMAX 3D either. So like when they're like crossing a ladder, right? You know, from like one mountain to a you know one part of the mountain to another part of the mountain, 
I didn't get frightened. Yeah. Now, possibly if I saw this in IMAX or 3D, I would have been like, whoa, shit. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think it would have affected my rating that much. It's still just to taste it. I think this is something that you can just rent and watch at home, like wow. on a, like on a Sunday. I don't think this is anything you have to see in the theaters. Um, it is. I think it's good just to watch because it it, it is kind of a. It's not one of the. I, it's not one of those stories where you like leave like, oh my god, they all made it off the mountain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound like no, it. no. Yeah. I mean, but on the flip side, you know, they're not soccer players eating each other either. Right. But you know they're. It's it's one of those movies where you kind of leave and you're just like, oh shit, that happened, man. Yeah. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> some bad decisions and right. unfortunate events. Without Lemony Snickets, it's not that yeah. fun. Yeah. It's just watching one person die after the other person die. And fuck. <laughs> even even you know even even though it's like that, I mean, I can still appreciate like a like a movie. You know, even if a bunch of bad shits happening, and right? It, it just there were parts where it just kind of like dragged and and um, like the performance with Jason Clark was okay, but it wasn't like that amazing. Yeah. So. And you'd think a movie like Everest would kind of go above and beyond your expectations, you know? Well, they're 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 kind of. I don't know. It depends on like how much they want to embellish. I think they could have made a better movie mm-hmm. had they embellished more and like. And made characters if if they went off of like what the actual events were and what happens, right. that's when maybe it's not as interesting. It's more interesting in a documentary. Mm-hmm. Now, if they embellish and change a few things here and there so that it works better with a Hollywood screenplay and and on movie, then maybe yeah. this. It depends on how how um, how much they paid attention to the actual detail of what like really happened to the actual events. Okay, I think if they would have just. You know, like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, it could have been a better movie. They could have, they could have changed a few things, I suppose. Was it pretty heavy special effects? Like, you know, this is more about the elements than anything else, and then that that kind of took. It's away. hard to tell, like, what was special effect and what was not in this film yeah. because it's snow. Right, right. <laughs> I, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm sure there was a lot of special effects, but it was like it was hard for me to tell because it was snow. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not... Hard to tell the difference between CGI's. Nobody talks about, in Lord of the Rings, like, the the scenes where they're walking in the snow. Right, right. No, True. We know that they did, but yeah. it's not like at the end of the movie everybody was like, wow, those snow effects. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's hard for me to... Yeah. It's hard for me to... Yeah, I'd have to watch, like, a whole, like, fucking, like, behind-the-scenes of... The making of the snow, right? The snow. <laughs> wow. I don't. I, I, I. That's one thing I've not. I can pick out like you know, like CGI fire. Yeah. And and snow's things a like bitch. snows yeah. a bitch. Yeah. I don't. Not really good with the old CGI snow. It yeah. just it all just looks fucking like snow to me. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's white. So did they try and like? You know, typically they'll try and like intertwine some kind of love story. Was there some kind of like love story going on? Well, yeah, on? there was the, the there was actually many love stories in okay. this. Um, the love John Hawk's love of his children, mm-hmm. and the reason you know he's going up on the mountain has to do with them. Each character has their own. You know, even Jason Clark's character has. Uh, a loved one back home, uh, right. a woman that he, you know, he's uh, married or I don't know, engaged. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Josh Brolin is going through like a rough patch with his wife and things like that. That was a really cool part. That part I thought was really cool. The relationship between him and his wife and, mm-hmm. and, um, Josh Brolin's character was really interesting. Um, but, uh, overall it's just a taste that I, I can't narrow it down why it's just a taste. I just didn't leave that movie. I, see, God damn it, guys. I watch so many fucking movies in a year. It's yeah. like, I can't Tupperware and, yeah, I, when you watch so many goddamn movies, like I watched, I, I watched five movies this week. Yeah. Jesus Christ, they're not all going to be Tupperwares. I mean, wh- when you watch as many movies as I do in a fucking year, it's like do you, they really have to stand out. Yeah, and this for movie sure. just didn't do it. It yeah. just, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's nothing. It's nothing amazing. It, it's, it's not that memorable. Um, I will, I might watch it again mm-hmm. just because it's based on a true story. Right, but. But other than that, it's it's just it's just a it's just a taste it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Just performances didn't really stand. Just out. not the best story for an epic movie that it was portrayed to be as. You know? Well, it's not even like an epic story. It's or like, like an a, exciting it's a tragedy. Right, right. I, when epic story, I think of like you know, I don't know somebody you know making it out of there alive, yeah. like, <laughs> getting up and down. Like okay. We all made it off the mountain. Right. No, this is like this is a fucking tra- tragedy. Okay. okay. And I. I don't know. I, it it was okay. Not into tragedies. It was, <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. As long as it doesn't involve me, I don't give a fuck. Right. Right. No, but yeah, nothing really stood out for you mm-hmm. when it should have. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Some good snow CGI though. <laughs> Couldn't even tell. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's computer graphic snow. Yeah. I, I can't tell. I tell him, man. Dumped it in the wind. Yeah. Huh? So Shredded the script and dumped it in the wind. Yeah, that's true. They could have done that. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to make a stew. A pinch of salt and laughter too. A scoop of kids to add the spice. A dash of love to make it nice. And you've got too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Totally just recorded that. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, well, welcome back. Just clear my throat. Yeah. Got to get that beautiful, you know, the voice that everyone expects to hear. And yeah. Loves. You're, you're just empowering your chi. Right. Yeah. Just getting shit out of my throat. <laughs> live. We're doing it live. It's like those guys at the gym that make those horrible sounds when they're like lifting. Yeah, it's is that just what like they that, Frank. Like? <laughs> I don't remember that. Like that. Like that. Frank, have many you many. ever been in a gym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I'm talking like years ago. They're always like, ah! <laughs> Frank's eating a cheeseburger on the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> got no. a shake in one hand. Like You're like Ripley, you know, double fist, then you got a <laughs> shake and a hamburger. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. Uh, yeah, before we jump into news, fuck, here yeah. we fucking go. Jumping right in. I got a fucking rant. All right. Fuck you, sci-fi. Yeah. Fuck you, sci-fi channel. What did sci-fi fucking do? Was Canceled it? fucking Defiance. Oh, no. No season four. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Damn. You did it with Alphas after season two, and now you fucking canceled fucking Defiance. If I wasn't so fucking hungover right now, <laughs> I would fucking yell and rant and scream. Right. Because it pisses me off. And it kind of felt fucking weird, that ending. It felt like they could have ended it there. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a satisfying moment between, you know, Nolan and Arissa and shit. I wanted more. I wanted season four. Fuck you, sci-fi. <laughs> that fucking pisses me off. Yeah. Seriously, I think we, I think, I think we as fans need to bitch at sci-fi. Get on Twitter and fucking let them know what you think about this. Get pissed. Somebody needs, I, I might even start a fucking petition if one hasn't been started. Yeah. You're that goddamn motivator right, right now. <laughs> this is what they've done to you. <sighs> Alright, this is not worthy of the music. <laughs> I just, I'm too hungover to fucking. <laughs> They caught you on an this, this is the worst episode ever of our <laughs> show. It is because oh. I'm just not. All right, we're going to move on to uh, news. Where's the goddamn fucking news? Every here time. Here ye, here ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Back to the Future Day is coming up, October 21st, 2015. It's the day when Marty first traveled to the future from 1985 to 2015 in Back to the Future 2. I, for one, will be in the theater on that day to watch the double feature of Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. They're doing, they're playing it in Champagne. Mm-hmm. I am fucking there. Uh, which brings me to our next news story. Christopher Lloyd would apparently like to make Back to the Future 4. Wow. These are quotes he had with THR recently about Back to the Future 4. It's tough to come up with an idea that contains the excitement of the original three, so it would be a real challenge for the writers to come up with an original Back to the Future story that has the same passion and intensity and excitement as the other three. But it could be done. You never know. Um, okay, so let's consider for a moment that, that he's coming back and the cast is coming back. What about Michael J. Fox? Yeah. So here's what Elliot said. I think regardless of the Parkinson's, he'd probably jump on the role and he'd be great. I can't see doing another sequel without him. I would certainly want Bob Zemeckis directing it, Bob Gale writing it, and the other principals being involved. Guys, thoughts? Reboot. Not reboot. Uh, uh, not reboot. It's not a reboot. But part four mm-hmm. or... Nothing. I don't know that there's anything else we need to see there. I love the originals, but and the first one is the best. But I don't think I need to revisit that. I just watch the old ones. Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool maybe if they did like a bunch of time jumping because I can't think of a single story they need to tell. Like, you know, okay, we're in the future again or we're in the past again. But maybe do something where something got so fucked up where they're going. You know, to like the really distant future, like outer space living kind of thing. To uh, just watch Doctor Who, man. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just watch Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking if they're going to redo it, that would be the story to tell. What I, no, no. What I loved, I'll disagree with you all day on that one. What I loved about Back to the Future was it wasn't about like these, like, like oh, we've changed the past so much that the whole world is going to destroy. 
it was about saving his family. Right. Okay. That's what I fucking loved about Back to the Future. It wasn't like Independence Day where these aliens are going to invade the planet and destroy us. Mm-hmm. No, it was Marty, you've got to save your family. Right. I loved that about it. You know, I mean, it was just like this personal story mm-hmm. between him and his family, brother, sister, mom, dad, even going back to the old West and meeting like his, it's just about family, man. Yeah, yeah. That's what I loved about this. It doesn't have to be some grand thing where he's saving the planet from, you know, imminent doom. Right, right. So I, no movie for me. No movie. Yeah, Done. Uh, for me, Back to the Future 3, it wasn't, even Back to the Future 3 wasn't that great. Right. They, they, they should just end it there. I love the first two, Back to the Future 3, I got major problems with. It was okay, mm-hmm. but end it there. I don't even want to reboot. No remake, no, no reboot, nothing. No, nothing. don't reboot well, it. Well, they can't reboot it. Zemeckis will not let it happen. He said that. While oh he's God. breathing, it won't happen. Now, once he passes away, you know, I'm sure, like, somebody will definitely want to reboot this. Can't but, be. yeah, I, I, for one, I don't want to see a part four. I don't think there's another story. Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah. Marty, it's about your grandkids. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? Do they grow up to be assholes? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my. Yeah. And then so. there's another Biff. Yeah. That's the thing is that's what they would do. It would be all tropey and all fucking callback shit and it would just suck. Yeah. yeah. I love those characters, but yeah, I don't need to I don't need to see him again by any mean shape or form, but Right. Yeah. All right, guys, uh moving on to uh we're going to move on to Marvel news now. Uh-oh. Tons of Marvel news this week. Uh, Breaking Bad actor Brian Cranston told the Supermansions panel at New York City Comic Con that he wanted to play a Marvel supervillain. Later on, he was pressed about who he was, you know, talking about specifically. To which he replied, "Mr. Sinister, mm-hmm. an X-Men villain created by Chris Claremont, who is growing tired of only using." Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants as villains for the team. So he created Mr. Sinister, who was a Victorian-era mad scientist who studies mutant genetics. He battled with the X-Men many times over the years, often with the desire to conduct you know, uh, invasive experiments on members of the hero's team, uh, most notably Cyclops, Jean Grey, and the members of the Summers family. Guys, thoughts on – and you guys would be the perfect ones to ask because I have not watched Breaking Bad. Yeah. You guys would be the ones to ask. Brian Cranston is Mr. Sinister. I, you can love the actor, but I want to know, do you think that he can pull off this character? Do you think this is a good fit? Uh, I personally do not. Um, I love Brian Cranston. Don't get me wrong. I love Mr. Sinister, too. He's one of my favorite ex-villains of all time. I'd say I like him more than fucking Apocalypse, even. Um, but I, I don't I don't see him in that role. Um, he, he could definitely, like, you know, I'm not saying he couldn't act it, um, but as far as him looking the part, I don't, you know, they'd have to do a lot of stuff with him to make him a believable sinister for me. I see somebody younger in the role. I hate to say it, he's too old, but I just see somebody younger in the role playing that character. Um, Cranston, like I said, a great actor, but I don't see him in that role. Nothing's selling me on that. 
they've even done like mock-ups of him as Mr. Sinister. And I it doesn't look good. I don't think it looked very good, no. It seems to me that like from what I've seen, what I liked about him in Breaking Bad is the duality. How he had the nice guy that he tried to pretend to be and then in reality he was actually this like mastermind. And the mastermind bit he could pull off, but I think part of the charm of him comes when he can meld those two together. Um, and Sinister, from what I know of him, and the only experience I've got is from watching the you know '90s cartoon series. Um, Mister Sinister is just intense. He doesn't have any kind of a happy, bubbly side. So no. I don't know that we'd get what we would want out of Cranston with it. No, I feel like it'd be like Patrick Stewart trying to play him, which again, great actor, um, has the fucking chops to play anything he wants to play. But as far as Mr. Sinister and how we know him from the comic books, I just don't, it doesn't work for me at all. I wasn't excited about the news or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I'd be excited about him playing somebody for there's sure. No, there's no news here though. Yeah. This is just him saying, Hey, I'd like to play Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Feels a little forced. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a good fit at all. No. Yeah, this is just him, you know, fantasy casting himself as somebody. Yeah. Cool character. Great choice, but don't see it working very well. Right. Oh, great choice on a villain, just not great, great choice, choice on yeah. Cranston playing. Right. Yeah, I was totally like, oh, that's cool that he likes Mr. Sinister, mm-hmm. for sure. I'd love yeah. to see him in the next film. Yeah, Paul Giamatti really liked the rhino, and we <laughs> right. saw how that worked Look out. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We've talked about Moon Knight, uh, Moon Mm. Knight series on Netflix in the past. Last week, when uh, you know Jake mentioned it, it was not the first time that we've talked about this possibility of a Netflix Moon Knight series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back when the Netflix shows were first announced, we actually talked about what other characters could Netflix use in the future, and Moon Knight was one of the names that we had mentioned. Now we're hearing the rumor that this might just happen from El Miambe of uh, Heroic Hollywood. I, from what I read of this rumor, it sounds real loose. It yeah. doesn't sound like he has anything to back this up at all. No. But, um, I don't know. I, it just sounds like another, like, this is a rumor that they, that he had talked about in the past and coming out of New York Comic Con, it, it sounds like El Miyabe is just bringing up this rumor again. I don't think that there's really any solid evidence saying that they're going to make a Moon Knight series. Yeah. I, th- I think everyone after Daredevil immediately kind of thought of people like The Punisher and Moon Knight as like shoe-ins. Mm-hmm. And the Punisher for sure, but Moon Knight's one of those that I don't, you know, he doesn't have a huge following as far as comic books go. Um, the people that read it love it. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be a great choice for that and everything, but I don't think anything's like, I don't think anything's in the works, you know? It could be. I, maybe they're just putting this, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, maybe they're just putting this, is saying this and seeing what people react to. I don't know. Yeah. He's kind of a stranger character than everything that they're doing right now. Yeah, but uh, Marvel's been doing this. I mean, even in the cinematic universe, they've been they they had Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie that we thought they would never announce. True. Same thing with like an Inhumans movie. I mean, you know, ten years ago, you would have told me that they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy or Inhumans movie. I would have been like, ah, you're nuts. Yeah. yeah. No, they're gonna no, they're gonna stick with the heavy hitters. No, they can't do that. No, Marvel can do no wrong, and these movies are cash cows. And the Netflix series really. it blew up that Daredevil series blew up. So I mean, I can totally see him doing like a Moon Knight Netflix mm-hmm. series. I can see it happening. It's, yeah. It, it's, uh, but just I, I'm just saying that the rumor doesn't seem like it's solid. Like right. there's, it's not like I, I read like oh he's heard from inside sources that this is something that's being. Hell, they can't even get Iron Fist off the ground right, right now. Yeah. They're having a hard time with Iron Fist, let alone casting an Iron Fist. So moving forward, 
with a Moon Knight when you can't even get anything together for this Iron Fist series. I don't see. I just don't see it right now. No, no. That that's all part of their bigger plan is to get Iron Fist in there, and they can't do that right at this point in time. So. I think they're going to see, you know, before they do anything new, I think they're going to see how, you know, Jessica Jones does and and uh, every Luke Cage and everything else they have planned. People were able to watch the very first episode of Jessica Jones at New York City Comic Con, the people that went to that panel. Mm-hmm. Coming out of it, some of the people that I've heard said that it's good mm-hmm. and that they will continue to watch it, of course. But, I mean... One episode of a Netflix series that's available to binge watch. Yeah, they don't have to leave you with a cliffhanger right. for that first episode because right. it's readily available. You can. I like stories that don't rely on that. Mm-hmm. Where you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like with TV, it feels like as you watch it episodically from week to week, there's always that cliffhanger at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you've. We want you to come back next week. Yeah, they got to bait the hook. You've got a maybe you've got a busy schedule next week, but we want you to come back next week. So here's your big cliffhanger. Right. Netflix, no man. Here's thirteen fucking episodes. End of this first fucking episode. You can start the second one right up. You don't need that cliffhanger. It's not that necessary. I think that's good fucking storytelling. Yeah. When you don't rely on that fucking that cliffhanger at the end of the episode. So people are leaving this kind of like, it was good, Mm -hmm. but they're not blown away yet. Right. I wasn't personally blown away until, uh, with the net, the daredevil series, I'd say until like, uh, episode two or three, Three. somewhere around there. Yeah. For me, it was two with that long hallway fight. That's what did it for me too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like the first episode was just like, Oh, that's, that hooked me, but I could just readily watch the, second episode and mm-hmm. it was there and i i love the netflix fucking the way they they do shit yeah I, as long as they have cool characters i think they can get the stories done right and like mm-hmm. you said the cliffhanger stuff kind of bugs me sometimes it takes me out of it i don't want a cliffhanger after every episode i want the story you know i want a continuation so i think with daredevil that was i was like the first episode yeah that's good second episode oh shit mm-hmm. and then you know after that it was like all thumbs up. Yeah. You know, loved everything after that. Netflix is killing it with their model, though. I mean, they really are. I mean, Hulu should take note of this. And that, that, Hulu pisses me off. Yeah. Because Hulu, like, you you pay whatever you pay a month, like eight bucks or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. But then you get commercials. Netflix, no commercials. Right. And I mean, you know, I'm paying the same amount. And the thing is, it's like, Hulu now, you can get it without commercials, but you have to pay an extra $4 for it. Fucking it. Right. Yeah. They've got a no commercial option, but they want you to pay for it. Jesus Christ. But, like, just, you know what? I mean, you're never going to – they want to be Netflix so bad, but, like, they just won't fucking do what Netflix is doing. And their original series are They've taken a lot of chances. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and it's just like when you watch something that is commercial-based, it's – you know, every 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 commercial break, they base that fucking part of the story on when that commercial break's gonna go. Yeah. So you get cliffhanger, right. cliffhanger, cliffhanger. It's like, God damn yeah, it! I just right. want to watch this. And then you got oh, craft craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> right. You know, God damn it! Just show me the episode. And when it's a regular, ep- you're hitting, you're you're stopping the episode altogether, and you're at the store buying craft macaroni and yeah, cheese. Right. 
I want I want that craft macaroni. God yeah. damn it, that got me hungry. Let's go to the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. But it's just when you don't have that, the episodes seem more fluid. Mm, and the right. series as a whole is more fluid. And if they're gonna make a series, make the goddamn thing fluid. Maybe <laughs> maybe if they said, you know what, we're gonna drop the fucking ads altogether, maybe they would get more subscribers by doing that. Absolutely. I had uh, Hulu Plus for a little while, mm-hmm. and I got rid of it very shortly thereafter because it you didn't... think Hulu because you can watch regular Hulu for I, free. I had whatever it was. I no, 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 no. Hold on. You can watch regular free. Hulu for free, mm-hmm. or you can pay like I do uh-huh. for Hulu Plus. Okay. You think if you're paying for Hulu Plus, you would not get the commercials? Well, right, exactly. No, there's What's apparently that? there's Hulu Plus Plus. Right. Double Plus. <laughs> yeah. The private club, VIP. $4 extra. Fuck. So you can supersize your Hulu. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then they will fucking then finally take out the commercials. But honestly, what's the fucking draw there? What does Hulu have that Netflix doesn't that would make me want to watch that? Uh, Hulu has – did they not get Seinfeld Yeah, from I think, Crackle? I think they did, yeah. They got Seinfeld from Crackle. They got uh, they got the Mindy Project there. Um, I mean, they do have some original series. They've got Deadbeat and Casual and some of their original series and stuff like that. But it's like they don't have, like, Tina Fey over there doing right. her shit. I mean, they, they're not Netflix. They want to be Netflix so badly, mm-hmm. but they're not. So, Yep. Netflix yeah, is still my go-to. Absolutely. If, if like somebody like forced my hand and said, you got to choose between one of these, I'd be like Netflix all yeah, day. Yeah, no shit. So the only reason I get Hulu is so I can like – like I watch The Flash on Hulu. I watch like Doctor Who on, Flu- on Hulu and Empire. I watch that on Hulu. I don't know. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff, but it's not worth it in the long yeah. run, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they're going to gouge for commercial free. That's fucked up. Yeah, isn't it? It's big time fucked up. I, I I hope this Moon Knight series does happen though. Moon Knight's a pretty cool character. Yeah, he is. He's definitely one of my favorite like B list guys. I don't think they'll use the classic. I think I don't think that they'll use the classic costume though. Of course, really? I think they'll do kind of like the way Moon Knight looked in the most recent Garth Ennis series. Yeah, with the suit and shit. It's kind of a hood on. Yeah, I, I, he was wearing like a he was like wearing like a white suit, mm-hmm. and it was. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the Garth Ennis series, but I've read other Moon Knight stories that I really do like. Yeah, old school Moon Knight stories are real, real good, real violent too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Quick news: Deadline reports that Mark Ruffalo is signed on to reprise his role as Bruce Banner and the Hulk in mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. So it has been finalized. So we're going to see Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. There he is. I think that's a good thing. Personally, I think it adds some exciting excitement for me as far as the the Thor series go. Like I'm pretty wishy washy on it at this point. What's his role in the film? I I would want him to be the you know like an antagonist. I'd want him to be an issue, but I'm assuming he's going to work with Thor with the you know like I need you for this threat. There's nobody else that can help me on this thing. I think that's what they're going to go with. You think Thor dies in this one? No, okay. I don't think so. Be cool if he died in his own movie. It would be cool, and then we're left with Hulk for the rest of the film. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I see him being in the Infinity Wars for sure. But I'd rather see them going head to head. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think there'll be some kind of reason why they need each other, and that's why he's there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited that Hulk's in it. I'm more excited than just a regular old Thor film, which have kind of been boring. I like the idea that it's an X factor. Like you don't know which way it's going to go. And that there's that possibility. I wish they would have did a bit better job in Age of Ultron of showing 
how he could. You Tupperware Age of Ultron. You have no right to complain <laughs> at all about anything in Age of well, Ultron. I liked it. You Tupperware did. Yeah. You, no, you didn't like it. You loved it. That's what a Tupperware is. Right. Love. Tupperware is like a stamp of love. Right, but you can't say that you can't pick out flaws in any of the movies you've ever Tupperware either. I know, Frank. I'm giving you shit. <laughs> I, you Age of Ultron lovers, yeah. I like to give you shit. I gotta use my uh, you and Michael J. Borelli and great the, big green hand. The rest of you, <laughs> rest of you fucking cool, Kool Aid drinkers out there. But uh, it's gonna be a buddy flick. That's what it will probably be. <laughs> oh, you kidder! Yeah, they're gonna get Shane Black to direct it. Yeah, Hulk, you're such a kidder. Yeah. They're gonna be punching each other in the face the whole time. They're gonna yeah. be palling around and driving around in a Porsche or something. <laughs> Sadly enough, that's probably what's going to happen. No. Oh, I don't know, man. The way they've been going with this shit. So you think it's going to be a Marvel team-up movie? I almost feel like it's going to be like, oh, fun-filled laughs abound with these two guys. Who's the director on this one? I don't know. I don't even know. You get like a giant size set of sunglasses for the whole... I'm sure they, they, they have to have a director attached to this, don't they? I'll look it up. It's, it's definitely not Alan Taylor. He's not no. Alan Taylor. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. He hated it. He fucking hated working with Marvel Studios. Is it Thor Ragnarok? Director. There we go. Man, is that the next time we're going to see fucking look? Uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, who's that? Uh, Taika Waititi. His last name sounds like something I enjoy. <laughs> Whenever I get the chance. He did the mockumentary, We Do It in Shadows. <laughs> I'm sorry, Frank. I just keep thinking of the fucking Jawas. Oh, did he? Oh, shit. He, uh, what did he, it was, what did he do on Green Lantern? Oh, I didn't see that. I think your ring's glowing. <laughs> Where's that? What did you say? Green Lantern? Oh, yeah. Okay, he directed four episodes of Flight of the Concords. Okay. He directed the six episodes of the Super City TV series. He, oh shit, he directed five episodes of the U.S. version of the Inbetweeners, hmm. which the U.S. version tanked on MTV. It was horrible. The British right. version is so much better. Um, what else? Okay, that's what he did directorial, directorially. What did he do as a writer? Shit. What did he do on Green Lantern? I'm dying to know what he did on fucking Green Lantern. Yeah, what the fuck? What did he do on Green Lantern? What did he do? <laughs> what did, what done? did you do? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like dying to know. Like his name is attached to the, the fucking Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film. Like what did he do? Was he one of the... He was a comedian before he was a... Uh... What the fuck? Was he an actor in that? Yeah, he was also an actor, it says. Maybe he acted in that. Let's see. Yeah, this is driving me crazy. Uh, actor. Yeah, he was in Green Lantern. Hmm. He played uh, Tom Kalmaku, I think. Okay. Yeah. He acted in Green Lantern. Okay, that's, that's fine. Now he's making Thor Ragnarok. That's reassuring. <laughs> Flight of the Concords. That's what I mean. It's going to be a fucking buddy film. This is... Marvel is just... Oh, God. If you're going to do another Thor movie, it better be fucking good. It better be good. This one, there hasn't really been a great one yet. So mm -mm. now they're like, well, let's bring the Hulk in. Maybe people will get asses in the seat, which yeah. it will. It will. It'll help. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, Captain America, we got Robert Downey Jr. We got Tony Stark making an appearance in that movie. Yeah. So people like, are like, oh, yeah. Woo. 
Yeah. That's what's going to happen in this one. Oh, man, I, do you think it? I, I'm, I'm more upset about their choices of, of the director. To yeah, be honest, yeah. I mean that's fine. You want to put Hulk in your Thor movie? That's fine. That's cool. Whatever. But right. like, like Marvel has, they are not hiring. I wanted, I wanted to get into this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it now. I'm going to open this up a little bit. Might as well. Marvel. What? Okay. One of the biggest differences between Marvel and and Warner Brothers is that Warner Brothers. No, you know what? I'm going to save it. Okay. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm holding on to this one. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Okay. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later because I'm going to talk about. I'll bring it up in DC News. Okay. But yeah, I'm. That's that's upsetting. This, this, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yeah, there's nothing to be excited about with that. Guys, Marvel's not hiring. They could hire whoever Marvel they want to. Marvel is a fucking machine now. Mm-hmm. They can right. exactly, they can hire who they want to. Yeah. Marvel is a machine. It's not about it's about a, it's a, basically it's a fucking product at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not about making film. It's right. not about it's just about it's all Kevin Feige now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. God damn it. I, I kind of want to get into this. <laughs> Do you think after all the hullabaloo with Ant-Man and all the comments that Josh Whedon has had to say about it after the fact that they just want people that they can kind of control and put yes. around? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing, Frank. Right. I agree. That's, that's, that's what I was getting No, at. no. Yeah. It's upsetting to me. Right. I, I – okay. When I when – I, okay. Think about it this way. Like – Fuck it. I'm, 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 we're talking about it. We're all, okay. I, I'm going to talk about it. This is the difference between Warner Brothers and fucking Marvel Studios. The DC versus the Marvel. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking talk about this shit. Everybody fucking raves about fucking Marvel. Right. All the fucking time. And how, how, oh, DC's only made the one movie, Man of Steel, and it wasn't fucking loved by everyone, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. One fucking movie out. Let's talk about, I don't give a fuck that Marvel's only, Marvel's got 12, 13 movies out, and Warner Brothers only has one. Warner Brothers, is the filmmaker studio. Right. It is. It is a studio made up of filmmakers. And for years, Warner Brothers has had great relationships with prolific directors. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit later about something that they, a very suspect choice that they've made recently. Hmm. But for the most part, they have been a studio that has gotten guys that are filmmakers. Right. Okay. David Ayer, that's a fucking filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins, that's a filmmaker. Zack Snyder, that is a filmmaker. All Marvel Studios has been doing is like, let's get some of these guys in here, then piss them off. Right. Because we're micromanaging them at every turn and not letting them make their movie. Right. And we're just making these fucking Marvel Studios company uh, commercial. It's just don't know. You you can have your name on it, but you are going to do the movie the way we want you to do it. This is our product, and no, Edgar Wright, you cannot do that in our movie. No, Alan Taylor, we are doing this in our movie. No, John Favreau, Iron Man 2 is going to have this and that in the movie. Right. And they are not a filmmaker studio. Warner Brothers gives their directors a lot more freedom to inject their 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 directorial style mm-hmm. into their films because they are a film 
maker studio. Right. Marvel Studios is not that studio. That's why we're seeing this sudden... Fu- and this is true. You can say, oh, Brian, what proof do you fucking have? Well, Ava DuVernay, she came out and told everybody. Uh-huh. The director for Selma, Marvel, I'm sure, didn't want her to like come out and say why she didn't sign on to do Black Panther, but she sure as hell did. She said, well, I have this direction, and Marvel has their direction. Right. And so... I, if I'm going to do the movie, I'm going to do it this way, which yeah. proves that Marvel Studios is not a filmmaker's studio. I per, and you can say, oh Brian, oh, oh Mister, you like, oh you like the directors? Yeah, I follow directors typically. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't follow studios. Yeah. I am not a big fan of like, oh my god, I have to watch everything that uh, insert Paramount here mm-hmm. does. I'm a huge Paramount fan, but I won't watch a Universal film. No. There's certain directors that I follow. Yeah. And yes, Zack Snyder is one of them. But if if I am a if I am a, a legitimate director in Hollywood and I have a studio trying to silence my fucking voice and I'm trying to put my own stamp in this movie, and the only reason Iron Man 3 was made the way it was, as much as I hate that movie, fucking Shane Black. That's Shane Black in that movie, and yeah. that's Robert Downey Jr. in that movie. And the only reason that movie got made the way it was was because of those because of Robert Downey Jr. having so much fucking power at Marvel. True. Yeah. I hate the movie, but you know what? That was a Shane Black movie. Yeah. For them, by them. Yeah. All the themes and everything were there. Christmas time. And you know, it, it, but and it was like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Like you know, he does like the Lethal Weapon stuff. So yeah. it was kind of like Don Chadle and and and. Tony Stark, uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr., kind of like a buddy cop thing. But man, I mean, I, that's my problem with Marvel Studios right now. I got, I, I do have a big problem with uh, them silencing uh, Edgar Wright after the movie that I saw in Ant Man with Peyton Reed, which is just kind of like that is just fucking studio fucking yeah. nothing. I mean, that was just like here's some laughs. It's all just funny fucking shit. Yeah, they're gonna and, team up later. And, training uh, montage. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I follow filmmakers. Yeah. I do. I follow filmmakers. I think that Marvel panders a little bit too too much to the uh comic book crowd. Mm-hmm. And I and I read comic books. But on the flip side, comic books to movies, sometimes you gotta switch things up. In the DC universe, that's why we're getting a different Superman. That's why fucking Paul Kent fucking died in a fucking tornado. Right. Because you've got a, well, you got characters from the golden age of comics. That were just boring. Superman was fucking boring. Yeah. You've got to make that character a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. That's and why you, Batman's in the next one. Exactly. Yeah. And the th- you know you've got to make the, especially like the the character of Lex Luthor with the with the change of him. I mean, you've got to make these characters a little bit more. You got to update these characters a little bit. Yeah. For the movies, you do because. I mean, yeah, comics are one thing, but some of these golden age characters, man, there's flaws in them. Like they're all just fucking boy scouts and yeah. that's why that's why some of the things in Man of Steel like that I I, I actually love the fact that we get to see a struggle within Kal-El and shit. Yeah. He's more human than he would have been if they tried to portray him in mm-hmm. the old school style. Yeah. It wouldn't have fit in. There's nobody like that today. Yeah. Right. And that's that's fine that he's an alien, but he's not Jesus Christ, you mm-hmm. know. He's got his flaws, and I like that. I like that it was more modern. Yeah. 
made it way more interesting. Yeah. I'm so I didn't mean I was going to talk about this when I was going to I was going to bring this this whole fucking Marvel versus DC directorial shit up in DC news cuz it's probably going to come up there again. Okay. But it's like I I I hear a lot of people just say that oh well DC's just got the one movie mm-hmm. and it nope not everybody liked it and Marvel's got all these great movies. I wouldn't say they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I am seeing a sacrifice in the quality of the films over at Marvel because it is not a filmmaker's studio. Yeah. And I follow directors. I don't follow studios. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest letdown, like you said about Ant-Man. That's That was the excitement. We're going to see a different vision. Mm-hmm. We're going to see something different, and they kept saying well, how that. Do you think, how do you think a fucking Edgar Wright feels? Like yeah. he – for years – he fucking wanted this movie to get made the way he wanted it to get made. Yeah, he's one of the reasons it got made. Yeah, if, if <laughs> yeah. not the only reason it got made. Yeah, right. And they just shit on it. Yeah. And what you got was very formulaic, and it was, uh, it was. I think it was the worst of the whole franchise. But we'll, you know what? We'll find out. We'll find out now that fucking Ike Perlmutter is out of the picture. The you know the the writers room they're they're out of the picture. The collective you know yeah you know board or whatever the Marvel board. They're gone, so we'll see. We'll see what the great Kevin Feige is going to do. I think it's going to go here one on two out. Ways. Either it's going to be really, really bad and get a lot worse, or it's going to clear things up and make it better. I don't ever see it being. I don't see it ever being really, really bad. As far as I'll be honest with you, like for me, I could view it as really, really bad. But yeah. on the flip side, these really, really bad movies are going to make really, really lots of money. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Regardless, going to cause them to want to turn even more out. So that's why I'm hoping, like. That's I, you know what like I don't think that the DC movies will ever be universally accepted because I I don't I don't because they're not just making movies for everyone right yeah they're not they I I don't think that Man of Steel was for everyone mm. I agree I'm glad I'm glad that mm-hmm. that's their approach to it yeah that's what makes good movies absolutely in the long run, run look that's back. why people are still talking about fucking how divisive Man of Steel was oh, yeah. and people aren't sitting back and having deep discussions about Age of Ultron right. or Ant-Man. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Let's talk about that complex character that Michael Pena played in Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, no. well, I thought he was pretty funny. No, but I, I could... Yeah, but, like, you know, you can talk about fucking how... What a complex character General Zod was in that movie. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and you can disagree with me and say, oh, he was a shit villain. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. He's a better villain than anything I saw in the Marvel movies, right. except for Loki, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah, I mean, from what I see from Marvel is they're they're basically shitting on their own legacy. Avengers, like, that was the pinnacle. I'm not saying that all Marvel movies are going to be like this, Oh, though. I know. But I know. I'm saying when you're churning out fucking three movies a year, you're bound to get a couple stinkers in there. Yeah, right. I think that they're still going to have some great movies. I still have a lot of hope for Civil War. I liked what the Russo brothers did. But the fl- on the flip side, the Russo brothers are the exact same thing that I'm talking about. They were not filmmakers. Right. These guys are – these guys come from a TV background. That's what Marvel has burnt bridges with real directors like John Favreau and like, you know, these guys, they've burnt bridges. And now so they've got to get guys like the Russo brothers in there and they've yeah. got to get these guys that are fucking like Sony. He's got recently uh, this uh, the the director for the Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. What has he done? I mean, he did like fucking cop car. Cop and car yeah. Some of these. That's about it. It's about it. I yeah. mean, you know, they're, they're not getting established directors. No. So I don't know. We'll talk about it later in DC News. But shit. Yeah. 
All right. That was a nice little discussion. It would have been interesting had Jake been here. Oh, God. Yeah, yes. he'd be defending it, I'm Hell sure. Yeah, he would. But, I mean, one of the things I'm excited to talk about when Batman v Superman comes out is you got a whole bunch of fallout for Superman as a person for everything that happened. And then also how everybody's going to be reacting to him. He's still got feelings and emotions. How's he going to deal with all that shit with some people revering him as a god and other people looking at him like he's like the beginning of the end? Well, that's the thing. It's it's a much deeper conversation than what we're going to have about where's the Infinity War going to go. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And Marvel kind of it kind of traps you in that. It's like, well, I've got to like all these movies so I can get Infinity War. Right. Mm-hmm. I've got to like them. i got to stick with them, support the brand. And I feel like they're doing that more so than... Yeah, keeping the directors interesting and, and making me excited about the next movie. I'm not excited about fucking Thor. I'm not at all. I, I really felt like phase one. I felt like each movie was different. Yeah, for sure. And in phase two, it's been a huge letdown so yep. far. Phase one was pretty successful. It wasn't great, but it was successful. And it kept me interested in the sto- overall story. I, my phase one was my favorite. Yeah. But but I, the newness wore off, and like the reality of like what is happening at Marvel, like kind of set in, yeah. and and uh, you know the way that they've treated some of the directors, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know who was who was the director that they had, Michelle McLaren. She was originally going to do Thor, mm-hmm. the Dark World, and I think didn't she drop off? That's when they got Alan yeah. Taylor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Moving no, on. Taylor hated it. We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this again. Jake's not here, so I'm going to talk about it as much as I can. He'll live tweet the fuck out of me. Yeah, that's fine. No, he, he will never listen to this. <laughs> he stopped listening in the first hour. He'll live tweet that first half hour, and yeah. then he'll be like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> time, time to play, play Lego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> time, time for Lego Dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> Another rousing game of Lego Dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who shit in there, I like though. It's dark, man. That shit's Jesus. dark. <laughs> you guys and your fucking Lego baby bullshit. <laughs> Come on, little bullshit toys. <laughs> Bubble head little babies. Funko Pop fuckers. <laughs> I got some. I haven't bought any more. Fucking My stupid pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> They're fucking dumb. Yeah, hey, man, your Ripley's got something that they don't. You know, the two fists in action. Yeah, you don't even get that with those things. They just stand there staring. Yeah. I, I got a Tyrion. It's smaller than the others. <laughs> All right, guys. Variety is reporting that Fox and Marvel are teaming up to bring TV viewers two new TV shows centered around, uh, centered around the X-Men. Mm. Here's the story from Variety. The comic studio is developing a Hellfire series for Fox Broadcast and uh, Legion cable show for FX, um, which has landed a pilot order Variety has learned. Hmm. Okay, Both projects, based on Marvel's X-Men comics, have X-Men feature Helmer Brian Singer attached as an executive producer. Fargo creator Noah Hawley is writing and exec producing Legion. Fox's Hellfire is set in the late 1960s and follows a young special agent who learns that a power-hungry woman with extraordinary abilities is working with a clandestine society of millionaires known as the Hellfire Club to take over the world. FX's Legion, which is also based on an X-Men character, will tell the story of a troubled young man, David Holler, who may be more human Maybe more than human. Since he was a teenager, David has struggled with mental illness and diagnosed as a schizophrenic. He has been in and out of psychiatric hospitals for years, 
But after a strange encounter with a fellow patient, he's confronted with the possibility that the voices he hears and the visions he sees might be real. This is, in the comics, this is Professor X's son. Yeah. I, I've read some Legion in the X-Men comics, and I read the, I tried to read the most recent Legion comic yeah, book. Solo series, yeah. Which I hear gets better, but it started off really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. Personally, I don't care for the character. That's just me. I know that there are people that love this character. Yeah. But what I do like about half of this news is that Legion is on FX. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that network. They... You know, they, they have some great shows on FX. Now, Fox, the Hellfire series on Fox, I don't have a lot of hope for. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't either. Even but, if it's good, they'll cancel it. But this Legion cable uh, show for FX, even though I'm not a big fan of Legion, just the fact that it's on FX I'm, makes me a little bit more interested in that. Yeah. Um, guys, like, like, what are your thoughts on, like, uh, like Marvel and uh, Fox kind of, like, work, I guess – you know, because Marvel owns the TV rights to the X Men, mm-hmm. so in order to get this done, they had to work with Marvel to get it done. Right. So, what are you guys' thoughts on these uh, X Men TV shows? And uh, guys, these some good good names attached here. I mean, we got executive producers uh, Brian Singer, we got Laura Schuler Donner, we got Simon Kimberg, Jeff Loeb. I mean, this is. Got some names attached to this thing. Too. I like the creative team. Yeah, for sure. Love the creative team. Don't care for the concepts too much. Um, I feel like Legion's been shoved down our throats so many times in the X-Men series since the 90s. That was the first time I remember really reading about him. And he is one of the most powerful mutants out there, but I don't see a whole TV series based around a schizophrenic mutant. Um you know, is it going to be like X Files? Is it going to? I mean, where are they going to go with? It? I've seen some interesting characters this year that I would never think that would work as like your main character, Mister mm-hmm. Robot, for example. Yeah, you're right. You're I'm right just saying, that. like, you know, and I'm not saying like it won't be that quality. I'm not saying yeah. like every show is going to be Mister Robot, yeah. though. But I'm saying like I have seen some interesting characters. That's true. He kind of heard voices too. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. He's not an interesting property for me. It's like, why did you guys choose that? Was that like part of the deal? I don't know. I don't think they want to go with like the main players. You know what I mean? Like these are like fringe characters that would probably not make it to like the cinematic universe. Not like we're going to get like, oh, we're going to get a Gambit movie. We're also going to get a Gambit TV show. They're not going to do the DC Flash TV show, Flash, movie universe. You know what I mean? They're not. Right. I think that they're going to kind of keep this separate and give us like more fringe characters and introduce them. They could, they could, yeah, they could definitely go like the Daredevil route and go dark with somebody like Legion. They could make it kind of a darker film. Uh, well, series. with it being on FX, I think that's where they're going. That might be interesting. FX is the same network that airs American Horror Story, right? And Fargo and and some of those. You know what I mean? That might be interesting. Kind of a Hellblazer almost kind of thing done yeah. right. You know. Yeah. Legion might be interesting in that regard. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that the network is encouraging. Yeah. And then, like, some of the names behind it, like Kenberg and Laura Schuler Donner. Great names. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem with any of those people. Yeah. Um, Hellfire Club, though, I don't I don't see much interest in that property, man. Like, I love the stories where they fight the X-Men, and that's about it. Yeah. I don't care really necessarily about the goings-on of the Hellfire Club. Right. Especially if they're going to do a period, you know, like, in that time period. 
I just don't see it as being all that interesting. You yeah. know, a bunch of evil mutants in a secret society. I don't care. So nothing about that one. And the fact, fact that it's on Fox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How are you going to do a show about bad guys and not be able to really do them justice? How bad can they really be? They're supposed to be really bad. But, you know, again, like even in the comic books, it was never interesting until they actually fought Fought the X-Men. You know what's interesting, though, is, like, we can have this discussion. And you know what? We could be right on. We could be right on point and be like, you know, both of these shows, like, you know, one's got maybe something going for it. When they do the casting, it's crazy because, like, as much as I hate a lot of the things that happen on fucking Gotham, I love Robin Lord Taylor as the Penguin. Yeah. And I love uh, Dude as Bullock. He's fucking great. Yeah. And then also uh, I like the guy that they've got for Enigma. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, so it's like one of – one of these shows could just have like that nail that casting, you know yeah, what I mean? True. And like that's the reason that you're gonna watch from week to week to week, you know? Right. Hopefully the story will be engaging too, you know? It's like I think some of the shit on Flash is fucking silly, yeah. but but I love Tom Cavanaugh and I love Grant Gustin and I, you know what I mean? So that's why I watch. So I mean, we're just basically rating this off of like the properties that they chose. Yeah, we're not totally high on it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sold on the character of Legion leading his own show too, but on the flip side, it's gonna be on the FX network and that's, that's cool. I yeah. like some of the shit that FX has put out. I mean, but why not do like Shatterstar? Yeah. Long shot. Long shot. Why not fucking do a whole series on those guys? Yeah, because I can't see them introducing either one of those no. into the movie universe. But make it an, an incredible, fun fucking sci-fi. Yeah. Like, that was made for TV. That is made for TV. Right. So it's just like the choices, like, they have no weight to them. Yeah. So it's like a safe bet, and maybe they could make something fantastic out of it. Because it is such a low ball kind of move, you know. I don't know if it's a safe bat. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a safe bat that these are going to be. But at least they're not taking something that, that is, is already great and, like, tarnishing it. So yeah. they have, like, you know, like a level playing field to work from. So right. I think that's why they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So now that Fox and Marvel are teaming up uh, and with the rumors that three new movies were in development – uh, for uh, Marvel for the year 2020, which we talked about last episode. Den of Geek, has ran a, they ran a story saying that Fox and Marvel had worked out a deal to bring the Fantastic Four back to Marvel. So they were reporting that the deal was for the TV shows for the movie rights. Mm-hmm. I quickly messaged you guys, and I called bullshit on this rumor. I felt that TV rights for movie rights was straight up fucking stupid, and I still stand by that. I yeah. think that is fucking... And people can... You can talk all goddamn day about how that movie fucking bombed. I know that Fantastic Four bombed mm. and didn't make fucking shit in the box office. But they have seven years to figure this out. They're not going to have a fire sale for the Fantastic Four right now. Right, right. Yeah. They are not just going to be like, oh, shit, we've got to get rid of the property now for two shitty shows. That would be the worst time TV they're vulnerable. TV shows can't make money like Fantastic – you know what? They could make they they could just say, you know what? Fuck it. Our next Fantastic Four movie is going to be ten million dollars. Right? <laughs> they wouldn't do that. <laughs> but they're not going. I don't. They're not just going to give up Fantastic Four for two TV shows. Right. Right. Yeah. It's an important property. It's as, it's as important. How as much X-Men money do you think? Else. How much money do you think two TV shows can make compared to a big budget movie? Yeah. Not that much. No. I mean, I don't even think fractions. Yeah, they make most of their hundreds of thousands, maybe, but they not make millions. most of their money through 
through fucking sponsors and things yep, like yeah. that. Advertising. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not going to give up. It's one of the, you know, it's like I said, it's like X-Men and Avengers. You're not going to give that up as a studio. They're not going to, they're not retarded. Right. <laughs> it's well, a property that's For Legion and Hellfire Club especially. I'm sure that Maybe an X-Men TV series, but not Legion and Hellfire Club. I don't know. Not, that. not even an X-Men TV series. Yeah. They're not, you're not going to, they're not going to give it up for a TV series. Right. I don't even think they're going to give it up until it gets real close to that deadline. I agree. Because right now, I mean, it, it's probably at its lowest value. Closer you get to that, the idea that they're going to make another movie and keep you from getting the property, then it'll be more lucrative for them to sell it off. There's no fire sale with the with the Fantastic Four. I'm not saying that a deal can't get worked out. That 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 they can't do. They can't go the Spider-Man Sony mm-hmm. deal route. Right. I'm saying that the – oh, here, we'll give you two shitty TV shows for your movie rights. Right, yeah. That we're going to make millions off of. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. Two shows that could get canceled any day no and that aren't going to make sh- – like they're not going to – you know what I mean? They're not going to make as much money as like what a possible – Fantastic for, and you can say, "Oh yeah, those movies are shit, and they, they they sucked anyway." And blah blah blah. There's no fire sale. I don't see them giving up the rights. Like, oh, let, okay, let's give up the rights for two TV shows. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. There, I think there's, it's just there's if they want some, there's going to be cash involved, or it's going to be like let's work out a fucking deal like we did with Sony, right? right. Not I, not two TV shows. I think this is kind of them building a relationship more than anything. I don't think anyone really traded much of anything. This is just them building a relationship. Right. right. So it might it's be a good that. thing in the in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've heard the you know the rumors that like like once uh, Apocalypse is over, that's done with the X Men Singer universe. Right. So maybe they are thinking about working with Marvel in the future. Who knows? Yeah. But it's not going to be for two TV shows. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. That's ignorant. <laughs> so as soon as I heard the news, I was just like, okay, that's not happening. Yeah, like you that. called it pretty quick on that. Yep. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right, guys, moving on to uh, DC news. Um, Paul Rubens is going to join Gotham as mm. Penguin's father. Yep. Frank's giving a. <laughs> I, stink face I, I, I've seen Paul Rubens do some stuff before like in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer he was kind of creepy that was 20 years ago well, right but still I mean I don't know I mean it depends on how he's portrayed I, I, I'm kind of curious to see how that'll go I, I uh, absolutely think that this is a brilliant casting really? if you're going to have Penguin's father which I'm not like chomping at the bit to meet that character Yeah. like if you were like if you told me like hey what do you want out of Gotham season 2 my answer wouldn't be like, oh shit, yeah, fucking Penguin's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's make a peewee. <laughs> I have no problem with it. I think Paul Rubens fits into this universe, honestly. If you're, because watch Blow. I mean, he's a, yeah. he's a pretty damn good actor in Blow. Watch Batman Returns. <laughs> he yeah. is Penguin's father <laughs> in Batman Returns. Is he? Yeah. He's Penguin's father in the second Batman movie, the second Tim Burton Batman. He plays Danny DeVito's father? He plays his father, yeah. That's in the opening uh, sequence 
where they're giving the they're putting the baby in the sewer. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, oh, he's already oh. done it. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. He's just Batman reprising re- his role. I haven't watched Batman. Oh, I, I understand yeah. completely. <laughs> I haven't watched that in maybe twenty years. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think he's a good fit. It's kind of that zany. It's like zany and it's dark. Like it doesn't know what the fuck it is. Well, I don't think it needs to be done. I think it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, like if they would have, if they, if I, if there had been an announcement that. There will be no Penguin's father in season two of Gotham. I would have been like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. getting you know, telling me that he's not going to be in there really doesn't shock me. Right. But, yeah, I guess if you're going to cast somebody as Penguin's father, Paul Rubens is a good choice. Yeah. Well, it also means more Penguin, more than likely, you know, deeper into his well, story. Yeah. I, I think it's because now in episode three, have you guys caught up? No, no, I haven't seen episode. I'm, I'm gonna be his mother's been kidnapped. Okay, oh shit, by by the the guy that killed Jerome. Okay, um, I call him Ferdinand because that's who he plays in Orphan Black. <laughs> so, <laughs> You'll never forget. Well, okay, Gallivant, Gallivant. His name's Gallivant in the show. So Gallivant has kidnapped the mother. They don't know where the mother is, where Penguin's mother is. So I think that's why Paul Rubens is gonna okay. come into the series. So. Yeah, maybe he'll try to help Penguin find out where she's at. So she's been kidnapped. Be so. interesting to see. I like Paul Rubens. It, it's not. It's not like getting me excited necessarily for Gotham, but I like him. <laughs> so I think he's a good fit. If you're gonna, yeah. if you have to introduce the Penguin's father in this, I think Paul Rubens is a great casting choice. Yeah, and like I said, they're gonna explore the Penguin more, and that's a good thing mm-hmm. on Gotham. That's true. So. I also wanted to point out that I loved the second episode of Flash season two. Tell us about it. Uh, nah, I, I have to get you get a lot more Jay Garrick. Yeah. Um, and uh, you Flash is being taught by Jay Garrick now, and okay. that was like a big deal for him because, like, in the first season, you know, you had Tom Cavanaugh's character of Harrison Wells teaching him things about you know the speed force and about how to get faster and like he didn't want to learn from jay garrick because of he didn't trust him just like he didn't trust like harrison after what harrison wells betrayed him Mm -hmm. so that was cool um he learned how to throw lightning cool uh what's wrong with that and then uh he fought uh yeah he fought uh, and it came in handy because he fought um what was his name? I can't remember the villain's name. Um, Not Weather Wizard. No, no, no. That was last season. Okay. There was like two Weather Wizards last season. He fought, um, I can't remember, the Sandstorm or some shit. I can't remember the name of this character. Uh, but he's he, a character that can like turn himself into like a like a sand, then sand. Okay. And so when throws lightning at the sand, it turns to glass, Breaks and that's him. how he defeats him. So, I, you know, I... It, you know, I mean, yeah, they did the freak of the week thing this week, but that was fine for this week. I think it made sense because it showed, it showed, it was a way for Jay Garrick to prove to Barry that he can trust him, right? And as to where, like in the first episode, I didn't think that they needed to do the freak of the week. I think they could have held it off. I think we could have done the season without Adam Smasher. A week opening. Yeah, it, it made for a week open. Yeah, so I think I think the freak of the week thing kind of helped out in this episode, and it really did push the story along as to as opposed to last week, where I think that they, it actually detracted away from a lot of things that they haven't touched on. We still, I still, we still haven't gotten much out of like Iris and how she's reacted to the death of Eddie Thawne. Um, at the end of the episode, got a 
really cool. Uh, God, I'll spoil it. Fuck it. Tom it looks like Tom Cavanaugh's back, and oh, cool. And we're looking at uh, the Earth Two and and everything coming into play big time on in the series. Um, and uh, uh, Cisco, they've kind of taken him. They've kind of given him a different role. He's not like Mr. Inventor this season. Mm-hmm. The one thing that he did invent, the boot, didn't work, and that was awesome. But, like, now he's, like, using, like, his vibe abilities. Like, he can actually see things that are happening uh, on Earth, too. Oh, wow. So, kind of interesting. So, I am I still love The Flash, guys. Yeah, I'm going to point out its faults. I don't love everything about it. But, my God, I still, I still love this show. I love The Flash. It's my favorite superhero show on right now i love that they have earth 2 intertwined in that story yeah that's yeah. that's brilliant it's yeah. what it should be it's great it's great um speaking of flash here we go this is the stuff this is the shit i wanted to talk about the director speaking of the flash we have the director for the flash movie for warner brothers now earlier uh you guys heard me talk about how uh, Warner Brothers is the filmmaker studio, mm. and now you, all you motherfuckers that know who they got hired as the director are like, well, fuck you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. Anyway, this, this, this was once rumored to be Chris Lord and Phil Miller, yeah. either directing the film, but they were definitely in talks to write the film. Mm-hmm. So they might, they, it's not guaranteed that they were gonna direct it, but they were definitely in talks to write this film. They dropped out because they're doing a Star Wars anthology film, uh, I think the Han Solo movie. Right. So now Warner Brothers, who prides themselves on being the filmmaker's studio, signs on Seth Graham Smith to write and direct the Flash movie. Now, yeah, I can talk all I want to about them being the filmmaker's studio. And then they fucking do this. This motherfucker right here. Let's look at his body of work here. And I'm just if you're not familiar with Seth Graham Smith, you will be once I tell you lay out his body of work. He wrote the screenplay for Dark Shadows, that mm. awful oh. movie with Johnny Depp. Mm. I saw that. It was bad. He wrote the screenplay for Abraham Lincoln Vampire oh, Hunter. Jesus Christ. And the upcoming, it's not released yet, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's based on the book. He's (laughs) did this screenplay for that. It's coming out. That's a book. It's a book, and now it's he's adapting that book to. He's doing the screenplay, and it's coming out in 2016. This guy sounds like he should be like directing Toxic Avenger next. Well, hold on, guys. Like I did, did all I've named off here is a bunch of screenplays that he's been involved in. Correct? Yes. Okay. They hired him. To not only write The Flash, but also to direct it. His only directorial experience comes from directing two episodes of that wonderful MTV series, The Life and Times of R.J. Berger. That I mean, that oh. show has stuck with me over the years. Yeah. I have no idea what it's about. Changed I've my never life. watched it. What? <laughs> Changed my life. Wow. <laughs> so. That sucks, fuck. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard that before, but all right. Yeah, guys, this is uh, you know, wow. and uh, you know, when I talked earlier about how their studio, I, I think they got themselves, unfortunately, in a Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor oh. Strange situation here. I, I feel like they counted on Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, and what happened was, unfortunately, those guys are doing the Star Wars movie. I, I say unfortunately, but. 
You know what? I, I would. Ra- I honestly, I would rather have them do the Flash movie. I was excited about them. Doing Me too. The Flash. Than doing a Star Wars movie. They were perfect for the Flash. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do in Star Wars. Probably. Yeah. So you know, there's no way to go off of whether these guys would be terrible or not. But you're telling me that there was nobody else in their phone book. That they could have called. <laughs> I know. I know. No, it feels like it feels like they, they they had to get this. They have to get this flash movie going. Everybody else was busy. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, it felt like they were just like shit. We got to make a decision. We got to make a decision. I mean, because like, like look at the studio. I mean, they they have got like. I think they are a filmmaker studio, and you can argue with me that Patty Jenkins only did like Monster, really. But Monster was like critically acclaimed. People, it was good. I liked it, yeah. and uh, got a great performance out of Charlize Theron in that movie. I, I thought Patty Jenkins can get good performances out of the actors that are involved in her in her films. Yeah, uh, you got Patty Jenkins, you got David Ayer, you got Zack Snyder, and James Wan. You know, James Wan with the Saw movies and Fast and Furious. I think he is a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and then you hire Seth Graham Smith to take over Chris Miller and Phil Lord. And this project makes me, it just says, what the fuck are you thinking DC all over it? Like, it makes me want to know like why they went, like, what do they see in this guy after directing two episodes of RJ Berger, the life and times of RJ Berger, and then fucking a horrible dark shadows movie. Yeah. A Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie that I could not get through. Yeah, and some people love it. No, and it then suck, fuck. But it was it was, it, and he wrote the screenplay, so he's writing and directing. So they've like, oh my, this is this is horrible news in my opinion. I feel like they're yeah. I feel like they're just shitting on the Flash. Like they think it's supposed to be some kind of MTV generation film, oh, or were they forced to do? I mean, they tried to get. Two of the hottest names out there, and they were attached to this at one time, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I don't think that they wanted to shit on this originally. No, yeah, no. I think that they were like, holy shit, we've got Phil Lord, we've got Chris Miller. Can you imagine these, the Warner Brothers execs, when they got that phone call from the, from Phil Lord and Chris Miller's reps saying, I'm sorry, the guys can't do the film. Warner Brothers was probably running around the office like chickens with their heads cut off. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? They hit the panic button and somebody's like well seth graham smith he's fucking company man we can get him to do it all right just do it just do it there's nobody else we can't they probably got on the phone can you do hey what do you got going on can can you do this movie for us and and they're like i'm sorry i'm doing this right i'm doing this this is probably when they went down the list when they called like you know what i mean like when uh you're trying try- making that booty call you right. know you're going down your little list yeah and yeah this is the list i'm gonna text them in that's how you got to yeah it. and like sixth on your list yeah <laughs> she's that girl that girl with the fucking lazy eye you know hey, what I mean? can't trust her i'm sorry i'm sorry frank <laughs> no i frank's, I, I, frank's got a lazy I, eye I, I i totally get it though it's yeah. like it's like the chick that you gotta fuck because you can not the one that you really want to exactly <laughs> it's like you know like seriously like you got stood up for the prom this is your, you gotta go with your cousin now and that's <laughs> Oh, That's fucking Seth Graham Smith. You do, know what I mean? Do you think it could just be like a placeholder? Like they level with them, be like, you're not actually going to be doing this, dude, but we got to have a name here. Possibly. Okay, nobody. okay. That does happen. That does happen. Um, we saw that happen with um, the direct, uh, Star Trek Three. Uh, Orsi. Robert Orsi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we thought that he was going to be like writing and directing Star Trek Three, and come to find out it's not him at all. It's right. – uh, it was just it's Justin Lin. Yep. So yeah, 
I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping you're right and they can get somebody else in here to do this Flash movie. What I, God damn it, what I, what I wanted to see, I was so excited when it was Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I hate Lego movie. <laughs> I hate it. That I know. Just is, throw that in there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But on the flip side, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, what they did for 21 and 21, 21 and 22 Jump Street was brilliant. Yeah. And they're fun guys. And I think that they probably had – they're idea guys. And when they have a good idea, they run with it. No pun intended, Flash. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that they would have had like a really good – I think they would have been – they would have had a really good Flash movie. Yeah. And Seth Graham Smith being the writer and director for this movie, I have zero hope for this film now. It's not looking good. No. And people are going to blame Ezra Miller. And it's he's not the fucking problem, people. Right. And if you think that he's the fucking problem in this movie, you're wrong, and you haven't seen him act in anything. So you need to watch The Perks of Being a Wallflower. You need to watch other films that he's been in, and then maybe you'll appreciate him as an actor. It's not Ezra Miller. He's not the problem here. It's the director choice. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's it's. I, I don't know. Like It, it just feels like... Yeah, it feels like they think that this is going to be enough, but at the same time, it's like you're taking something that could have been even better than Man of Steel. The Flash could potentially be better than Man of Steel. You know, it could be it could be up there. And so now it's just like, well, we'll take whatever we can get. And it's like maybe you should just wait. You know, if this is the case, just wait. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's integral to you know whatever story they're trying to tell with Batman, Superman. So. They feel like they have to get this out. So whoever they get, they get. But, yeah, that that's really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, we got to start seeing them actually pump these things out to be able to judge what the end result is. But all these stories that we hear from, like, the, the, the backside of it, they're kind of scary. With, like, how they're Well, DC, with, like, how they're do, they did the script for the Wonder Woman film with so many different writers. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a clear direction. Mm-hmm. It's just it doesn't yeah. seem like it makes very much sense. You would, I, like, and even then, maybe one film I could understand there being a question about it, but it seems like all these different properties, like, they're making some real fucking questionable moves. Either that, or it's going to be real fucking daring, and then when it, all the shit comes out, we're going to be blown away and be like, we can't believe they did it. And I'm hoping that's going to be the case, but I mean, it, it's not sounding that way. No, I'm kind of pre-tossing Flash right now. <laughs> I, I, I am. I, 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 I don't think, like, you know what I mean? You can't make chicken soup out of chicken shit. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they're trying to do here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you I can't guess. take, like, this guy's body of work, you know, Dark Shadows, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, mm-hmm. and um, The Life and Times of R.J. Berger, his directorial. Yeah. Oh, I bet those two episodes are Fucking amazing. And he surely People doesn't. are still talking about that RJ Burger, aren't right. they? And he surely doesn't have the experience to write and direct. That's that's a big load. It is such a, a big, big load. Property. Yeah, for such a big property. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I don't know. Hopefully uh, they'll have a great second, uh, uh, like, second director and, you know what I mean? Because yeah. honestly, like, yeah, hopefully they'll have a great second unit director or something like that and I have some great people. Like, maybe it'll just be, like, a really fun fucking... Group like Ezra Miller's a younger guy. Maybe it'll just be like a fun experience, and they'll have a great time filming. And for maybe this could be a good movie, but I 
don't see it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's kind of like Spider-Man, man. This is important. Yeah. Flash ain't, a, ain't, ain't no joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be done right, man. Yeah. God damn it. I, as much as I want this movie to be good, because Flash is my favorite DC character, mm. as much as I want this movie to be good, I think this movie is going to... I think it's going to disappoint me. Yeah. So... Yeah, and hot off the heels of uh, Batman Superman, you've got a lot to live up to after that. Yeah, so well, we don't know what we have with. That's true. That's true. Stop it. That's true. God damn it! (laughs) I know. I know, Jay. I know you love those trailers. You are a Kool Aid. You are a DC drinking Kool Aid. You do. Yeah, and you are sold. You are sold on everything you've seen in every trailer for Batman v Superman. Absolutely, you love love Ben Affleck. As Batman, you love Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, you love it all, Jay. Yep. But I think you jumped the gun a little bit. Man, we'll see. You need to you need to slow your roll. <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm keeping my fingers I'm saying, crossed. No, I I, I want shit. this movie to blow up. Yeah. I want this to be a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. I do. But I mean, we we do only have one movie to go off of. Yeah. And I don't want to jump the gun. I mean, for people to say like Ben Affleck is going to be be able to pull off what no other actor has been able to pull off. True. Christian Bale, unanimously among fans, is not everyone's favorite Batman. Yeah. Michael Keaton is not everyone's favorite Batman and slash Bruce Wayne. Right. And for people to think that fucking Ben Affleck, who I don't think is half the actor of Michael Keaton or Christian Bale, Mm -hmm. can he can do it? Right. That's asinine. Well, it's also it's stupid. But it's also Zack Snyder. It's not just it's not just Ben Affleck that makes this something that's exciting. You know, it's also Zack Snyder for me. So okay, so you're saying that Zack Snyder can make chicken soup out of chicken shit? Yeah, he he make. I, I don't hate anything he's done ever. I don't like hate any of. Big it. fan of Sucker Punch. I'm not a huge fan of Sucker. Well, then don't tell me that you don't like that but, you like everything he's done. Hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Sucker Punch is awful. Visually, it's amazing, but that story is shit. Right, right, and that's I don't like Sucker Punch. I don't know. I just to me, it's like the combination of everything. I'm not basing this all on Ben Affleck for any any means. No, I think not at all. I'll be honest with you. When Jake's here, he's got Marvel colored glasses on. <laughs> And when you're here, you've got DC colored glasses. Well, on. this is the only DC I have to talk about. And I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to keep shit real. Yeah, no, I'm trying to keep shit real. I understand, but yeah, just for me, just seeing the trailers, I love the trailers. So I have faith in it. Trailers get me excited. I still have doubts in all the cast. Trailers can hide a lot of faults within the actual film. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. I can show you really cool scenes of Ben Affleck looking badass as Batman. It doesn't mean that when you watch the movie, the performance is going to be good. No, oh, I agree. I, I I absolutely agree. But to me, like this is like seeing Star Wars trailers. I'm excited about this, just like I'm excited about Star Wars I because ex- of the trailers. I am excited yeah. too, but I'm not going to. I am not drinking the Kool Aid yet. Yeah, I have that's to, fine. I gotta be. I gotta see to believe. Yeah. And no, I so, get you. I don't know. I hope Ben Affleck can pull it off, but for. I, I think it's a little bit of wishful thinking to think that Ben Affleck's going to be able to pull off what Christian Bale and Michael Keaton couldn't do. Hey, Christian Bale's my Come Batman. On. You know, he's still my Batman. He, so. Well, you, 
He but does say, have a I'm lot saying, to live up I'm to. I'm saying unanimously. Right. Although, although a lot like, of people had questions about you know Heath Ledger being the Joker before too. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, but not everybody so even likes Heath Ledger's Joker. Well, right. True yeah. that. Yeah. It's true. There's people out there that they're like, I hate Hobo Joker. I like the '66 Joker. That's There's true. There's people that say that. Yes. There's people that love the Nicholson Joker overall. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's never been a unanimous Batman. And I don't think that we're going to have that here either. There's going to be somebody that hates it. Absolutely. Somebody's yeah. going to hate it yeah. somewhere. I may come out of this thing being like, oh, my God, I liked him as Bruce Wayne. I hated him as Batman or, yeah. or vice versa. Or I might just be like, oh, God, he shit the bed with both of them. What the fuck? <laughs> but I can't I, – yeah, I don't think I'm going to leave like – Man of Steel and just blown away by a Ben Affleck performance. Come on, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> Come on, think about it. No, seriously. Like, what Ben Affleck, like, do you leave Ben Affleck movies just like, holy shit, what a performance by Ben Affleck? Mm. Not it, even maybe Argo. if you, maybe no, if you watch yeah. two movies, Argo, but not if like, you watch oh two God. movies a year and you've got, like, if you had sudden brain damage, maybe then you would <laughs> leave the theater and be like, wow. <laughs> brain damage. You know what I mean? Like, the other movie that you watched was like, uh, fucking like, you know, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and yeah. then you watched like a Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> Fuck. But like, you know, two weeks before that, you got hit by a semi. Yeah. You know, maybe after that, you'd be like, wow. Man, Ben Affleck, he's the actor of my generation. Right. Yeah. Just be realistic here. Yeah. I mean, you, you could say, like, he's a good actor. There's nothing wrong with saying he's a good actor. But, like, to put him in, like, the, like, like, oh, my God. He's, like, we got Tom Hanks. We got, you know, like, fucking Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, and, and and you can also say like oh Brian like this okay we're not talking about we're not talking about a movie that's going to be like considered for the Oscars here you're talking about Batman v Superman right well still I'm still talking about Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and Christian Bale yeah. two actors that are head and shoulders way better than Ben Affleck and an important character I'm being I'm just trying to be real with this oh yeah I hear you I'm sick of people just drinking fucking Kool Aid and just like honestly you know I mean I, yeah the trailers look great yeah I think so. I think so. Yeah. That's all I'm basing it I hate, of. No, I just hate, I, you know, that's me. I like and the, Zack Snyder. I just like the shit in people's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like, I, Jay, I see, like, like you're like, uh, basically, it's in Crimson Peak. You're the, you're yeah. the pretty little butterfly on right. the black moth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. I I'm, mean, I'm such a dick, man. No, I, t- I, no, I should just let you just love your, love your little, drink your little DC Kool-Aid, your Warner Brothers Kool-Aid. It's fine, man. It's fine. I'm just saying, I'm just saying everything I saw from the trailers mm-hmm. was good. That's yeah. it. No, I get it. I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be I groundbreaking. I know. <laughs> it might suck fucking shit. It's hope, man. I hope yeah. too. I was I glad do. there was less than five seconds of Gal Gadot in the trailers. I oh, like geez. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Really? I thought oh. she was awesome in the trailers. Guys, I, I, don't know enough about Gal Gadot to, to go one way or the other. I I don't have a problem with what I've seen with her, but yeah, it's it's kind of like a freeze it for me. Like, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? I just got to see what she does. Yeah, it's hard I to think say. the costume looks great. Yeah, yeah, the costume looks good. I'm just I'm just more I am more behind Zack Snyder's vision. That that's my main deal. Like I I do have hope in Zack Snyder. I, I do too. Do have hope in his artistic vision in this and I think it's going to be a cool comic book movie. I think Zack Snyder's more talented than any director that Marvel's had underneath them. Exactly. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. He is a filmmaker. Well, if you want somebody to have control of the directors who should have it, studios fuck it up. Mhm. Yeah, no. I agree. Yeah. 
And Warner Brothers is known for having deep relationships with certain directors, mm-hmm. and they use those directors and uh, for a lot of their films. And Nolan, yeah, good. No, I, like Jay, if we're going to talk about. If people are going to talk about you know studios versus studios, and I don't care, you can pull out the entire twelve, thirteen Marvel movies, mm-hmm. and then put it up against Man of Steel. I will tell you every fucking time that Warner Brothers is a filmmaker studio. Yeah, for sure. And I do think it's a little crazy to like give control to one guy and Kevin Feige over at Marvel, and yeah. especially with what I've been seeing from that. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with like movies like Ant Man and the Wasp that have had like no, you know, uh, Ike Perlmutter say. Yeah. And well, and my my biggest thing with like Feige is like I I don't have like clear evidence as to what he's contributed to over. The studios, besides wanting to spend more money, yeah, he's never come out and said, "Well, this was my idea, and they tried to fight it," or "This was my idea, and they tried to fight it." There's no examples of any of that. It's just a usurper taking control of the thing of the situation because he wants more money and power. That could be clearly the case, mm-hmm. or it could be he, because he gives a fuck about it. I don't really think he gives a fuck about it. To be quite honest, oh, I do. He's a comic book guy. I don't know, man. He's a comic book guy. If I don't get clear examples as to, like, I did this, and that's why it's good, or, you know, I prevented them from doing that, I haven't heard any of the any examples of why they've interfered besides money. Nothing else. No matter how good he is, in any entertainment medium, be it movies or video games, anytime you start churning them out, like, at the rate at which we're about ready to start get them, getting them, you're going to start sacrificing the quality, yeah. especially when you hinge so much of the responsibility upon one man. Right. Because no matter how good he is, he's going to be starting to get spread thin. Mm-hmm. In phase one, we didn't have anywhere near the frequency of these releases. So each one was like a sterling example of what could be. Now... Uh, like especially what I saw with Ant-Man, you're starting to get the formulaic, well, this don't make sense, and they just slap this in here because they thought it would work. And that's what you're going to start getting, a lot of things that people slap in because mm-hmm. they don't have time to really think it out and make it make sense or make it really interesting just so they can hit that release date. You know, we've had we've had the discussion of like, you know, um, like, oh, who is who is Warner Brothers' uh, Kevin Feige? Mm-hmm. Like you have to have that now. Yeah. Like, like, let's go back. I mean, that's, uh, do you, do you want that? Do you like want one guy in control of like your whole universe? I mean, do you need that one guy to be like, to keep the universe cohesive or, or do you just say, you know what? Let's have faith in our filmmakers. We're a movie studio. Let's hire guys that make good movies and let's see what their vision is. Let's have happy directors that are that want to work for us as opposed to like okay holy shit joss whedon cannot wait to leave marvel after age of ultron john favreau gets shit on alan taylor says i that's the last time i'm gonna work with marvel i'm gonna take my talents and make terminator genesis <laughs> oh fuck maybe that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> fucked with his head <laughs> You know, but like I don't know, man. Yeah, well, look what happened with Lucas, man. Even Star Wars, yeah, it's fallible. You can fuck it up. The guy that created it fucked it up. That's true. (laughs) Good point. point. Jake wouldn't say that, but he fucked it up. Well, Jake's not here. Yeah, that's what happens. He did fuck it up. He did fuck it up. You need other voices, so it helps have people to tell you, no, that's stupid. I got. You know what? We're gonna move. You know what? We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back to Star Wars moves. Moves. 
Uh, my new favorite character, Darth Moo. <laughs> She's Cut got that like, bitch in half. Give me some beef. Got like six little lightsaber titties. <laughs> Milk me, Luke. <laughs> no! Moo! I am not your father. <laughs> Darth Moo. <laughs> Darth Moo. Uh, the tip utter, him over. The uh, udder is strong with this one. The udder? Oh, uh, yeah. Udder one. There is an udder. There is an udder. <laughs> nice. All right. You know, uh, oh, shit. I was going to ask you guys a question. Oh, okay. My question to you is, uh, think about this. We'll answer this question when we come back with Star Wars news, but think about this. Um, is Star Wars The Force Awakens going to be better than, if not better than prequels, will it be better than any of the other, will it be better than any of the other movies in the original trilogy? Hmm. I mean, if it, and, and let me ask you this, if it is better than Return of the Jedi, is it a success? Okay. So think about that. We'll come back. We'll answer that when we come back with Star Wars news. Stupid fuckers. <laughs> God <laughs> son of a bitch. Welcome back, you stupid assholes. God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck? I used to like your show, and then Brian called me an asshole. <laughs> Not cool, man. Yeah. Not cool at all. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> this is going to be like the least downloaded <laughs> ever. Personally attacked me later on. Right. <laughs> Holy f- I enjoyed the heated discussion until he called me a fucking asshole. <laughs> heated like shit. <laughs> Hot shit. Rub it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> War paint. Oh my gosh. War paint. Oh shit. All right, guys. It is now time uh, for Star Wars news. Go. Oh. What are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right. <laughs> That's not true. All right, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you stupid fuck. That's a yeah, Dude, who treats their audience that way? Yeah, we're just taking our other aggressions. What is them. wrong with me? <laughs> These are like people that like, you know, like people like. Oh yeah, we ask them at the end of the show, like every week. Hey, click like on Facebook, follow yeah. us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter, and like us, and send us emails, them. and like here I am. Yeah, I'm like you're assholes. That's your thing. That's mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nice. Why you gotta be so mean? Yeah, what is wrong with me? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm right there with you. you. I mean, you shouldn't do that. Don't motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> who's, 
Who's running the show anymore? That's mean. We're just mean. That was mean. That was mean. Yeah. I mean, you know, these people they can come back week after week and take it. They can too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your balls? Take it before you make it, motherfuckers. That's gonna be on a T-shirt. Take it before you make it. How to succeed at life. <laughs> All right, guys. Not a lot for Star Wars news this week. Really, actually, I'm not going to talk about any news that came out this week. I just want to talk about Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Season 2, Episode 1. Mm. I mean, started off uh, this year. Uh, we didn't get – it wasn't uh, proper Season 2. It was the Siege of Lothal. It was the hour-long special that they had a few months ago, which we had Darth Vader in it. We saw the, re- the return of uh, Ahsoka. Yes. Uh, that was great. Uh, and and I also wanted to point out – in the I talked to you and Jake about this on the porch a few weeks ago, that Siege of Lothal uh, episode, how uh, they visited the Spice Mines of Kessel, yeah. which once I – I, I, I heard, you know, I remember them going to the Spice Man's Castle, and then I was just like, I remember I was watching A New Hope the other day, and like at the beginning of A New Hope, C3PO says, like, oh, if we get caught, they'll send us to the Spice Mines of Kessel. Right. And I was just like, holy shit, I can't believe that they kind of like worked that into an episode of Rebels. And oh, I thought yeah. that was so cool. It was yeah. kind of like, like the movie actually had an Easter egg before the episode. Right. Oh, so, fun. Yeah. It was always something that stuck out. I was was glad they included it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so in the Siege of Lothal, we learned that the crew, they learned that they're not the only ones that are plotting against the Empire. And they kind of like at that point, they kind of teamed up with uh, uh, Ahsoka, um, who you'll remember from the Clone Wars is um, uh, Anakin's Padawan. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, so in this episode... Ahsoka, she basically tells them that she wants them to, if they if they if if they need more people to fight in this rebellion, that they need that they need more allies, right? And she knows of some allies, but she doesn't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Ezra's like, "Oh, we can find them. We can find them." So while they are sent to locate these allies, that she. Basically, and she lays it on pretty thick to Kanan. She's like, you can trust them. Right. And he's like, okay. And she's like, no, when you meet them, you can trust them. And then she says that she is going to search for some more answers Mm -hmm. for some questions that are bothering her. So she's got her own story arc that we'll probably see in a separate episode. What do you guys think? Like, number one, when she said that there's other questions that need to be answered – do you think that she kind of is trying to figure out what happened to Anakin yeah. and that maybe he is Vader? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I took that away number one. So we sure. can it's safe to assume that if she does find out that Anakin is Vader, she'll die, right? I mean that has to happen, right? It has to happen at some point. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're immediately leading up to yeah. necessarily. But she also doesn't really want to like give that away either. Like she seems to be keeping that close to the chest that he might yeah. be Anakin for some reason or another. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what her motives. Well, are. I don't even know if she knows it. She doesn't know it for I, sure. Yeah, but I think there, there's questions. Yeah, and that's why she said that. That's yeah. Um, do so, you think that some of it had would have to do with the fact that like if somebody found out that her former master is the, <laughs> the leader of all evil, that she might go ahead and follow him instead? 
Or that she's a problem being on the team to begin with. Maybe they wouldn't want to work with her. I don't know what her motive. I don't know why she kind of. I don't know. It seemed like she kind of, she her felt master. it. Right. It seemed like she felt it and was like, I don't really want to tell these guys necessarily. Well, it's, what. it's her master. And I mean, I think she would probably want to try to bring him back right. first. That right. would be her first thing is try to bring him back from this. Like, mm-hmm. and we know that she, if she tries, that she fails because like ultimately Luke is the only one that can do that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But I I definitely, I don't know what questions she's got rattling around in her brain, but I do think that it has to do with Vader. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, the other characters, uh, so now we've got, you know, Zeb and uh, uh, Hera and mm-hmm. Sabine and and uh, Ezra, Chopper. Um, Chopper is funny. Like, you know why they call him Chopper? Mm-mm. His, like, you know, like R2-D2 right. and C-3PO, his numbers are C-1 and then a hyphen, 1. No, yeah, C-1 hyphen 1 O-P. So it looks like Chop. So it looks like Chop when yeah. it's all spelled out like that. So they call him Chopper. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, I love Chopper. Chopper's great. Chopper's great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, like, they... Star Wars for some reason just kills it with the droids. Like yeah. even BB-8, you know, we ta- I was talking shit about him earlier, but he is a very cool design. I, I like BB-8. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. They're always some kind. Of, yeah, they always make him a central part of the storytelling. So yeah, yeah it, the Chopper is definitely the case in the series too. Yeah, I like Chopper. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got and Kanan and Ezra and all these characters. So they're all in this crew, and they're like. They they want to uh, they're 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 trying to track down uh, who uh, Ahsoka says is going to be you know pretty good allies for him right and we find out um, why she told Kanan to trust these guys it's because when you finally when they finally do go to this planet and find them we find out that these three guys are clones right. And, well, there are characters from the Clone Wars. We've mm-hmm. got Commander Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. Um, and if you wondered, like, why Kanan was reacting the way he did, well, if you're reading uh, Kanan, the last panel out in the Marvel Comics book, when Order 66 is given, the clones that he had actually been, like, he would actually, you know, they fought side by side with these clones. They ate with these clones. They talked with these clones. They were like friends. Right. And... They killed his master as soon as Order 66 was given, like right in front of him yeah. when he was a child. So he hates these clones. Well, mm-hmm. come to find out, like, you know, Commander Rex, Gregor, and Wolf, they, they, they had removed the mind control chip mm-hmm. before Order 66 was given, so they did not kill any of the Jedi. Um, what did you guys, you, you didn't see it, Frank. No. Yeah. Now, Jay, what did you think about this episode? Did you watch all of season one? Uh, no, I did okay. not. Not all of it, but I, you know, I wanted to make sure I watched this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I loved the whole clone story to begin with. So I'm yeah. glad that they incorporated that back in and to have these guys that are like, well, yeah, we took the chip out. We didn't have anything to do with it. I thought that was interesting. I, you know, and of course seeing Ahsoka back and all that stuff and, and, I definitely, definitely like the whole, you know, that they're going with the Vader story for this season. It, it, that's what it seems like. Maybe they won't explore it too. I think it's kind of like a side thing too, yeah. because I think um, I, I, we still haven't been introduced to the seventh sister, right? Um, and then the the other Inquisitor yet, right? So, 
Um, I think. Which they are sending out more Inquisitors from what I understand. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I enjoyed it. I liked it, definitely, you know. Yeah. I don't know how Dave Vader can be, like, like, the prominent villain in this because we know what happens to him in the canon of the stories. Right. So it, you, I think you have to have other villains He's kind of just going to kind of be in the background, and and maybe the, I think that they'll use him to finish the Ahsoka story. Yeah, I, so that's the whole point of this is what what I picked up, and then they're they're building on the fact that these, you know, the Phoenix Squadron has to join with the Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. in order to get anything done. Otherwise, they're on their own, right? Because we already saw Vader in the Siege of Lothal, yeah. basically take on their entire fleet. Right. <laughs> and wreck the shit out of it, yeah. which was also awesome. Can Rebels end well? We'll talk about the rest of the episode here in a second, but can Rebels <sighs> can Rebels end well? No, I mean, we're going to see death of major characters. We have to. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, do, do, do any of these characters make it out, out alive? I mean, like, it's a, it's a kid's show, but, yeah. like, we know, like, the canon of the movies and... These characters don't come into play. It seems like a, it seems like a series for the bad guy. It mm. seems like this is going to set up the bad guy as the bad guy. Right. That's the whole point of Clone Wars. That's the whole point of Rebels is to really solidify what the Empire did to get where it is. So you're telling me the last episode of Rebels is just like we're looking at gravestones? Uh, I don't know, man. I, so I'm asking, man. I don't know. I mean, because I can't see them just, like, all sitting around at a table and enjoying, like, a a meal together and being happy. Yeah, and I don't know where this is going to connect Mm -hmm. with the characters we know from the movies. I don't know where that's going to happen. We've seen a little bit of connection with that. I mean, we had Lando in last season, but, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, you've got, you know, Kanan, right? He's, like, one of the last Jedis. You've got Ezra, who's Force-sensitive. So they've got to go. I mean, and, and Vader knows who they are at this point. You have Ahsoka. She's got to go at some point unless she miraculously Yeah, but this survived. is a Disney kids show. Yeah. I mean, hey, kids, we're going to kill off these characters you've come to know and love. Man. I mean, it's got to end with... I, I think there's yeah, a, I know. It's fucked up, right? Do you think there's any chance that they could either just, like, not? I don't want to say go missing, but, like eventually pop up here or there somewhere in some of these films that come up. Maybe not as, like, main characters, but just here and there. Mm, I, I I think, like, I've mentioned on the show, like, maybe we'll see, like, uh, on, like, on, like, maybe on, like, Jakku or another planet where, like, we'll see some droids being sold by, you know, one of, like, the street peddlers, and we'll see, like, Chopper. Yeah. And it'll just be like an Easter egg. Right, yeah. And that's so it. simple. I, I, I don't see them, like, introducing, like, Ezra into, like, you know, like, Max von Sydow's character all of a sudden is Ezra or right, something, right. you know? I mean, I'd be blown away if that were the case. But I don't think they'll do it. I, um, you know, I would like to see, like, a live action, what, what is, uh, Zeb's race called? Like, Lassen or Lassar or something. I can't remember. But, like, I'd love to see, like, a live-action, like, Zeb character on the screen. I don't think we'll see that stuff. I don't think... I think this is kind of, like, a separate thing. And I think what they'll do is continue to do, like, what they've been doing and is pull, like, like Lando into Mm -hmm. that. And that'll be their connection to the Star Wars universe. I don't think The Force Awakens is going to be like, oh, yeah, let's incorporate some of this uh, Rebel stuff into our movie. I guess I was If it is, it's, like, Easter eggs. Yeah, I wasn't more or less thinking, like, the main series, but maybe some of the anthology films? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
But yeah, I don't see them killing them off just because of the fact that it is a Disney XD show. Yeah, but how can they stay alive? Right. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Know. It's, it's a good They question. kill people off. I mean, they do kill people off. Sure. In Clone Wars and Rebels. Right. So right. I, I, I could totally see them doing it. Right. I just don't know how it's going to connect. Are they are they going to do with all, do away with all the clone? Like, where is this clone stories going? First of all, like these three clones. That, that's an interesting fact. Like, where did the clones go after they've served as stormtroopers and they've defected? What mm-hmm. happens? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I love the fact that they're in this too because that that was an interesting thing. Seeing all the clones get their own individuality and kind of deciding things for themselves. Yeah, and that's probably why the Empire stopped using them as well. You know, you went from the droid, the droid fighters to the fucking clone troopers. And now you have them defecting, so it's like, where do they go? They only go to people that really want to join the Empire. So that, that'll be interesting, too, to see what happens mm-hmm. with them. Uh, overall, I, I loved the episode. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I yeah. love the whole uh, the scene where they use Zeb as bait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that huge sandworm they called mm. the, the Jupa. Yeah. And it's they, almost like a dune sandworm. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. Like dune. Or like tremors, yeah, and shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah shit. tremors. <laughs> so basically, what they did was like they basically put him out as bait, <laughs> like he's like like a worm on a hook, Fuck. so that this sandworm, the jupa, can come out and swallow him up, and then they try to re- once they once they kill the jupa, then they can that's going to feed him for the whole year, and so yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like a whale, almost. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I thought it was a fun story, though. I fucking love it, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love, I love this show. It is so good. It's never, really I've good. never been disappointed by Rebels so far. Yeah. Nothing, no episode has made me be like, ah, fuck this. Every episode, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Star Wars. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's great. I really enjoy it. Um, so, uh, earlier on, I asked you a question about The Force Awakens. Mm. So, do you think? I know, Mister Mister Glass Glasses Full, <laughs> Mister our resident optimist, is the Force Awakens is it going to be better number one than the prequels, and will it be better than any uh, film in the original tr- trilogy? Where do you think it's going to rank? Uh, do you think it's going to? Be better than the prequels, and if it is, if you do think it's better than the prequels, then let's let's take it to uh, in the next level. Is it going to be better than the, any of the original mm-hmm. trilogy? And if so, which ones? Uh, definitely better than the prequels. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but I don't think it's going to be better than Empire Strikes Back. I don't think there's okay. any fucking way in hell. Okay, is it going? Well, okay. So, is it going to be second? Two Empire Strikes Back? I think it'll be... Uh, I think you'll have Empire, New Hope, and then you'll have this one. And so then it will be have, better than Return of the Jedi. Then you'll have Jedi. Yeah. I've got my fingers crossed and hoping that it's going to be better than Jedi. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, Empire and then this. Hmm. Because I got the feeling that this is going to end dark. It's not going to be the shiny, happy ending mm-hmm. that we got out of A New Hope. So I, I'm 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 thinking it's going to be right behind Empire. I'm thinking best case scenario, it's going to be better than Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, 
It's worse than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but still better than the prequels. Absolutely. Right. It, it's, it, it's right, you know, it's just one slot down. Yeah. I honestly, I think like at this point, J.J. Abrams could film himself taking a shit on Jakku, and that's better than the prequels. Right? It's like sex and pizza. Even if it's bad, it's still pretty damn good. Right. Right. <laughs> it's true. Good it's point. True. I'd eat, yeah, ketchup and bread, man. Is <laughs> better than the prequels. I, I don't think like I don't think you can take away from me my experience with the New Hope or Empire. It's never going to happen. Even mm. if it is better, it's going to be hard-pressed to like take away my experiences growing up with A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Okay, well, maybe think about it. Like, one thing that I try to think about like when I am watching a movie is like you, you have that like as soon as you get out of the movie, it's like you're like, oh, like, wow, what an amazing movie experience. Yeah. But then after like a week or a month, it kind of settles in. Like how – how are you gonna feel like a week? To, is it gonna have that long-lasting impression, like you know, A New Hope and Empire did? Is right. it gonna stick with you? Like, like I can't stop thinking about this movie. Like for me, I watched five movies this week and I reviewed each one. The one that stuck with me the most and still sticks with me is Sicario. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but like. Sicario, trying to compare Sicario to like, like my love of like Star Wars movies. It's like, wow, you know, some great Star Wars movies, but like the ones that really stick with you are like, you know, Empire and A New Hope. Right. Is Force Awakens, like after your initial excitement of seeing a new Star Wars movie, is this movie going to be something that's going to stick with you and oh, for a lifetime? Right. That's, that's how you got to compare this. Yeah. Right? You just can't be like, oh, I Tupperware this movie. Wow, that was fucking awesome. It's like the best Star Wars movie I've ever fucking saw. And right. then come back on the show a month later and be like, well, you know what? I had some issues with, <laughs> yeah. with the character of General yeah. Hux. And, mm, you know, I think maybe Captain Phasma shouldn't have done this in that situation. And, you know, Finn in that situation, I, I, I didn't really care for like what he did here. But like, you know, you didn't bring that up the first time you reviewed it. You were just so elated that you just saw a Star Wars movie, and it's right. a Tupperware all the fucking way. Right. It's probably going to require multiple viewings to really get to that point. I'll probably have watched it two or three times before we record. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where I'm going to have to, like, really, really sit back and digest this thing and, like, really not formulate a rating, like, as soon as I get out of the theater. Because, like, yeah, I've got Star Wars fever right now. I'm ready yeah. for this movie. And it's almost like this movie can do anything right now and I'll just Tupperware it right now. <laughs> but it's like, I, is it going to have that long-lasting fucking impression? You realize is it going to stand the test of time? I just had a thought. It's exactly two months from today. It is two months from today. Today's October 18th. And Holy it's shit. It's be here real quick. So, Are we not going to still watch that all together? I, I want to. One. We need to figure out when the tickets go on sale here. They've gone on sale in certain areas, but when they go on sale here... If they have seating assignments, we need to figure oh, out who's going to purchase the tickets right. and get all these tickets. To, and we need to know who's coming with us right. to see it. Right. Because if we're all going to sit together, well, we need to have like five, six seats together yeah. reserved. Solidify that shit. So we need to figure out. We need to talk to Jake about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, ah. Even this new five-second clip, which there's another one that just came out. Uh, we're going to see a new trailer on Monday. Holy shit. Um, so they're, they're releasing, you know, people are leaking little clips here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I've oh, seen. Oh, with the Monday Night Football? Yeah. Yeah. 
everything I've seen just screams the original Star Wars. It mm-hmm. screams it. Right. Like, I don't see anything future. that makes me think of the prequels at all yet. It hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So everything I've seen is just like, yeah, fucking this is the original Star Wars. This is going. But is it going to be an ode to it? Is it going to be like, yeah, that's great because I enjoyed that because it reminded me of the originals? Or is it going to supersede the originals where you're like, this stands up with the originals? This needs to right. stand right there with them. Right. You know, I'm going to tell my fucking, if I ever had kids, I'd t- tell my fucking kids to watch this. At this point, though, is the movie a success if it's, is it a success if it's better than the prequels? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say it's a low bar to set, but I mean, there. Or is it a huge success if it's better than if it's better than um, Return of the Jedi? Is it a huge success then? I think that that would be. I mean, I'm hoping that for that's where it's going to hit. I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be like the mind blowing level. Like, I can't believe this thing that I've held dear for over 30 years, mm-hmm. and now I've got this new piece of the puzzle that's even that much more better. That's that would be fantastic and fabulous. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even still, just better than the prequels is still going to be a success in my mind because even those got issues, but they're not horrible. They're not train wrecks. They're not unwatchable. Yeah. The thing is with like <clears throat> the original Star Wars movies is like there was nothing else like it. Yeah. Right. Especially when it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, it changed and, everything. Yeah. It was, sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. and there's nothing like it and like for years there was nothing that could really you know touch it you know and a lot of movies tried to come out and capitalize on the whole you know space thing like we saw the last starfighter which i love that movie oh, but yeah. it's not going to ever stand with fucking star wars and the impact that it had on pop culture you know mm-hmm. you don't have like you know uh, we've got force friday we don't have like you know uh last starfighter tuesdays right you know oh shit i can't wait to get my last starfighter figure yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And we never saw Last Starfighter two, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Great movie, but it was like a one and done thing. And like, so it, to think it, it for me to think that the Force Awakens is going to do today what Star Wars did back in the late seventies. I think it's almost impossible. Yeah. I think it can be a great movie. It mm-hmm. has a potential to be a great movie, but I don't know if it's going to have the impact that Star Wars does, especially like on the youth today. There's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so many movies that use all these effects too. Right. Is it really going to, you know, I think in order to stand out, I think that's what JJ was like. That's what, let's go back to practical effects. Yeah. We, we need something to stand out because all these movies have effects now. That's yeah. not, that Lucas started it. You know, and like all of them have it now. Yeah. So let's let's go retro with this. Let's use models and and you know real uh, practical practical effects. And I don't know, is that going to capture? Uh, is this going to be able to capture everybody's imagination again? Yeah, I, I think it's going to depend on the character designs, which I think have all been great. Um, the set pieces, and mainly, I think it's going to depend on. The original cast. I think it's gonna like what is what are they bringing to the table? That's what I'm the most concerned about. What is Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill bringing to the table that's going to make this a memorable experience? It's not so much about the newbies. I'm excited about. It. I'm in, I'm intrigued, 
but I'm more intrigued about what the original cast is going to do to make this a classic. But don't you think that they want to make it about the newbies? Because that's who's going to continue on with this franchise. They do, yeah. That's... But I think it's important. I think it's more important how these the older ones are portrayed, the originals are portrayed, and then how they bring about, like how they fit in these new guys into the universe. I think that these the older characters need to kind of like find a delicate way to accept the new characters, have good chemistry with them, so that it's almost like we're handing off. Like almost like they're handing off these new characters to you right. and like giving them to you. Like the old cast is kind of like giving you these new characters and it's seamless. Right. It's not like they're trying to force them onto us. It's just like through the interactions with the old and new, the old and the new just works out so well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, holy shit, I love that scene where fucking Poe Dameron is hanging out with fucking Han Solo. That was badass. Right. I can't wait to see more fucking th- of that. And then, like, it makes you, like, accept Poe Dameron a little right. bit more. Like, maybe, like, they butt heads because they're maybe they're so much alike. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because I can see Oscar Isaac playing kind of like a, a Han Solo type character. He's a confident fucking guy. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You know? So I can see him being, like, this series kind of like Han Solo. And he's a fucking ace pilot. We know this from mm-hmm. the toys and the descriptions on the tops cards. And so when, you know, Han's talking about what a great pilot he is and the Millennium Falcon. I can see Poe being looking at it and thinking it's a bucket too. (laughs) And then also talking about what a great pilot he is and how, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Han, you've lost your edge. You got a, you know, you got a few years on you. You got a little bit of mileage. And I mean, you know, shit like little banter back and forth. I, 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 like from the trailers, we don't get that. We, we haven't heard. Dialogue really, except for you know Chewie, I'm home, and then the Andy Circus voiceover. Right. right. But we, for to feel Star Wars, we need a little bit of sarcasm and some banter. Right. We get we get that in the Star Wars movies. For sure. Frank, what are you thinking? You got something on your mind? Maybe even if we rate it higher than any of the original trilogy, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see the same kind of social impact because. The original trilogy and the prequels all exist. Right. We're not bringing any, I don't think we're going to bring in anybody that isn't already intrigued in the world. Maybe some newbies, but like you mentioned before, there was nothing like it when the original trilogy was released. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see the same level of explosion. Even if we rate the individual film as higher than one of the ones we've already seen, I, I just don't think it's going to have the same cultural impact. Think about it this way, it though. Is. Think about it this way. Let's think about let's think about the latest craze that probably came out and people like kind of like really have like latched onto and have like gone crazy about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know you didn't like it, Jay, yeah. but most of America did. Most of America loved it. And I'll be honest with you, I still love the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's a James Gunn movie, and it's fun, and I. I would go home right now and watch it. I, I, I really enjoyed the film. But, okay, think about it. Nobody knew who Star-Lord was. Nobody who knew Rocket Raccoon and Groot and all these characters were. Mm-hmm. We're getting a fresh batch of characters. We don't know anything about Kylo Ren. We don't know anything about Captain Phasma. Can they put their stamp on pop culture? Like, once this is all said and done, like, can, can Kylo Ren hit that same level of like Darth Vader in pop culture. I'm not saying like surpass maybe. I, I don't think you can ever surpass Vader. But can he like have his own place his own stamp on pop culture to like holy shit like you know He's gonna have to pull off some pretty nasty shit to do that. I mean that that 
it's going to have to be a heavy hit. Character story. design, I, I'm all for it. I'm oh, all yeah. for it. I, I I love the the character design so far. You've got like, I mean, we look at the fan art. We look at some of the official art that's come out for this thing. Like, just like all the fan art with like him out in the woods and like you know his mask is glowing from yeah. like the fucking lightsaber. lightsaber. It's very iconic yeah. already, and he's in the snow and all mm-hmm. that shit. And it's like. I don't know. I, we're just, I think I'm just talking in circles at this point. Or am I? Am I? Am I making any sense? Yeah, I think yeah. you brought up a good point. The iconicism, if they can make all, and I think we've seen a lot of it. I think they're trying really hard through all the stuff we have been shown. But but what worked for what worked for Darth Vader is the fact that okay, you've got this. You've got the okay, huge presence. You know. Very, very tall actor, mm-hmm. very formidable looking guy, you know, and this fucking, uh, you know, black suit and he's almost like a cyborg. It's like part of its machine. He's got this helmet and he's not emoting anything. All you hear is fucking James Earl Jones right. fucking voice. Yeah. And also the constant. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Agreed. So it's like, what is. What's Kylo Ren got mm-hmm. over that? I right. mean, because we're, we're we're dealing with a guy that's not really emoting. Probably, I don't know if, if we're going to see Adam Driver's face a whole lot in this movie, or right. we're just going to see a lot of like him in the in the mask. I mean, uh, I, I mean, is that going to be able to stand up next to fucking like you know fucking James Earl Jones and and uh, I'm on a ventilator, you know? Right. See a lot of what a lot of okay, look at it, New Hope. A lot of what they did with Vader was not only did you have bits and pieces of him here and there, like choking people on his own side uh-huh. because he bad mouthed the Force, yeah, and you know him going in and getting Leia in the ship, but also you got Obi Wan telling him about how yeah he killed your father too. Yeah, I mean there was also backstory that was laid out for him about how bad he was, and then when you finally come and meet him on the space station, he fucking kills Obi Wan. Yeah, so I mean. Right from the jump, not only is like he he look bad, act bad. People talking about all the bad things that he's ever done, and then you see some bad shit go down yourself. So what does Kylo Ren got to do in these movies to make his presence known like that? There's got to be a kill early in the movie, right? There's got to be a kill. There's got to be something. something. Connection, kill, dastardly deed, major conflict, something. There's got to be a hook. Uh, what I like about like Vader is just like uh, when he shows up, you're you're, you're scared for. You're scared for the heroes. Right. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like when he's on Cloud City, you're scared. When he's like, you know, uh, oh man, when he's like, you know, uh, making the stormtroopers are making their way to the Millennium Falcon, it won't start. And yeah. Vader's like coming after them. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like every time you hear that music, it's that accompanying music too. Mm-hmm. You know, like Kylo Ren's got to have like his own Imperial March. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know. Yeah, when I yell and scream, I've got my Imperial right. March. So. <laughs> right. no, but Kyle, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to have to that JJ really needs to think about for these characters to stand out. One of the things that I liked uh, when the Phantom Menace came out, prior to the other two films in the prequels, uh, the Duel of the Fate that that mm-hmm. music that played when they mm-hmm. had their epic lightsaber battle mm-hmm. that was kind of iconic. That was something that I had hoped was going to stay just with that battle that in with Darth Maul, right. and instead they reused it, so it kind of took away from it. Yeah. So I'm hoping whatever they fashion for him is unique to him because that's what it would need to be. Yeah. Yeah, like when you hear that music, like, right. oh, you know, here, he comes. here comes Kylo Ren. Right. 
Well, I think that's also why they are, you know, again, we have the heroic, the the original heroic people. Then we also have Vader's ghost being kind of a prevalent thing. Like, Kylo is obsessed with Darth Vader. So Darth Vader is still very much a part of this movie. And how they're going to intertwine the original heroes. But that goes to my original point, is that Kylo Ren, will he that character always live in the shadow of Darth Vader? It's hard to say. When the movie's actually basically laying that on pretty thick. Yeah. But yes, this character's living in the shadow of Vader. Yeah. It's a good point. I mean, or will they use that to make him overcome and supersede Vader is the question. Will he make different choices than Vader made? They might do that in the movie, yeah. but leaving the film, will it have worked for audiences? When we leave the movie, will we actually say, like, holy shit, he came out of Vader's shadow. Kylo Ren's a badass. Right. Vader was like, yeah, that's 30 years ago. Uh, fucking dude, I'm all in. I'm all in on fucking Kylo Ren. Or are you going to leave the theater and just be like, oh my god, they're trying to pass off Kylo Ren as no, you can never replace Vader. Come on, give it up. I didn't like that they tried to do that. There's no way that Kylo Ren can ever stand next to fucking Vader. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm out. You can only replace Vader with Luke. <laughs> the only way you'd have a badder ass Darth Vader is if Luke became Darth Vader or turned to the I dark think side. if you're trying to go at Vader, it's a losing battle, right. personally. I, I don't care what route you take it. I think if you're going after Vader and you're trying to sh- have the movie show that this one character is going to like super like just like just totally like uh make you forget about Vader or Well maybe like, and maybe that's why Benicio del Toro is going to be another villain. Like maybe that's why they just you know, maybe they never will, but the Empire has seems to have a bunch of villains. They have Phasma, they have Ren, they have Hux. Now they have Benicio del Toro's character. In the yeah, but do I need? Do, okay, do you, I don't think they're going to supersede hold it. Hold on, do, do you think? I, okay, hold on. But do they need a three-headed monster to compete against fucking Vader? I think they feel like they do. That's why they have so many. That's not good, though. On the flip side, no. Not yeah, but like you said, you can't you can't make a run at Vader. And the reason why I think that you could never top that is because when we were little kids, he was scary. You, we can't be scared the same way the second time because we're adults now. And we've but seen you have shit. kids. Yeah. They can easily be scared by Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. But yeah. what will work for me may not work for my kid or vice versa. I mean, he fucking loved Pixels, and that was a heaping pile of shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hard to say, man. It it feels like it feels like they are definitely trying to make Kylo Ren the next Darth Vader, one way or another. But at the same, is time, that the way to go about this, though? No, and that's why I'm saying, why is there other villains being introduced later on that we already know about? Well, uh, okay, then are, uh, and, and that, that and, that's, that's my three headed monster. It's like, okay, we'll give you three, and we'll see which one sticks. And who's Andy Serkis? Who the fuck is he? Sure. So. We have all kinds of other villains that they're throwing into this pot. We also have all kinds of other heroes that they're throwing into this pot. I don't know if any of them are going to, like, overcome more, the ghost. Yeah, like, more doesn't always mean better. No, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if any of them will overcome the fact that Luke was a great hero, that Han was a great and I hero. Don't, and I don't know that they won't. And, I mean, I don't know one way. I'm just, I have I'm no just, idea. I, I'm, just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just trying to, you know, strike a conversation and try yeah. to get us to think. Yeah, I have no clue. I do think that there's a, on this podcast, I do think, and I, myself included, I think there's a little bit of like, 
Um, Star Wars, The Force Awakens can do no wrong. Everything we've seen is just great. And it's like, mm. what, what are you, what are we going to feel like once we leave the theater though on December 18th? Are, are we going to leave that theater and be like, wow, it was okay? Yeah. Because that could happen. Yeah. I'll be extremely disappointed. I mean, you know, like, you know, I mean, JJ can show us some really cool imagery and things like that, but it really does come down to the performances and like the story and the, mm-hmm. and the chemistry between the characters and, and everything. Um, you know, and guys, you know, okay, they've made kind of like a big deal about that, that the rumor is that they are not going to have like a, like a, like a traditional press junket hmm. for this. Like this, this, the, that they are not going to show like screenings for the press in advance. It's going to be, it, it, and by advance, they'll probably only see it like a week before the movie actually comes out. Like, right. that is not typical. Like, we see that with movies where they have things that they're trying to hide. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know if they're trying to hide something with this movie and that they're worried that, like, the movie is not going to be good. Maybe it has a lot to do with J.J. And maybe this is the only movie that they're going to do that for because it's the J.J. Abrams movie and this is how J.J. does his films. But, you know, it is odd. It is odd that they, that they you know, usually, like, the press will be able to have, like, a you know, a screening and, mm-hmm. and then they'll have a traditional press junket and mm-hmm. that's not happening. That's the rumor that, that that is not happening with this film. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, you can take it as like, well, maybe they're trying to hide something like Fantastic Four. They wouldn't let anybody release any reviews until that movie came out because they knew it was a stinker. Right. right. Um, and J.J. Uh, Abrams has the final cut on this film. So, you know... The thing that makes you nuts about it is because unlike most everything else that comes out now, there's not all these spoilers flying about. And <laughs> given the fact that it's yeah. Star Wars, yeah. I mean, it's already got big shoes to fill. They're probably just yeah. not wanting to let the, the rabbit out of the hat before you know it comes goes to come out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about major reveals. Yeah, I think there's stuff that he is hiding because if anything comes out, you're going to connect things that he wants you to see in its totality when the film comes out. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, well, I mean, it's Marvel still like, you know, releases these movies early in Europe and they have like a traditional, you know, critic screening and, yeah. and a press junket and things like that. That's not happening here. And it, I, I just wonder why. Mm hmm. Is it because the movie they are worried about something, or is it that they're trying to hide something? I think it just boils down to they know that they don't need to do any more promotion already. That's a good point. It's going to make its money anyway. Go ahead and let it be a surprise for a change. I think it gets more people to want to see it the more you hide about it, honestly. I think any movie, any movie, I don't care what it is. Yeah. That's a good point, Frank. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know one way or the other. Honestly, if I had to guess, I think it's just because of J.J. And that's how they've been kind of like this whole time with the movie. Even before, it just falls in line with everything else that, that's gone on with this movie. They've been very secretive mm-hmm. about filming locations. They've been very secretive about who characters are. I mean, hell, we thought Kylo Ren – we thought fucking Adam Driver's character was like a, an X-Wing pilot because we saw him in that, you know – uh, Pilot uh, gear. The, the what do they call themselves? There's the first order, and then the 
God damn it. <laughs> Why am I forgetting Brain this? Fart. The Resistance. The Resistance. We saw him in like a Resistance TIE fighter. Son of a bitch. Uh, no, not a Resistance X-Wing pilot uniform. Right. At one time. And I think that that was kind of like misdirection. But it definitely was. I think they've yeah. been just been very secretive and they're just going to keep going that route throughout this entire thing. And I, I think this will probably be the only time that they do it. I think like when Ryan Johnson gets his crack at this, I think they'll be, I don't think that they'll go this route. Right. I think it'll be a little bit more. Yeah. That's how Abrams operates. Yeah, yeah. That's how he's always done it. So. Yeah. Hell, Cloverfield, like like before it was, the code name for that movie was Cloverfield. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it just kind of stuck. Right. right. So, you know what? No emails this week. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Son of a shit. <laughs> you got no complaints out of me. Well, I'll read them all next week. All right. We'll get more and I'll read them all. No, I do, I do like emails. No, we'll get them next week. I, I'm just hung over this fucking week. Yeah. And, you know, this was a shitty show. <laughs> <laughs> this show sucked dick. Total right? garbage. Yeah, it sucked ass. <laughs> this was a shit storm yeah. of an episode. Yeah, it blows. It oh, fucking sucked. <laughs> You know what? Hit that unsubscribe button. Go ahead. Give me a one-star review. I don't yep. give a shit. What are you waiting for? Just do it. Give it to me. Give it to us. <laughs> I don't care. Nobody's yep. paying me to do this fucking thing. <laughs> nope. You're like, hey, like your criticism's going to bother me. He's fucking uh, Joe Schmo fuck from uh, Boise, Idaho, whoever the fuck you yeah. are. Oh, I'm, I'm some asshole in uh, fucking... Uh, South Dakota, and I don't like your show. Right. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I live with 15 cats, and they didn't like it either. I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't know who you are, Mr. fucking Rhode Island. Yeah. You fucking listened to one episode of my show, and you didn't like it? Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit. Can't take it personal. I don't fucking know I don't don't fucking care. (laughs) You asshat. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't like my show. I'm glad. I hope it offended you. Yeah. You fucker. You fucking asshole. (laughs) Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And your familia. <laughs> oh, oh shit! The familia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring the family? I went into there. It? God damn it. Yep. Okay. Mafioso. <laughs> Jay's actually trying to say family, but he's mispronouncing <laughs> right. it and doesn't realize that it is Spanish. Right. It's not familia. Fucking wake up in bed yeah. tomorrow and there's gonna be a horse in there with me. Horse head. <laughs> yeah. The family says hi. <laughs> All right, this is episode 111. <laughs> hey, 111. Yeah. Hey. All right, that means nothing. <laughs> Wait a second. You know what? I am gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read one email so I don't have to read this fucking thing next week because they'll send me another one. <laughs> Jeez, good Hold idea. On. He sent it to me. Like uh, I I pissed and moaned about last week how uh, I fucking hate these Sunday emails. So yeah, last I, I had the show done yesterday at about 2:30. I'd had the notes all done. And then I'd say at about, you know, five o'clock or some shit, I got a fucking email from Finn Dietz Creek. I'm going to read it off the phone here. It's real short. He says, hey, leftovers, Spider-Gwen number one and I hate Fairyland number one are both Tupperwares. Your loyal listener, Finn. <laughs> Good one. That's so, nice and short. That was you, nice. Thank yeah. you, Finn. So he Tupperwares both of those new comics. I I did not add Spider-Gwen to my pull list, but I did add the uh, – Scotty Young is doing I Hate Fairyland. Oh, I, cool. I did add that to Love my Scotty pull Young. List, so looking forward to reading that thing. What are you doing there, Frank? What are you looking for? Stuff. That was stuff. like the perfect email. You seriously though. did a Google search for stuff? stuff? No. 
Stuff. No, I was, I was looking up what a stuff. What a stuff pull tweet. up. If I do a Google search Jesus for stuff, Christ. I want to know what that pulls up. You can stuff a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> stuff and things. I'm gonna go to Google right now. I'm gonna type in stuff and see what the fuck that brings up. Siri. <laughs> Siri. She's like, what? <laughs> First thing is uh, there's a www.stuff.co.nz. It's uh, stuff. Uh, new stuff from New Zealand. Oh. Hey, stuff from New Zealand. That makes sense. And guys, just in case you were wondering about uh, the Rugby World Cup semifinals, Wallabies win oh, versus Scotland. Fantastic. So the Wallabies beat Scotland for the Rugby World Cup semifinals. Eh, that's not a big thing over here is no. rugby. rugby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never even heard of it. No. <laughs> I, I imagine like every like bar you go into in like fucking England, yeah. there's like a rugby match on right. the TV. Oi! Yeah, yeah. Some guy yelling in a Cockney accent about the, <laughs> the wallabies. Oh fucking wallabies! Oh, my fires! You know, sounded like you said wildebeest. But but over here, it's not like you go to like the the bar and you're like, hey, can you can you throw on that rugby? Yeah, that rugby match. Watch that they, shit. They they the they look at you and be like, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> so Cubs. Go Cubs. Cubs, man. They lost yeah. last night. Oh. It's unfortunate. Son of a bitch. Man. Part of me's happy. Part of me's sad. No. Okay. They beat your Cardinals, right? Yeah, they did. You should want the team that beat your team to win because then it would prove that you got beat by the best team. Well, I want them to win now just because of the Back to the Future shit. Well, yeah. That's but all. on the flip side... The best team. You want the best team to beat your team. You don't want like, oh, okay, we got beat by the, you know, second best team or whatever. Oh, I get it. I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna keep my sports talk to myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know this fucking it's Cubs like, Cardinals fucking yeah. rivalry and shit. It's like the one year they can win anything, but okay. Yeah, but this uh, this is the year that you want because I mean, yeah, the right, yeah, it's a prophecy. The, the Back the, to the uh, Future two prophecy. There's man. some motherfucker out there that went and put this fucking bet down back in the in the in the, in the, uh, in, the in the movie though. Didn't they get? Didn't they get? Uh, didn't they beat a Florida team before Florida even had a baseball team? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember like the, like what team it was. In yeah, Florida. it wasn't the Marlins, but it well, was. The Mar- they didn't even exist, right? Like yeah. there wasn't a team, a baseball team in Florida yet, right? When that movie came out, correct. So yeah, so. interesting conversation we're having right now. Big time. <laughs> yeah, this is end. Let's end this fucking thing. <laughs> This show's stupid. Frank, no, (laughs) it's been great having you back. Are you going to come back next week? Yeah. You doing this next week? Yeah. I'm just, no, it's like you, you, like, you do this thing where you like, hey, I'm around for four episodes and then you're gone. Oh, yeah. You were gone first. I understand why you were gone this last time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We missed you, dude. Like, we did, like, like, honestly, like, off air shit. Like, off air shit. We're talking about, like, how much we miss having you on. Gotcha. Thanks. I'm, I'm really glad to be back. I don't miss that shit. (laughs) Gotcha. The fucking rapid fire gotcha. Yeah, you're like a gotcha fucking like uh Tommy gun. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Mm-hmm. Rattling them off. <laughs> no, but we missed you, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you big time. I'm glad to be back. And I know I, I, some of the listeners missed you, not all of them. Yeah, <laughs> who's that who's the who was the one dude that hated you? What was that guy? Oh, who was that fuck. guy? Shane's anger? Oh yeah, Shane's anger. Yeah. How you yeah. like me now, motherfucker? Yeah, he's, bitch. He's, he like sent me an email, like <laughs> oh, the, like the after the email, I told him to go fuck himself and shit. <laughs> Not the, 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 the show where I told him to go fuck himself after yeah. you know talking shit about you and uh, stuff. Yeah. I said fuck you. He like sent me like an email or some shit. I didn't respond to it. And he was like, he's like, well, why don't you tell me in an email? Like you know, like he wanted me to like what? Ha- we he wanted me to tell him to go fuck himself in an email. <laughs> 
I was like, what? and I was okay. I will. All right, here you go. I was like, I'm not. My gonna... dissertation about how bad you suck, you fat motherfucking piece of shit. Well, it's like you really want to try to like bait me in an email. Like you want to have like this email. I don't like, an email yeah. war. I was well, just like, man. no, I don't have time for this. That's like a twisted, elongated version of like the Facebook bullshit. Yeah. Oh my god, we have to have an internet war with internet bulls. I, I hate being like people and they try to bait you into an argument, and it's like that's most of the time I just ignore them. Right. I try to ignore them. It's childish. Yeah, it, it's a bunch of there's bullshit. one there's one particular guy like right now that's really trying to like bait me into something. <laughs> right, and I ignore him every week. It's right. be, it's because like honestly, it's like it, he's like okay. A few weeks ago, I told listeners I was like, what did I say? I was like talking about like oh, if we don't respond to you, we don't like you. Right. I was not talking about. I was talking about one person in particular. Yeah, mainly. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was not and and like if you're thinking to yourself, is it me? It's not you. Right. This person knows who he is. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he, he does. <laughs> he knows. Here's your hint. <laughs> he knows who he is. And and you know it, All it is, you know what it is? It all it is is he's on the outside looking in. He wants attention. And he just wants in. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we won't let him in. No, yeah. you're not coming in, and motherfucker. It's frustrating. It makes him feel impotent. He's the guy, like I told you, the the perfect like metaphor for this is like the annoying kid on the diving board that wants you to like watch his stupid ass dive. Right. <laughs> and he does this dumb dive, you watch it, and you're just like, Okay. Yeah. I've seen better. <laughs> and then you go back to like your Sudoku puzzle. Right. And then all of a sudden the little asshole's back on the diving board. Right. Wanting okay. you to watch the exact same fucking belly flop. Yeah. Again and again and again. That? It's just like, hey, I want you to watch a talentless fuck. Hey, look at me. A talentless fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's what this right. guy is. I know. He's a talentless fuck. Yeah. And he's like basically like begging for like attention. Yeah. And look at me. And and then and then like he'll do this whole Ike Turner thing with me, which is kind of fucked up. Like I, I have n- I haven't responded in months to this uh, this jackass. And like he'll do this Ike Turner thing with me, where like he'll he'll fucking like be like you fucking this, you fucking that, you suck, Brian. Blah 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 blah. Say the shittiest thing to me, and then he'll send he, then he'll send me an email. Hey man, what's going on? I love dude? you, bro. I lo- I love you, man. You know, <laughs> wow. just let me know what's going on. I don't know why you're not talking to me. Yeah. And and then and then I won't respond because I don't like you, dude. And then <laughs> and then I won't respond. And then he'll get angry. He'll go all like Turner. Yeah. So he's like he's all like you know he'll slap me around and shit. But when it's all done, he'll come back and be like, oh baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I'm sorry that by the baby. I love you, baby. Again. It won't happen again, baby. What, you won't let me on the show. Well, fine, fuck you! <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and very then, abusive. And then it's like, hey, look at me, I'm back on the diving board. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. fucked it's up like, the first time. It's like that SpongeBob <laughs> picture. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta just watch you on the diving board and do your little doggy paddle back right. to the. You little fucking asshole. <laughs> Someday you just kinda hope that somebody puts their hand on his head and holds him down. Yeah, just, yeah. I hope he doesn't listen. I don't want him to listen anymore. Right. I know he is, though. He probably is. Yeah. yeah, it's like why would you listen to people that, and and he blames he blames me for you guys like either blocking him or unfollowing him. I never told any of you to do it. No. no. I I blocked you and unfollowed you because I don't like you. He did it yeah. to himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. For the most part. Now I just watch him squirm. That's all I do. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I, 
I can't handle looking at somebody that like the most they have to offer the world is a bunch of angry posts on like Facebook or Twitter. Fuck that shit. That's why I yeah. deleted my Facebook account. Yeah. It's just it sucks and it's infantile. Mm. It just means that in their real life they can't amount to anything. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Put out some good shit. Stop yeah. putting out bullshit. And that's why he's got like two people listening to his shitty podcast. <laughs> I listen. Oh, I honestly, I tried to listen to like fifteen minutes of it, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "This is fucking garbage." Yeah, it was longer than I got. So, so you were being a good person. So you know what? You can be mad at me. you can. Hey, listen, dude, you can be mad at me all you want to, but you tuned in every week to listen to me, and I couldn't get through fifteen right. minutes of listening to your fucking pompous, fucking arrogant shit. Yeah. So and the fucking awesome thing is, is if he's listening to this right now, yeah. he's just getting all red in the face, getting all pissed off because he can't do it. Oh no. He's formulating a tweet. Oh, Here we go. Boys, do I have the tweet for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, send me something else I can ignore. Because right. basically, you know what? I'm not the mother that's going to entertain you and look at you while you're on the diving board. I'm actually that mother that, you know what? I'm going to drop you off at your fucking aunt's house. <laughs> Your shitty aunt's house. <laughs> she smells like cat piss. She blows. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I'll never see you again. You yeah. shit. Mommy's going to Peru. Yeah. Peru. Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> Peru, Illinois. <laughs> All right, guys. Population five trailers. I'm glad that we could uh, isolate one listener at yeah. the very end. I feel good about that. Yeah, okay. You're not going to hear well, that. Well, he was asking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to hear that. On, you're not going to hear that on a lot of podcasts. Some podcasts do it. No. I hear some co- podcasts call out people. Well, you got to think of how long we've put this off, too. This, yeah. He's yeah. been asking for it for a while. Yeah, and I got your number, too, you douchebag. Yeah. Give me a call anytime. <laughs> Expect a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you talentless piece of shit. Yeah. Ooh. No, it's like he okay, like he wanted to be on episode one hundred. Yeah. This guy wanted to be on episode one hundred. And so like, you know, and I, I, I thought he was annoying to begin with. I did. I thought he was like truly annoying to begin with. And and I I'm not telling you I'm not saying that our listeners are annoying. Just this one in particular. Something special about There's this something one. About, something about him, man, yeah. that just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It's it's his he's he's so cocky and arrogant and like and and thinks too highly of himself. Like it's like, just like you know, come back down to planet Earth. You you got two hundred followers yeah. on your. And I'm not saying that we're fucking hot shit. I mean, we have no sponsors for nothing. <laughs> but there are people that listen to our show. I don't know uh, who your fans are. <laughs> those same people that got hit by the semi that watched the two movies a year. Right. Maybe family. those guys. I don't know. <laughs> But, His adoptive family. But like, okay, oh, where was I going? He wanted to be on episode 100, and right. he sends me like everybody else just emailed me. Everybody was just hey, hey, uh, Brian, I'd love to be on episode 100. This cocky, pompous son of a bitch. He fucking, he fucking records himself. Yeah. And he's like driving in his car, and yeah. he's like, hey, and he's got this fucking shitty music playing behind him. <laughs> like he added it in later. Right. God. And he's just like, hey, what's up, guys? And he's like, ah, you know, he's like one of those guys, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, like a used car salesman? Yeah, totally. Kinda. Oh, and fuck. Then, and then, and then, and then, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might even play this one day because oh, I still have it. <laughs> but I was like, I stopped and I was just like, oh, he's talking about like how he's got sons and all this stuff and how he likes our show and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, fine. This guy sounds okay. And I, I didn't listen to the whole, like, he went on for like five or six minutes in this thing. I'd listen to maybe like a minute and a half. And so I sent him an email back directly after I listened to about a minute and a half of this. And I was like, sure, you can come on the show. And so then 
I continued to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, the stuff that he was saying, he was making a joke about Kevin Feige. Yeah. And he, ref- he used a very, a, a term that you shouldn't use. Mm-hmm. You could, okay, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> you probably should. I probably should. <laughs> you yeah. change a vowel yeah. to the right vowel, you yeah. kind of get them. I in, mean, there's in, a limited amount of vowels, so you can kind of get it if you want to. There's a way you can change the last name of Feige and turn it into a really hateful word. Right, yeah. And he thought it was just hysterical. Yeah. He, was just, <laughs> yeah. he was just so proud of himself. Like, he's like in, you know, he's Mr. Funny on the fucking playground in fifth grade <laughs> because he, he knows this horrible word to call, you know, a certain group of people and because that's effective but it was just and it wasn't funny it was juvenile and stupid and i was just like oh shit i just agreed to have this asshole on my show right you don't know what he's gonna say you don't know what he's gonna say and you know and and then like after i didn't like respond to him to have him on episode 100 he is so delusional and has such an inflated ego mm-hmm. that he sends me an email and he's like you missed out on some of the best podcasting uh conversation ever <laughs> like like us having this guy on our show would have been epic yeah that's like doing one of those internet dating services and turning a chick down for a date and she's like i would have rocked your world but yeah, right right no, I honestly, dude, I will take Jacob Harmon and Jared Gafford and Dan West and, you know, uh, any of these other listeners on my show every other day, any other day of the week than you. Yeah. You will never be on this show and I will never respond to any of your tweets. So tweet your fucking little fingers off. Go nuts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because it's all you do. You're so predictable and you like to stand out and you're on your little fucking diving board. Look at me. Look at me wearing your little – you know what? I bet he's wearing fucking like uh, Speedos. Yeah. He, he, likes he, he wants to stand out in every right. way and he's like, well, you know, shit. I'll wear these Speedos. Maybe I'll stand out even more on right. the diving board. I'll make everybody <laughs> uncomfortable that's around me. Yeah. It's one of those guys. Probably yeah. Confederate flag Speedos. Oh, probably. <laughs> Not only, it's not about hate. Not only, not only is he going to offend us by wearing a banana hammock, <laughs> he's also going to offend everybody by wearing that fucking symbol. Figure out whatever he can do. Right. So, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want all the listeners to think that like I, there were like a group of listeners that I don't like. Yeah, it's, no. it's one particular one particular guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy keeps taking jabs and eating at us. And like I said, we could have addressed this weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. kind of just kept putting it off like, all right, yeah. it'll go away. Yeah. It'll go away. He's not. No. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the cool move not to say who it is because oh, no, listeners, no, no, even, no, though, no. even though they would do it out of loyalty, no. they'd probably start blowing up. And that's that's exactly what he wants. I don't want he him to reaction. Yeah. No, it's no we'll see. We'll see how the army reacts to this. And uh, if he keeps it up, dude, I've got your phone number. I've got your email address. Yeah. And we can go there, dude. Right. <laughs> Get a personal phone call. Yeah. Pack a lunch bro. from one of the pop culture <laughs> leftovers. I, you know, I don't. Ooh, I don't. I'm, I'm worried about hearing from his little army. Right. All his, all his podcast uh, listeners. Yeah. You know, he's got a huge following. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I almost gave him a nickname, but then I give away his name, so I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Don't let's not give this guy any credit. <laughs> no. All right. This is episode one hundred and eleven. Bam. Where we, where we just totally chastised yeah. one of our listeners. Don't at the end fuck of the show. with us, you yeah. assholes. Right. Yeah. Instead of reading emails this week, we're just gonna like. Uh, <laughs> we're just we're just gonna destroy one person. Yeah, berate the tiny yeah. penis brigade. They deserved it. They yeah. did deserve it. So that's yeah. okay. I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, go ahead and tweet me, you jackass. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm can't, not gonna respond. Yeah, he can't tweet you anyway. I, <laughs> I ain't gonna unblock his ass because I don't want to see what he's got to say. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. He can scream at the wall. No, I've got him. I've got him blocked and muted, and he'll make another. Oh my god, it's so hilarious. He's he he made two. He made two Twitter handles, and like he'll have he'll have one say something. He'll go on the other one and retweet it. Are you fucking kidding? No, me? like 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 nobody cares about this but my other Twitter handle. Okay. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ! On a Saturday night, I guess he can't be lonely. He can just argue with himself. That's true. Yeah. <sighs> oh my God. Girl, you look so good. But I ma- know. Give me that. Hand. He made the other one, and then like you know started talking to me and shit like that. So like he'll probably play. He'll probably just keep creating Twitter handles and get around harassing me. Yeah. So and I'll report you every time. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Yeah. No, I've, I've, no, I have. Seriously. I already have reported his tweets. Yeah, stalkers yeah. aren't fucking cool. Yeah. So every yeah. time that you say something shitty, and I'll just report you. I have nothing to say to you, dude. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners are loving this. <laughs> is it, you know, like I, some of them probably aren't. They're gonna be begging, like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? No, no. I'm not gonna tell them. I'm no. not gonna tell them. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably gonna f- a few was, gonna find out just by the reaction because yeah. you know there's gonna be one. You know it's an end of the yeah. episode, get off your chest kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. You right. could have turned off the episode like yeah. half an hour ago. Just had to get that off your fucking. I chest. had to get it off my chest. God damn, one of those son things. of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's seven o'clock and I want to be home. I want to watch uh, Walking Dead tonight. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I just want to throw in since we're talking about what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, I'm back. I was gone for a while. I'm back. Oh yeah. shit! So you know, it's good to have you back, man. <laughs> you you being mean didn't keep me away. No. Oh yeah. You. I love you. Yeah. I no. Love you, man. Yeah. I. That's me. I, I'm the guy that I'm so I'm so fucking mean. I just chase all my hosts off. <laughs> right? That's yeah. me. That's why everybody fucking leaves because I'm a fucking asshole. True. Yeah. That's so why. True. That's why. That's why. I love the abuse. That's left. why I came back. Right. <laughs> hmm. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I was gone and I don't want to be counted amongst the ranks. Yeah. So fuck that. I came back. Come you're back st- every fucking time too. Good news is you're still not a leftover. No, I know. That. <laughs> I know that. God damn it. face. Thanks. <laughs> just gotta make sure to keep me in my place. Yep. <laughs> All right. Hey, what, 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 next week I don't know what we're gonna be talking about. God I don't knows. Know. Maybe we'll pick on somebody else. Yeah, we'll find somebody. <laughs> we're yeah. bullies. Maybe, we're big bullies. We'll call this guy live. On the show. Oh, shit. oh God, that'd be yeah. great. He would hate no. that. <laughs> and then He'd you know, love it. No, no, we'll call him, have a conversation, but like when he goes back to listen to the episode, I'll totally edit out <laughs> everything he said. I put in like little clips from fucking movies and shit. <laughs> no, I'll just play his ridiculous ass bumper that he oh sent God. me yeah. that I let you guys listen to today. Oh Jesus! Oh wow! This guy thinks like, oh man, don't waste anyone else. Like honest to God, my eleven-year-old no, makes. He thinks he is that. a comic. Br- just this is comedy gold, yeah. Brian. Next, Louis C.K. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Next, he sent Amy me, Poehler. Yeah, he sent me the Imperial March with him singing. Like my, I guess he want he wanted to give me like like my, my own little theme song. Yeah. 
That's so cute. And he's like, man, no. Oh, he, he, Brian's going to love this. He thought it was comedy gold. Yeah. Wow. No one else did. <laughs> Nobody else. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We got, got decent taste. Nobody else liked it. <sighs> it was, <no. laughs> Won't be playing that on the show. Uh-uh. So, And then he also he wanted to make an iTunes bumper, which is why I made one before he could make one, because I was just like, after that first clusterfuck of a bumper he made me, I don't want to listen to anything else this guy does. No. Uh-uh. We're still talking about this asshole. Yeah. I am. Sounds like Chewbacca taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Qdoba. <laughs> God. All right. Who, who, does somebody want to try to end the show this week out of me? No. We started at me, James. Just like all doggy bags say on their leftovers. No. And dinner and run. Thank your mom. <laughs> I think I can handle it. Do, Do it. it. Like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and... Something. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You were, were so fucking close, man. So close, goddamn it. I was pretty proud of it. What's the last bit? And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll oh, see you next shit. week. Yeah, I forgot that late listen. Yeah. You did a good job. It just it rolls. It rolls off my tongue. Yeah. I've said it yeah. so many goddamn times. In your sleep. In my sleep. <laughs> a lot better than the first time I tried to fucking figure out the rating system. I had oh. that shit all fucked up. The that first shit's show a bitch, on. man. Uh, Hard to understand. <laughs> And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, get off that fucking diving board, you cocky, pompous son of a bitch. Yeah. See you next week. It's not shrinkage, motherfucker! <laughs> you banana hammock wearing fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like a, not like a banana, that's more a, yeah, I don't know, like a very small legume. Half a gourd. Half a gourd. Gourds twist and turn in really weird ways. Yeah. They grow yeah. really weird. They got usually like a big part and a small part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some females might find it attractive. No. Jay's just, <laughs> Jay just, just compared his penis to a swirly gourd. You don't know everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Jay's like, you know what? Fuck you. I do, I do have one of those pig corkscrew dicks. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. E-I-E-I, oh no, look at my pink corkscrew dick. Dude, can you imagine if if men had pink corkscrew dicks? Yeah. How, like, no, seriously. I can't imagine it. You, like, look down there, it looks like, looks like part of a Swiss army knife. Oh yeah. my god. Whoa. Yeah. Make things more interesting, you know, just kind of. Actually, you know, if you, hold on, I'll just, uh, you know what, J- just uh, get me excited and I'll yeah. pop the, I'll pop the cork on that <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> I can get that out of I there. I can get that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Celebrate. Yeah, you know, it's like, Happy New Year. Watch your face. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, shit. Hey, I, I want some champagne. Grab the pig. Yeah. Honey, honey, stroke the pig. Yeah. There. Oh, my God. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. What are we talking about? <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah. See you, Finn. <laughs> There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna take it, do we let
love it, hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers We love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.